Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast for the week of June 25th. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm, and with me, as always, Filter Gordon. Hey, what's up? Not much, man. We're also joined this week by uh, one of our recurring friends that comes on the show quite often, Drake Cummings. Hey, guys. How's it going? Actually, quite often. I actually I don't think I've been on since last D3. Yeah, it's uh, been a little yeah, bit. That's true. It, like, I don't know, you seem to be a... Uh, like, especially when it comes to E3 and, uh, mm-hmm. it seems like other random times, uh, you have the same frequency as one of our other friends, Ed. Mm-hmm. So, it is kind of cool. I mean, we, we, of course, do our own thing, but it's always really nice to sit down and chat with you guys. Yeah, we get some, uh, especially, like, we've, we've been trying to branch out more and get some different people's opinions at certain, you know, times when it's going to line up really good. Like, we just had a... Snoozy on was like streaming with us a guy I met through a friend on Facebook basically. Um, yeah, that was really was cool. Like, yeah, he was cool. He had like totally different uh, opinions from the UK. So um, Grim loved him because he got to hear another <laughs> British voice. Except that, was, except the mechanical keyboard. Like yeah, that was a lot of shit. That thing I do that sometimes shit. too. Like even yours, someone was saying uh, just earlier. They're like, whoever has the mechanical keyboard, tell them to shut the fuck up. Wait, yeah. um, it's like, okay. it's definitely hearable. So I am recording, but it, it did stutter at the beginning. Uh, you guys are gonna have to line this up, or do you just want to restart with? Uh, oh, that's fine. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. cool. All right. Yeah, not a big deal. Right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think we were still. I don't know how much we've kind of changed our format, but uh, we basically like like to go down the stuff we've been playing lately. It doesn't have to be like recent or timely or anything, but you know, it usually is to some extent. But uh, yeah, um, I, I kind of been. Uh, I, I checked out the Westworld uh, mobile game. Um, it's very, and, and there's a bit of a story to this as well, but uh, it's very. Um, Fallout Shelter. Um, It definitely gives me that vibe. Like, you have, like, the world kind of up top, and then you have your facility underneath it, Um, which is, you know, true to the show. Yeah. Um, It definitely does not have any, like, show spoilers in any way, other than, like, there's characters that it has in common, and they kind of look like the actor, but other than that, um, you know, it's it's just doing its own thing. Um, But, yeah, you're, like, you're making... um, uh, You know, hosts. I was going to say replicants. I knew that was wrong. (laughs) Um, so you're making replicants, you're blade running all over the place. Um, you like set them to do tasks. Um, you have to like repair and sometimes you have to like diagnose what's wrong with them. Um, and you're, you know, making money and doing upgrades the whole time. Um, overall, I think it's like a little less interesting even than Fallout Shelter was. Um, and in fact, uh, there, let me see if I had a good link for that, but, uh, yeah, I do. So we'll get to that later. All right. The, the one thing I do want to know about this game is this is like the second game in a row where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I do want to play this, but this game was here first and it's just like it. Yeah, it's it's the exact same game. And it, yeah, it's, it's just uh, like Pokemon and Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park. Right. And, and Jurassic Park game would have been... I still think like, it's fun. Like, it's, I, really, I, it's, it's good. The battling really sets it apart. It really does. Um, but if it weren't for that... I, I mean, even regardless of how cool it is, I wouldn't put 10 minutes into it. It's just the battling keeps me coming back. Yeah. To what? Um, and Pokemon's trying to get closer and closer to that. That was the uh, a, Jurassic World uh, Yeah, Jurassic World Alive. Mobile game. Oh. Alive, that's it. There was a Jurassic World VR also... game where you're going around <laughs> collecting dinosaurs? Yes. They also did a horrible yeah. job marketing it. <laughs> Whoa. You're <laughs> really weird. Nobody heard about it. You're, you're yeah. actually, you're blowing my uh, mind. They work directly with Google Maps, same way. 
Download all of these. They're all relatively bad. Um, I hate mobile <laughs> games. Um, other than that, uh, on console, um, I'm trying to play through Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, mm-hmm. I got like, I don't know, maybe an hour past like the bear, which is in the very beginning. And then I just like stopped playing for some reason. Um, so I, I've been trying to get into that. I want to get ready for the next Tomb Raider game. I'm, I definitely like the uh, Explorer thing. I think a lot of games don't even really like... Even, like, action-adventure games, like, other than Uncharted, um, The Last of Us to like, a very small extent, and Tomb Raider, there's not really anything else that's really about, like, seeing cool shit in the world um, in quite the same way. So, I haven't yeah. played any of the t- new Tomb Raiders yet. I really need to. Um, maybe mm-hmm. I'll catch up before uh, Shadow comes out. Sh- it was a... Uh, no, sh- skip the first one. No, I, I don't do that. I, I gotta play. I gotta play games I in order. Um, I, in fact, like, I think the reason that's stopping me is, like, I don't even want to just start with the reboot. I want to, like, start with, like, the first one and go back through the whole franchise. Oh, Jesus. Um, but Oh, damn. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Game. I was not interested lot. in Shadow at all, and then E3 happened, and then, like, I heard some really cool stuff about it behind closed doors, and, like, now I'm super mm. in on it. Like, the coolest things about that game, I think they didn't even show off. Like, I just I had to heard reporters talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's, it's... They're enjoyable. I mean, it's... Um, it's a slightly more serious Uncharted, but uh, also, like, more mystical, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's how I would describe it. But, yeah, it's, it, it, I like it in a lot of ways. That's what I heard about it. Um, mm. So... Uh, this Jurassic Park game is, is different from Jurassic Park Evolution. The uh, the that's the third thing I've been okay, playing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jurassic World. Yeah. Perfect. Jurassic World Evolution. Um, so I mean, anybody who's been like keeping up knows that I've been like creaming for this game. Um, you know, typical like zoo tycoon. Uh, in fact, there was a zoo tycoon that had dinosaurs, which was a hundred percent my shit. I loved dinosaurs <laughs> as a kid. So, um, I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was really young, but it turns out that kind of sucks. So, um, it, it, you know, it's a really good park sim. It's got good challenges. It, like, really encourages you to take risks in the game, which is really good. Uh, because it, you definitely, like, there's a way to play Zoo Tycoon, like, really safe. And uh, you just sort of can't do that here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, overall, I mean, it's a really fun game. I recommend it to anybody who's got 60 bucks to drop on a PC game. It's a little unusual. It's also available on the consoles, but this is definitely for PC. Um, I would not recommend it on the consoles unless you like to play Sims on the console and you're some kind of weird heathen. <laughs> so, so you play on PC? You PC. PC pasta man's playing it right now. It's disgusting. So, I mean, <laughs> is it... Have you tried the console version? No. Um, so, like... I, I've tried the console version of the Sims. It's just sitting there for me. Like, I like I have it. Like, I can access it. I just it, think, so I uh, yeah, it. on console, I think it would just take too long to, like... Your mouse is just, like, you're able to move around so much quicker. And, um, you know, using, like, I use, like, the full, like, WASD setup. I'm, like, you know, flipping, like, toggling between things and hitting escape to get out easier. Like, having to use the cursor for a lot of this stuff, I think, would just be, uh, like, time prohibitive. You'd, like, double how long it takes you to do anything in the game. Well, I wonder, like, because they obviously, like, knew consoles using controller i wonder if they overhauled the way like the menu system works and like all that stuff to make it work well on consoles it's entirely possible i mean it's it's, games have started to get better at doing sim or strategy games on console Mm -hmm. but uh i mean it's i think it's still a ways off i I also 
uh, I made an extremely bad call and I bought a Steam controller before the Steam Summer Sale. Um, so I'm, I'm out about 40 bucks on that. But um, I, I haven't started using it yet, but I've heard the Steam controller is a really good controller for like mimicking mouse movement. Interesting. Um, but like I said, I haven't really seen that. Um, so on the PS4 I'll, controller, uh, I, you can use the trackpad as kind of like a mouse uh, if you want to. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I wonder if that works because I actually do that a lot for maps. Like if I'm playing a game, that might work for high speed, like zooming across the map. Yeah. I, I bet that'd probably be pretty. That's good That's why I do that. in, in Origins when I play Assassin's Creed Origins. Like I use the trackpad to move around the map. It's really quick. This is one that I that I'm. I probably should get in. It's a big time um, investment. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem. But mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I've been uh, aside from playing uh, some of the mobile games like Jurassic World Alive. We just got some stuff for Pokemon Go, mm -hmm. um, and uh, like I, I just downloaded um, uh, like the Westworld app that I haven't even touched uh, yeah. on the Switch. Um, they brought out a few free things that I've been playing with, uh, including mm -hmm. Fallout Shelter again. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. It, I, I just wanted to play it on there, even though mm -hmm. I'm much further on mobile and it really should belong there. Also, um, the Octopath Traveler demo. Yeah, I, I have yet to get into that, but I'm excited for that. Um, I've played through a full three-hour demo, and then I'm starting my second three-hour demo. <laughs> <laughs> like... It's really fun. Uh, wait, back back up for a second though, because I have some more questions about um, about this Jurassic Park game. So you said it's like which one the uh, the the Zoo Tycoon one? Yeah, the Zoo Tycoon one. Uh, so you okay. said yeah, you said it's like that, like Zoo Tycoon, like a uh, those theme park builders. <laughs> I never remember the name of those games. Um, do you yep. do you think it does enough roller tiger roller coaster tycoon? That's it. Do you think it does enough to set itself apart from that? Like, is it just those games with a with like Jurassic Park coat of paint, or are there oh no no no? It's okay. it's. I mean the uh, the coat of paint is like incredibly thick. Okay. Um, it's you've got like Jeff Goldblum whispering in your ear the whole really? game. Really. So that's really all I need to be sold. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have like uh, there's a lot going on. Like you're you're going on digs. You don't personally do it, but you send yeah. you know you timer like send people out to go on digs. You're getting new dinosaurs. You can splice their DNA to make them, you know, more resilient to disease or have a higher rating that your fans like more or, um, you know, it, it, you have to like manage a lot of different things. Like your expedition center goes out to get it. You have a fossil center that you take the fossils to from your expedition center to research what the DNA is in the fossils. Then you have to have this other thing to do this other thing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's really deep. So um, can your uh, can it can uh, can shit hit the fan? Can like you have like a full out? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. There's there's like um, a couple of islands that kind of show it off, but you can kind of almost have like the SimCity disaster mode, where like it's just like okay, it's time now. So like and like dinosaurs can like bust out of cages and start eating guests. What um, you can like kind of third person uh, drive like the RV that has to like tranquilize dinosaurs or you know things like that. Yeah. So what? Um, so there's like a little bit more action you can get. With so that. what happens when there's like a, a major breakout in the in the zoo? Can you can you like rank? Oh, you're you're going under. You're going bankrupt. <laughs> like, like guaranteed. Uh, are things you can do to kind of like get. get pretty much. Out. I mean, when a single guest gets injured, you have like a hundred thousand dollar lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> really? So uh, when one time I had my uh, Velociraptors busted out of an electrified tall cage, that's why I wasn't happy about that. And these little motherfuckers ran around and killed like like. 15 people i was losing like seven hundred thousand dollars per turn so how it was devastating so then when that happens like what 
what benefit is there to keep playing? Like, why don't you just hard reset? You know what I mean? Like, what is the... Oh, I just hard reset. Oh, okay. But some people might, like, take first-person control of the helicopter to go tranquilize the dinosaurs and then, like, put them back in and reinforce the fence. And, okay. Um, you know, it all depends on what you're doing. Um, like, my play style is definitely, like, I find the optimal path to do it and then I stick to that. Um, I don't really, like, buzz around and, like, enjoy the world that much. I'm just kind of, like, playing the missions um, trying to meet my like initial idea of how I wanted the park to be laid out. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not playing it the, the optimal way. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, th this is really one of the things that I've been waiting. Like I knew you had been playing it. I knew Casey had been playing it a bit. Mm. Um, and I'd kind of been avoiding seeing too, too much about it aside from yeah. what we had shown off on the podcast, but it's like, now I'm looking at it, I'm like, shit, now I'm going to go play this. It's damn good. I mean, if you if you like sim games, which, like, that's yeah. basically all I do now. Um, yeah, that's your like, I have this open game. in one window and House Flipper in the other. <laughs> uh, so, like, this is highly my shit, and it's, like, extremely good one of those. Um, I also bought this company's last game was the uh, uh, Planet Coaster, which is, they had worked on some of the Roller Coaster Tycoon games, and they split off to do their own, basically. Um so I, I I really like that as well, but this one I think this one's a lot better than the uh, their roller coaster tycoon game. So who's who? That's that's pretty big. Who's publishing this? Uh, well, it's published through uh, Warner Brothers, I guess. But the the developer is uh, Frontier. Okay, so uh, so Warner Brothers is publishing this. Um, that's that's interesting. I, I think they held the license, don't they? Uh, I thought Universal owned the license. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's whoever. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution. Um, sorry for that mechanical keyboard. Uh, shit, they're being a little cagey about it. Yeah, cause you never... Uh, Frontier might have published it as well. Okay, interesting. What else does Frontier make? Uh, yeah, they did Planet Coaster. They do a, um, one of the space games. Um, yeah, it's like a turn-based, um... Well, not that. Like it's um no. They have a. Uh, it's like a. Uh, it's kind of like a Star Citizen, like we were looking at a couple weeks ago. Because oh, okay. This is so um, high yeah, Frontier budget. published it themselves. Because this is so high that's budget, man. They paid to get Jeff Goldblum in to come do VO. Like that's yeah. Look at. I mean, like when you're looking at when they do the zoom in of the dinosaur, like the detail is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you typically play from the super zoomed out view. You yeah. can't even appreciate the graphics. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool. Uh, it's very good. Highly oh, yeah. recommend. Um, Frontier, yeah, the other stuff they're known for, um, Elite, the Elite series, Elite Dangerous, oh, okay. is the most recent one. Um, they worked on the official uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon two and three, I think. It's just, and then they split with uh, they split with the company because they weren't being paid properly. Yeah, it's just crazy to me um, that they had. They made, they started out making some uh, some uh, Wallace and Gromit games, which is pretty weak. Whoa, yeah, it's just, it's insane to me they had the money to do this on their own without a big publisher. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like Jeff Goldblum is just really cool, though. You yeah, Jeff I mean? Goldblum's cool as shit. Oh, I, I uh, feel like anything that he's attached to, like he's been previously attached to, yeah. he's just like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, yeah. So you're not going to be shocked to find out that in July of 2017, Tencent bought 9% of the company. Ah, okay. Got him. <laughs> Every time. It all yep. makes sense now. Um, do you guys want to yeah. hear a, a cool Jeff Goldblum story that relates to E3 in some weird way? He's releasing <laughs> a jazz album, I know Is that. he really? Yeah. That's cool. Let's do that. I was, it was the third day of E3. I was walking E3. I was super late that day because like E3 week is just crazy. And I was like super sleep deprived. Uh -huh. So it was the third day. I was like, fuck it. I'll sleep in. There's no industry hours on the third day. So 
I, I'm, I'm walking to the metro station to get the metro to go downtown. And as I'm walking on, I go, I live on Hollywood Boulevard, so I'm walking down Hollywood Boulevard to go to the metro station. And I walk past Jeff Goldblum getting his star. Like, mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> just mm-hmm. got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And, and he's over here like, uh, uh, okay, uh, so I'm going to uh, dedicate this to my mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just a huge... While he's laying there seductively, like, in the <laughs> park. 100%. It was a huge crowd of people and, like, some guy talking and the voice sound vaguely familiar. And I was like, who, who is this? And I was like, that's Jeff Goldblum. Like, what are you doing here, Jeff? <laughs> like, um, I, I, I didn't personally ask him that. I was, you know, very far away because there was a big crowd Shut of people. Up. But, um, yeah, he was just, uh, I, I pieced together that he was uh, giving a speech because he had just gotten his Hollywood star. And I was like, oh, that's very so good. cool. Also, how did he not already have a star? You just have to, you just buy a star. It turns on, out. On a on a side note, have you lived there long enough to have an Andy Dick story? Oh, that's a good point. No, I, I don't. I've not met Andy Dick. Okay, that's too. Give bad. it time. Okay, give it time. We'll see what happens next year. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Andy Dick tried to sell me cocaine at E three. <laughs> He'll look for anybody to get him into a bar or something. Uh-huh. He's banned from like all those places. I think uh-huh. crazy son of a bitch. Running around here, looking like Roger from Family Guy. Fucking That's Andy so good. Dick. I'll look out for that. I'll look out for Andy Dick looking into bars. Um, uh, so cool. Don't let him in. <laughs> what else? What else you been playing, uh, Jay? Cool. Yeah. Uh, aside from those like little things that I've just been messing around with, um, still playing uh, Vampire, oh, which yeah, is okay. has been a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yep. Um, I've actually just got into. Uh, like, uh, definitely no spoilers, but just Mm -hmm. getting into, um, like, the newer, like, like, the southern dock area, which is... Oh, the the fourth area? Which is newer to me. Um, no, not the fourth area. I'm, like, right on the cusp. I actually just fought, um, uh, I, I just fought someone in a, in the graveyard, which was pretty crazy, and realized that I couldn't do it. I got my ass kicked. Shit. You're ahead of me. And, uh, but I think I know what's going on. Yeah, it, it, it got it got pretty crazy. The story's getting really good. The combat's still really lacking, and it feels um, it yeah. feels clunky. Like yeah. the the longer I play and the harder the enemies get, the uh, the weaker you know, the more that you can see the flaws in the combat. Oh, that's see that, that um, was my biggest question for you because like I trust that the story's great because it's don't nod. But the last time they tried combat <laughs> was Remember Me, which to be fair, I haven't yep. played. But that was the biggest gripe. Was like the combat was just kind of whatever, and so I was gonna yeah, ask my... about I was gonna ask about the combat and like it's just it's not good. Yeah, it's, it's um... not bad, but it's not good either. Okay. It's just you literally like you press square to do your attack, and the faster yeah. you press square, you figure your character might attack a bit faster, or you become like combo where. Yeah. You press square twice and hold on for a second until his animation gets close mm-hmm. to the end and press it again. No, they didn't do anything. It's literally your character right. just attacks. Oh, so wait, um, you just tap square? Yeah. There's not even like a triangle, like heavy attack to like mix it up? No, there's no heavy no. attack, but triangle does an offhand attack with um, mm-hmm. so a yeah, different... Like a pistol like, or a Like a pistol or, or a... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I tend to use this... Um, I think it's almost like a syringe or something that I stab oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to get blood. Mm. Um, okay. The little like scalpel it, thing or whatever, yeah. Yeah, there's no heavy attack. It's all one standard attack across the board. Oh, that, that and there's only so two rough. attack. Yeah. There's yeah, there's like, main uh, hand and offhand. 
yeah, my thing with this is that, like, uh, like it's definitely... This game definitely, uh, like, the combat is an issue. But I really want to... I don't know if it's is actually true, but I really want to feel that um, this is a Mass Effect 1. You know what I mean? Like, hey. that's something that they can fix in the future. Okay. Um, yeah. Where, like, for me, it's... I, I know that's the number one gripe for it, but for me, it, like, I feel like there's just... Uh, like the story, the exp exploration, the world itself, um, some of these conversations you're having with people, like your own personal outlook on the game, whatever it may be, uh, that outweighs the combat. So that I would, I mean, a lot of people would put this game at like uh, maybe like a seven, seven and a half, something like that. Like this is a solid nine for me. Okay. Like combat, the combat is not enough to put me off of this game for sure. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the story has its hooks in me well enough. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way that I'm not going to finish this game. I'm, I, I'm, I'm well too invested. Right. It's very fun. Um, mm -hmm. But I, like, I will say I am affected by the combat, like to the point of like, I, I it couldn't be, there's no way it could be a nine for me. Okay. It would, it, mm -hmm. it would be a stretch to, for it to be an eight for me. Wow. Okay. All right. That's fair though. Harsh, but fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, it does definitely have a remember me vibe as far as like it looks. Um, you know, not talking about the setting or anything, but just the setting of the camera, kind of how the combat looks mm. from what I've seen in screenshots. So I played like 15 minutes of Remember Me and I didn't get into it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, the like everything you said, the world, the characters, um, mm -hmm. you know, like the things, the way that you're talking with people when you have these uh, like options of what you're going to say to this person. You're just like, mm -hmm. I know what I want to say, but sometimes it doesn't come out. Like it, it a almost little reminds bit me. Of, yeah, yeah. It, well, no, it reminds me kind of of like like real life. Like when mm. you try to say something and you try to be brutally honest with someone, and then it comes off too harsh. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, that was a fucked up thing to say." Yeah. like that's the way I feel that the game like works. Okay, and that is really really cool to me. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's been it's it's been fun as long as I don't focus on the combat too too much. Okay. Cool. Um, and I'm also playing like goody two shoes mode on it, so like I'm extremely oh. weak in combat. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a pacifist run yeah. uh, right now. Yeah. So that that definitely could have something to do with it because I do like literally like six damage with my main attack. I'm a full pussy in this game. Well, for me, uh, I, I I started the game and uh, I knew that there were. Like, a lot of different people can, you know, they can die or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever happened. Um, my first night, I decided that I was just going to go ahead and, uh, and and rest and level up. I think I was level 6. This would have put me closer to, like, 10 or 11. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was like, cool. Um, as soon as I did that, whatever I had done, I don't know how it happened, but this guy that I never met just fucking died. Um, and I was like, how is, that, how is that fair? Like, yeah. <laughs> like... What I'm still curious of even like who it was that died. Like, um, Did someone I, die I remember, you as well? No, I, I had like a distinct uh, like remember because I had a theory of I guess it's not really spoiler. He shows up super early in the game. There's like this uh, gay guy, I guess. Um, oh, he's yeah. like in the sewers, and I was like, was it him? Because the game kind of teases that oh he'll die if you don't act or whatever. And you're like, no, it was somebody else. I have yeah, no yeah. idea who it was. It, it was in Whitechapel. He has like a like. Um... Like like a bolt like a boulder hat. Okay, it has, I'll, like, it, I'll look it's into completely that. round and it, it curls up on all of its edges. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that because I I have no clue who you're talking about. He he has no connections. 
to anyone else, which is interesting. That's weird. So I, I, I don't know. It was just like, and I didn't, uh, it was probably a good, like, like six hours of gameplay. I did not do anything. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I didn't level up at all because I was kind of afraid to level up. Yep. So I, I waited until I had all these air, you know, the major areas mapped out. And then um, I went through and kind of like fixed everyone to make sure that they were not sick anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I, because I figured that's what killed them. Yeah. So I, like, I, I, I made thing. sure they weren't sick anymore and they were all set to recovering. And then I like, I was still even kind of like scared to like level up because yeah. I thought yeah, someone this, would die. That's something that I really like about this game is that it really like, um, it, the, the like mindset that it puts you in is something that I've never experienced in another game. Um, yeah. Where like you really don't want to progress until you're a hundred percent sure you've done everything because the game will just leave your ass in the dust. Like, if you didn't go to this area like they wanted you to, that is just gone. Like you, like, you can never experience them in your game. And and that's really interesting because I remember it in um, Mass Effect where we would go. Um, like I remember going in. Like I just started working uh, actually with you like, at at GameStop, and mm-hmm. uh, the assistant manager at the time. You know, he was telling me. You know, th- this. You know. I picked this character, you know, early Mass Effect, you get, or not early Mass Effect, but Mass Effect, you get to choose um, in the first one, you know, which character kind of lives and which character dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me about, you know, the character that he had chose to live. And I was like, oh, I didn't really realize, I guess, at the time that, you know, the other character could die. And then they, you know, they would have a complete, you know, a slightly different experience than you. Right. But it felt like a completely different experience because when you're talking about people, you know, it's that's very different, and that's the way this game plays. Like, whatever you did with that character on your end is going to be completely different because I have no idea who that guy is. Right, right. So very it's, cool. It's, super it's really cool. good in that. Um. So yeah, Good I've been, kids can eat this dick. <laughs> so I've been playing that. Of course, been playing uh, uh, a tad bit of Conan Exiles in my off time. Um. Mm-hmm. We uh. Like, I jumped on with Pasty, uh, Pasty Pasta Man the other day, and he was like, uh, why don't we go kill a dragon? Holy like, shit. You're fucking mental. Uh, we went out and killed a dragon. Yeah, hell, why not? And then we cut its fucking head off, and then hung it on our wall. Yeah. Wait, what game is Massive. this? Massive. Conan Exiles. It's <laughs> oh, a, um, okay, alright. Uh, yeah, it's like a, survival. a PvP, PvE survival yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw that pop up on PlayStation good. Network. Did not know it was in the, even in development. And then all of a sudden, it was just out on P- PlayStation Network. <laughs> it was a cool trailer. Yep. Um, it. I heard it gets a little grindy, though. Is that true? Uh, well, I, I mean, with these games, I really recommend anybody playing play this with with people. I, I, I like personally, I don't play this alone. And if I do play it alone, mm-hmm. I like all I'm doing is building our little fortress. Oh, okay. Um, and we're playing in a PvE, so there is no PvP. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about, you know, people coming in to kill us okay, or right. anything like that. We want to enjoy the story because you can beat this whole game. Like, okay. it, unlike most other survival games where, you know, that's not something you can do. Right. Um, you just try to live as long as you can. Uh, but yeah, you can you, you can beat this and, um, you know, that's kind of where we're going right now. We're... Uh, six, it's a 60 level cap and we're just about 50. Some of us are 50 Okay. Mm-hmm. and others are just like right under. And yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. Like I'm building this huge tower up this like cliff side 
that has a waterfall falling through our uh, our building. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, and after we killed the dragon and mounted its head, he's like, "Let's go to this place called the Black Keep." We went there, um, and uh, of course, I it was it was ridiculous. We run into the boss room, and I ended up. Uh, we fought for a while. I ended up dying because, like, I'm kind of like a glass cannon. I do... Well, I, I'm kind of... I'm a rogue, so I'm meant to be standing, like, to the side or behind and stabbing in the back. And uh, Pasty took the attention. He had to go heal. So I attacked and then backed up and was giving the guy the runaround, but he cornered me. And then Pasty didn't get in there fast enough to, you know, take the attention because he's the tank. And, uh, and I died. So he picked up all of my stuff was carrying it back, and then he died on the way back, and he's like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> we'll just remake all of our stuff. So I went out and found his body and <laughs> recovered all of our stuff. So it was kind of like a, uh, like, legs of the journey. Like, he went this far, and then I took the rest of the way, and it was a whole thing. But that's oh, yeah. been fun. I haven't been playing it um, as much as I was, but it's it's, it's a good time. And uh, and then last, um, I've been splitting time between uh, Vampire and Session for my like daily stream. Uh, so I've been playing ses- Session, which of course we saw at uh, the Xbox. Wait, it's out already. Uh, press conference. No, uh, no, uh, the dev build. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you kickstarted it. Yeah, oh, I, uh, well, yeah, I joined oh, cool. uh, joined okay. up with these guys on Kickstarter, and then um, I've been talking with them for like a year and a half, or maybe close to two years now. Mm-hmm mainly about a job because I, I, I don't want to mince words. I want to work on this game. Okay. There's like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's perfect. Um, like I've been skating forever. The art style I can do, the engine they're using, I know, uh, very well. It just, it works for me. Cool. Cool. But it, it, it you know, it's, it's a small, it's a small operation. They have five people right now. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. five people on the whole game. On the whole game. Whoa. Yeah. And other than like some incidental shit. Yeah. And 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 that's new. That's there's five people now. Mm -hmm. Um they worked for at least a year to get the Kickstarter ready. And before the kick you know, before the Kickstarter finished up and they had money to hire more people, it was only two people. Whoa. Yeah. So did And they made it on the Xbox stage and that's why I like (laughs) I was like, Fuck yeah Yeah, (laughs) like when it showed up, you know, that was so good. Well, I, you know, I, I kind of chat with those guys on Discord, and, you know, they're kind of a little bit, like, like in and out of a lot of different places that I can chat with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went silent, and that's how I knew something was up. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, the Discord, they usually do a monthly video, and they're like, we're going to have to put the monthly video off until, and then, like, it was, like, um, July, like, July something. And I was like... That's interesting. Why would they do that? And then I saw Xbox post rolling into E3 like, and it has a dude riding a skateboard. And I was like, why would they do that? And mm. then, like, I saw like their personal page, their like personal Twitter. It was like a skateboard with a session sticker on the bottom of it, like a real skateboard uh. that said something about going to uh, going to E3, and they said only a pack, only pack essentials. And I was like, now why would he post that? <laughs> so it was. You know, one of those things, but ah, interesting. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, if you or anyone you know are really interested, you know, if they like skate or you know the skateboarding style games, um, I have all that info. 
So um, I, I've been playing this for a long I time. I do wonder, and maybe you, you're not privy to this information, but I do wonder how did that come across? Did Microsoft approach them? Did they reach out to like Microsoft and like a couple other places? See, like, I wonder if we can get any press conferences. Like, how did how did that um, how did that relationship come about? Well, it, it's really interesting. Their Kickstarter they ended up racking up, um, I think around like 180 thousand. Okay. For the Kickstarter. Okay. Um, which is pretty good. They were only asking for like one sixty. You know, they did they did okay. Um and uh after they were done, we were like, okay, so what happens now? We managed to reach like a couple of like um like stretch goals mm-hmm. and we're like so there's a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. For stretch goals. Like there was story there were like extra like hub cities because the way the game works, they give you a piece of a real world city and then that's, you get to skate this, this, this map. It's not all like skate where it's one big okay. open map. Okay. It's kind of like you, you get a huge map to go around and walk around and skate in, but they like, you're not going to go skate New York. Like you're not going to go skate the red Jersey banks and, okay. you know, and then turn around and go skate like, um, like, LA or something. Right. Like mm-hmm. they're not next door. So you have to, they kind of link them up via hub city. Okay. Um, and there were like, I think they said they're going to do three hub cities and they had, uh, extra, two extra hub cities on there. Um, a video editing mode. Uh, we managed to reach the vert goal, which they originally weren't going to do. And after, you know, after that, they're like, what are you going to do? Are you going to reach out to other companies to make this, you know, kind of happen? And they said, you know, we're not doing that right now. We're not reaching out to anyone, but people are reaching out to us. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I assume somebody managed to reach out to them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they're getting any funding really from uh, Xbox. It's just easy to make the game on Xbox. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, they're making it's basically it basically Windows 10. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um. Well, like, I mean, personally, so, so Microsoft reached out to them to put them in a press conference then? That's super huge, I feel like. It had to be. Had yeah. To be. I, I, it had to be. That's really um, cool. because, because EA wouldn't put out Skate. Yeah. Coward! Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a win. And I, like, where I really wanted to see it, like, to be honest, is Ubisoft. Oh, mm. yeah. Like, it's it's such, it, it would be such a big thing for a company. Like, like we give Ubisoft, like, a decent shit. amount of shit. I love yep. Ubisoft. But they have a really great work environment. Yeah. Mm. And not not to mention, these guys are um, from Canada. Mm. So their office is in Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I, I think that works out. They have a lot of, like, they would be kind of in close contact with um, a Ubisoft office, like, yeah. right there. Um, yeah. And then, not only that, we wouldn't have to worry about EA and... And, you know, stepping on Skate's toes or, you know, wh- whoever else. Um, it would be healthy competition, I think. Mm-hmm. Is, I guess. What yeah, I and I mean, they put out Steep. Like, Ubisoft, that's not outside of the stuff Ubisoft would publish. So. Right. Right. That's interesting. Um, yeah, but the newest thing that they're working on is a catch and flip, me- uh, a catch mechanic and a flip mm-hmm. mechanic. So you can... Um, the controls are really interesting. So you use uh, like L and R to turn left and right, and then you press back on the right stick. To, or the right stick controls your right foot. Left stick controls your left foot entirely. Um, and uh, they have a new flip mechanic. So when you flip the board, depending on how fast you flick, 
depends on how fast the board rotates. Or if yeah. you, like, spin it like a shove it, uh, like a pop shove it, it'll spin, you know, as fast as you kind of, like, rotate that stick. And uh, and then when you're done and you want to catch the board and you see the grip tape come up, you have to um, press your your character's feet down to catch the board. So you have to press down on either the L and the R stick, like one or the other or both, um, to stop the board from spinning to catch it. Yeah, okay. It's like a really cool hardcore mode. I don't know too, too much about skateboarding, um, but I've always been interested in the, in the skateboarding games. But tell me this. Can you get off the board and walk around? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's huge. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's huge. That, the, that's the big thing. The game is called Session, and you get off your board, and then you kind of pick where you want to like skate. What part of the you know this world that you want to do a skate, like a session at. Oh, cool. Um, okay. So you just set down like a, like a hot marker at the spot, and then you go and you do your trick or your line or whatever you want to try to do, and then you press, uh, it's down to set the marker wherever, mm-hmm. and then up to return to that marker. Oh, cool. So you don't have to turn around and walk back up. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And they're doing a lot of things, like if people like skate, this game is um, a little more on the simulation side, I think, okay. but it still has that, that fun of like skate. So mm-hmm. you said you said they're in major cities and they're real they're real life cities. Yeah. How accurate are they? Are yeah. they like one to one accurate to the city area that's replicating, or it's like inspired by? Well, that that was a big thing that they actually were just talking about on social media, and I don't know where they're going with it. I know that they've been working on um, the the Jersey banks in like New Jersey, okay. the the famous red banks that have that they have like a roll in, uh, super famous skate spot. Um, and they have that like surrounding area, and they were just asking. They're like, "What do you guys think of this?" And they put up like, like a piece of the city, and they're like, "Because that's what it looks like, and that's that's real." And you know, like here's a photo comparison. Um, and they're like, "Or do you like this better?" Which sets it up to be a little more like skateboard friendly, where oh, okay. you know this is things that we think. And like personally, I was like, "Don't break the realism." Like, I was like, keep it as real and true as possible. Because when you start going down that other path, I feel like you end up more like uh, like what Skate 3 had going on. Hmm. I don't, that, that's just me. Okay. I, I, I like I like the uh, realism. Yeah, 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 I agree. I think it's cooler yeah. if they're like pretty much one-to-one, these are the cities. Like, you could go and actually skate this if you wanted to. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's basically... Uh, all I've had going on. Um, cool. Vampire Conan and Session, which is oh, yeah. plenty. <laughs> what about you? So what about you, Drake? I have uh, – I just finished uh, – I did this right before E3. I, uh, I finished Detroit. Have either of you guys played Detroit Become Human yet? Nope. Oh, no. Cool. What did you think? I, I mean I loved it. I think it's the best David Cage game yet. Um, okay. I – but I should preface this. I love David Cage games. Mm. They're definitely not for everyone, but I really, really like David Cage games or Quantic Dream games. I have this um, I have this uh, ritual I do with his games. Uh, every game I beat in one sitting. So oh, wow. I think his games are super immersive. And uh, I, I really think like, do you get the most emotional impact out of the story if you don't take a break? Like if you sit down, you play it all in one go. Um, 
Mm. Oh yeah, I can see this that. one. I made a little bit of a concession because, um, like, my life is busier now than it ever has been, and also this is the longest game I think he's ever made. So most of his games are around twelve hours. This one's closer to like fifteen to twenty. So I did mm. break it up into two parts. Like I played the first half one day, and then the second half the next day. Um, still had pretty much the same effect. Um, I don't want to get into any specific spoilers, but, uh, uh, cause this game is all about the story, but I think if you have major issues of David Cage games, I don't necessarily know this is going to change your mind, but if you like David Cage games or you've kind of been okay on it, I think this is the most refined version of his type of game. Um, it's, uh, there are three characters uh, each of them are, they're all androids, but they're all very unique. And I think part of that is the choices you make. And I, I tried to RP this a little bit. So it is your story and it is like, you know, what would you do? But also I kind of, these aren't like just like surrogate characters for you either. Like they definitely have personalities and the game sets up who, okay. what type of people these people, these, uh, these uh, three androids are supposed to be. And I did try to play the game as close to be like, well, what would Marcus actually want to do in this situation? And obviously there's a couple right. of different choices you can go down. So there is a little bit of projecting your own um, your own desires for these characters into the actions that you do. Um, mm. But And I also tried to be consistent. So like once I established what kind of Marcus I wanted my Marcus to be based on the information they had already given me and the actions he had already done, like that's kind of out of your control – um, I tried to stick to that as, cause at the beginning you make small, what's nice about this is you make like small decisions at the beginning. And I feel like you kind of do this in every David Cage game. And a lot of people like when they, when they do this, they get kind of upset. They're like, Oh, this is so mundane. Like, why am I shaving in heavy rain? Or why am I doing yeah. this? <laughs> and I think if you're yeah. asking yourself those questions, you're kind of missing the point. The point is to settle into these characters, really just like get in the shoes of what these characters do every day. And like, mm. so one of the first things you do as Marcus is you go to a store to pick up paint for your owner. And like, while you're going to the store to pick up this paint, you can interact with people. You can, you interact with protesters, you interact with uh, the shopkeeper, you interact with like other AI. There are people on the streets who are like rude to you. There are like other um, uh, androids who are just like, you know, uh, there doing their job and stuff. And you have small opportunities to interact with these people. And some of them are totally optional. Some like protesters, like you don't even have to talk to you. Others you can, others you have to, but as part of the story. But like the way you interact with these people doesn't make, have an impact on the rest of the story. And that's the thing too, is a lot of stuff in David Cage games you can affect the scene in a lot of different ways, but it doesn't necessarily impact the end story. But I still think those decisions are important because what you're doing is you're shaping the kind of person you want Marcus to be. And so the way I played Marcus was I played Marcus as more of like the uh, the Martin Luther King, like the more like, you know, like we will achieve peace through, uh, through peace, like violence begets violence kind of thing. So I, that's the kind of Marcus I want him to be. And I tried to be consistent of that. Like, when I'm dealing with the protesters, it's so easy to like be rude to them and like, you know, kind of punch back or whatever you want to do. But that's not the kind of person I want this Marcus to be. And I think you do better with settling into your story if you are consistent in the way you play. So it's very easy to be like, well, in this scene, I'm going to be a dick. But when it comes to the important decisions, I'm going to make the, 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 the peaceful choices. 
It's like to me that's you're you're betraying your own character. Like these small yeah. interactions at the beginning, they help get you in the mindset of who you're going to be throughout the rest of the game. And the more you stick to that, and the more you RP this, the better experience you're going to have. Yeah, right. So um, yeah, it has that very like like that's the way a lot of us approach uh, mm-hmm. like playing like D and D. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you have you have a lot more fun if you can. Yeah, you're not really here, fill you're, that you're role. Here. Yeah. I, right. I really advise people to like play these games like they're playing D and D, except the character's not a hundred percent yours. Like there are personality right. par- aspects to Marcus that you cannot change. That's just that, the way yeah, they've been determined. And so it's like mm-hmm. it's like you're playing D and D, but someone did the character creator for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, right. um, but like that's cool. And the whole that extends to all three of the characters. They're all interesting in their own ways. I think the investigation stuff is 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 the most fun it's ever been. It's cool to re re-put together like crime scenes and stuff like that. And what's interesting is like sometimes what you do as one character affects how easy your job is as the other character. And so, you know, and you have the ability to, to manipulate things. So nothing I say is exactly a spoiler, but like in general, uh, one of the characters, I cannot remember his name and I feel really bad. The other male main, uh, main character, uh, he is working for the police department investigating uh, I think they call them divergence. The um, like the uh, the androids that like are going like off script and like are like Westworlding and like getting mm-hmm. a mind of their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marcus is um, like leading more of like you know the resistance for like the uprising of like the androids. And so as one, you're playing as one character that's investigating another character that you're playing as. And so things you do as Marcus affect how easy your investigation is as the other character. But also, the better mm-hmm. investigating you do with the other character, the harder things get for Marcus. And so... That's interesting. Again, this kind of like puts the onus on the, on the player. It is super easy to just pick a side and be like, okay, well, I'm going to fuck up as Marcus to make my job easier as the other character. But I think by doing that, again, you're kind of just betraying the point of the game. Like, if you, when you're playing as that character, forget that you play as the other ones commit to how that character would play out this scene and it makes both scenarios more interesting because you're making the life harder for both of these characters that you play as at the same time and so i think it's more fun when shit hits the fan and you have to like adapt with like oh man this sequence would be a lot easier if i had like eased up in the other chapter but because i didn't it makes the tension Mm -hmm. higher for both these characters so that's kind of the way uh like vampire kind of rolls too a little bit Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, like going back to yeah, it, you know, it's it. If you like, like I said, I was doing a pacifist run. Um, I'm not sure what filter over here is doing, but yeah, um, yeah, like if you feed on people, anybody, like I mean, they're all good people, which yeah. is, I mean, good. I mean, that's kind of like a subjective thing to right. say, but right. like for, I mean, they're they're people. Yeah. You know, they have like families yeah. and other people that are connected to them. Um, and if you feed on them, those other people kind of suffer, but you get stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's really interesting. And the, that's cool. Yeah. I, I really love the choices. And then the last thing I would say about it is, I think a lot of the other things that the studio kind of gets hit for, they've done a much better job at. the v, The voice acting is really okay. good this time around. Uh, all the facial mm-hmm. animations are amazing. Like this game looks incredible. I mean, Heavy Rain games have always looked incredible, but there's mm-hmm. always been a little bit of like Uncanny Valley or a disconnect between like the voice acting and like what's actually going on. I think the performances mm. across this whole thing are like, they're all really, really good. I don't think it really gets uncanny Valley at all. It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Um, 
And then there's a lot to dig into the world. They did some really good world building. Uh, some of it you do have to read in news articles and stuff, but like you'll pick up like these digital magazines and it'll talk about the world. And like, this is a very real portrayal of where I think we're actually going. Um, like it talks about global warming. It talks about like um, like the political system in America kind of just became a circus, and like a lot of stuff that you can yep. draw parallels to in the real world. But it really, it's not just like that stuff is just there and then it's never touched upon. You can extrapolate what is going on politically to how the, the characters you interact with view the world. And so the more you learn about the world, the more you understand people's like motivations in the storyline and i think it makes the whole thing like a feel like a much fuller experience but at the same time if you don't read those new articles you're actually you're not like missing any key plot details like everything is still going to make sense to you so uh, i give a strong recommendation yes. um but again if you're just like if you hate those kind of games i don't think this is gonna be the one that changes your mind so um all right that's that's sure. pretty much it i just uh e3 has been taking up most of my time I've been playing a little bit of God of War, uh, just doing some cleanup stuff. Mm -hmm. I was telling these guys before the podcast, I'm on the Valkyrie right now, like the final Valkyrie. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's unfairly <laughs> hard. I literally, I was, yep. I was fighting her for ten hours straight, and I couldn't beat her. Like I, <laughs> it was just beyond the Z. Yeah, that's when I like such a monster. That, like honestly, that's when I take games out. Like um, in the first uh, Kingdom Hearts, when I played it, I was a child, yeah. so I couldn't beat the final boss. Yeah. Um, you know, where he, like, changes form, yes. like, 312 oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just took it out, and I took it to GameStop. I was like, you know what? <laughs> there's, You're lucky there, I don't I mean, you into the drywall. Yeah. There's a few things that you can do within uh, this fight to make your fight a bit easier, and it kind of revolves around what, um, like, runes that you have on your character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other part of it is figuring out what the Valkyrie's attacks are mm -hmm. and when you should use your special abilities yeah. when you should use your runic attacks when you should use your uh like spartan rage yeah. um like spartan rage is almost it, it's it's a twofold for me when i won um i half the time used it to run around and pick up uh health orbs okay. and the yeah. other time other time i use it to just stumble her okay um just you know deal that damage but there were a lot of times I went in uh, and I got her down to that two bar, you know, the last two little health bars, you know, on, on her, yeah. under her name. Um, and I got her, you know, I got her right there and then I hit the button and tried to rush her and, uh, and died yeah. because, you know, I mean, it happened multiple times, yeah. but yeah, you have to go in knowing that you have to use everything that you, that, you know, um, go and do all of the, uh, uh, the Niflheim stuff and get some really yeah, sick armor. I, yeah, I there. got I got the best armor. Uh, I, I went ahead and did Niflheim stuff already. So like I'm I'm as armored up as I'm gonna yeah. be. It's just it's just down to like me getting good at this point. Like I just gotta you know get yeah. good enough. And like we were talking about before the podcast, sometimes it's just getting lucky. Like her not doing some of those moves that are like really really hard to dodge and stuff. Like at some uh, to a certain degree, it's just also like the luck of the cards. But yeah, it's just. It's just it's just a matter when, of like just doing it at this point. I don't think there's anything else I can get. There's not gonna be a magical like this will make the fight easy gauntlet that I can equip. So yeah. Also, uh, I mean, you'll you'll drop one, so make sure you have that like that really high uh, the full restore stone, yeah. the full restore stone. Yeah. And um, uh, what was the last thing I was gonna say? Um, 
when she does that leap attack that she comes down and stomps on your fucking head. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she does that three times in a row. Yes. <laughs> I have learned. So always be prepared to roll as much as you can yeah. when you see when you see her crouch down. Yeah. If you think that's going, just start rolling. Okay. And you'll you should be fine. Okay. Cool. The one that I've never yeah. ever dodged is the 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 one where she leaps forward and stabs you with her wing. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember though. I I don't remember it. Okay, it's, I've literally never been able to dodge it. Like I don't think my reaction time is high enough. Like my physical reaction time is not high enough to dodge this attack. Um, <laughs> it's tough. It's wild. Yeah. Um, straight um, wild. I mean, you could always drop your like if this is the last thing you have to do, you could always drop it down to an easier mode. No, I'm not going to do that. Make it easier. That defeats the whole purpose of even doing it. Like at this exactly. point, that's, that's, that's the, the, the spirit true I way. Here. The true way to play a game yeah, like at, is to just put point, it on very easy baby mode. At this point, I don't <laughs> even care about 100%ing the game. It's just a pride thing about beating her. Like, <laughs> yes, I've, so I've seen too much of this game. Even though I'm so close to the platinum, even if I beat her, mm. the game's getting uninstalled for a minute. Like I, <laughs> like I, even when you're done, you're like, fuck I, that. I'm gonna beat her, uninstall, and I need like six months off. Like I can't look at that game for six months. Absolutely. So. It's just a pride thing. I was actually kind of glad that there wasn't any DLC announced. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah. I kind of expected it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of expecting it, like, the, like, forbidden, like, Planet X travels or whatever. You know, like, another realm yeah, or something. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of realms locked off. I think it just... What would it even be about? Like, if you can't, like, have yeah, anything know. move yep. the story, like, really. Like, um, yep. you know, because then if anyone... If this, if there's, what's the, the story in DLC is important, and no one, play, and people don't play it, but they do play the sequel and they're missing out. That's kind of like weird. And then if it like is an yeah. important story, like why would Kratos care? Like Kratos doesn't really like doing side quests, so it's like yes, it's just it, I don't know. I think it'd be a really hard thing to like mm -hmm. make an interesting DLC for. So I think like they're making yeah. the right call by just not doing it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I don't know if this game needs any DLC. Like after yeah, I've yeah. completed everything, yeah. um, I'm, I'm super happy with um, where it left yeah. off, and as well where, uh, like you beat the main story. Did you go back to your little yes house yes, or whatever? Mm -hmm. Where where it's going? Yeah, yes. Because that happy. was fucking incredible. That was the best way to leave that off. Yeah. Yep. I was so excited. I love like just the flick back of the cape. Uh, that's all I'll say. Because uh -huh. I don't want to spoil it for anyone yep. who hasn't uh, who hasn't hasn't mm -hmm. beaten it. But like you know what I'm talking about that flick back. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, and then the last thing I'm playing is I just jump back into Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm about halfway through the game, so uh, I got to kill the crocodile. I think is who I'm killing. Who I'm going after mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I I think we're actually probably pretty close to the same spot. Yeah. I love <laughs> Origins, man. I love it a lot. It's just that game. Holy shit, that game's big. It's really big. I cannot believe how fast they're going to push another one out. I know it's yeah. it's crazy, I, and apparently I, it's not. So Ubisoft I, said we're not forcing a yearly release. We're telling our studios release it whenever you want to. And they said they're just yeah. ready to release it, so we're not going to make them arbitrarily yeah. wait another year. I mean, they've been working on it for three years. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's, it's very weird. I think even though they think they're ready, it probably needs another year. Like, Assassin's Creed Origins needed another year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of things yeah. in Origins are kind of half-baked. 
Mm. Like, do you remember the yeah. fever dream where you were fighting the snake? No. Oh. I'm very early. Oh, okay. Well, there's, I'm not going to spoil it, but like, there's just like some encounters that's like, the idea here is so cool, but your execution is kind of like, kind of like whatever. And I really mm. feel like if that game had, had another year, everything would just been so polished to a shine. So like, I have the okay. same feeling about Odyssey. I feel like they think it's ready, but like, really, they should give it another year. But yeah, yeah I mean, I mean what, they thought Assassin's Creed Unity was ready when they put that out. <laughs> I, I I don't remember what game it was, but it was really it was like super recently. Um, there was a company that was like, uh, "Yeah, our game is completely done, but we're going to give eight months for polish." Yeah. Oh, that was um, uh, yeah, that was uh, somebody is feature complete right now, and their game doesn't come out until the fall. Um, shit, let me look into that because it was because, it was like Metro Exodus or something. Like something like huge. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, was it Metro? That that would. That, would that be, seems wrong, but I'm gonna dig in. And then, <laughs> yeah, like, like I would be super excited. Like, and then Kingdom Hearts Three that. is another example. Kingdom Hearts Three uh, does not need till January. Mm. They're just doing it just to give it a little bit, of, like just just for the extra time. It could come out in fall. Just some lead said, time, but, yeah. Well, that well with with that game, I'm almost like just fucking pull the trigger, you know? No. Yeah, no, I mean they've had 26 long, years. Like a couple more months, I'm totally cool with. <laughs> uh, the real reason they're doing it is because Square Enix wants to get out of the way of Red Dead, and they want to. Um, they, yeah, they've said this. They want to get out of the fall where there's too much competition in fall. They said, and they want a simultaneous release for all countries. And there's just a couple like mm-hmm. stuff that's not ready for some of the uh, some of the different regions. So, right. like. It's really more of a business move, but development said this is great for us too because while it absolutely could be ready to go by fall, it's nice to have a couple extra months just to like really refine some things. So Yeah, I mean it gives you that time to go like, oh, was that done as good as we thought right. it could have been? So, yeah, and I, I really – like I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Like I kind of jest about Kingdom Hearts of course, but <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. it's going to be goatee man, get ready. 20, 2019 goes mm. just write it up right now um man i'm like it, it it almost turns my stomach knowing that resident evil at resident evil 2 remake and that are releasing at the same time <laughs> and then it's not even a month fucking later it's mm. like at the same time you are going to be picking up anthem and you're going to be picking up days gone i am not picking up it's anthem, like, but i will pick up days gone uh, i'm getting anthem uh, man I, yeah it was it was a uh, it's metro exodus oh, they cool. said on uh on the 16th, they said the game is feature complete. We're taking eight months to polish. Wow. So, okay, so Anthem, uh, Metro Exodus, and Days Gone all come out the same day, February 22nd. Uh, predict yep. sales order right now. Who's getting first place, second place, third place? Uh, can you name them again? Anthem, Days Gone, and uh, Metro Exodus. I think it'll be um, Anthem, Days Gone, and then Metro. Okay. I don't know. I think Metro is going to outsell Days Gone just because Days Gone is only in one console. Whoa. Okay. I, yeah. That, Metro that is super popular in Europe. That is true. Okay. It is only one console, but that console also has three times the sales numbers too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for PlayStation yeah. exclusives, I don't even think like being an exclusive like really hurts its sales all that much because like they have. Well, again, far part of the issue with that is that um, the PlayStation definitely has an Xbox outsold, but most. Uh, well, I, I want to be careful with this, but Europeans tend to play on PC. Okay. And Europeans are the market for uh, the Metro That's games, true. For That's sure. true. So I think they're going to be... Um, I, I think Metro's going to... Like, it's not going to perform as well as it could, considering 
how the previous games did, but it's going to sell better than people expect here. Okay. You know? um, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Days Gone's kind of getting a bad, uh, like from what I've heard of, um, like the demos for it have been really rough. From what I've heard, um, like they're not setting the demos up very well to show off what the game's doing. Right. Like I've heard of people who've played demos and not seen a horde of zombies. Right. And it's like, how do you show off the game without having that? Right. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I definitely think Anthem's going to overperform what people are expecting. I, I think Anthem's going to flop, actually. Well, it's going to flop, but it's going to make sales. Oh, no, I, I don't think it's going to sell either. I, I don't know why. I, I feel like it, it's not the people... It's not, it's not the people that we enjoy. Like, I don't know, that's kind of fucked up. Like, there's just um, no goodwill about that game. There's there's a there's a group of people who are gonna like latch onto that game, and mm. I think they're the same group of people who play the first like play first person shooters like only. Yeah, it's the mm. Destiny crowd. I think they're looking at that as like it's like it's the Destiny, the Call yeah. of Duty, the Battlefield. Like all right. of those guys are looking at it going, hmm, that looks good. You know, like the Division. Like those yeah. same guys that are buying the Division are going to buy. Yeah, that. that's true. I also didn't think the Division was going to do well, and I was very wrong about that. So that's true. But very good. Um, well, also, uh, part of my thing is that critics have been down on Anthem deservedly, and then after having seen it, they're like, "Okay, this fixed a lot of my fears for the game." Okay, so we'll, I mean, we'll, I still have a lot of questions. You know, so like maybe we but. should just get into that then, because like that's actually I can I can speak on that directly. Um, because if we want to start our E3 talks, like I saw, Anth- I saw twenty minutes of Anthem being played at. Uh... Uh, we'll we'll hold back on that. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll do that at the end. But we yeah, so we're actually that's a good breaking point because we need to roll into uh, games releasing here. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, games releasing is the bulk of what we're talking about. I guess we don't really have a lot of news. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because everything's been at E3, um, and then so, we'll we'll close out with with uh, some of your E3 experience. Great. Okay. So. And, and I also dropped it in the Discord, so you have kind of like a drop down of what we're doing. Okay, right. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, jump right over into games releasing. Uh, from well, actually, before we do that, if you guys get the chance, you can actually chat about all the stuff that we're talking about uh, over on Facebook. Facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. has all that video game stuff that we're talking about. All of the games that we were talking about at E3. I know I was posting like a madman over there, so um, all that conversation is still going on over there. And follow us on Twitter, at Mammoth Games, Inc. So you know when we go live and do stuff just like this. But uh, we'll get into games releasing. Uh, these games are releasing between June 18th and July 1st. Um, and, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I'll kick it off. Um, okay. The the first game is July 19th. It is SteamWorld Dig 2 coming out. Uh, Switch, PS4. Um, I think we've seen this game. Uh, yeah, it came out two hundred or three hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, it, it's not anything different. It's just like, hey, this is also releasing here too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. After that, we're getting uh, Yoku's Island Express for Switch, PS4, Xbox One. This is being published by uh, Team Seventeen. Um, from what I saw, it's kind of like an exploration sort of platforming game. Um, we're starting to, like, this is part of the idea that we're, like, what is retro is starting to, like, move forward in time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of almost, like, it, it's got better graphics, but it kind of reminds me of, like, a, what would be, like, a PS1 game. 
Um, it definitely has like a like an Abe's Odyssey sort of vibe. I mean, it's not that kind of like gross, like animated, but uh, it's definitely got that kind of like kind of weird, creepy um, kind of art style. For sure. This place it, it, has some Sonic pinball in there too. Yeah, it looks super <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, sorry about your balls. Word. Um, and also in uh, the news coming out uh, 21st, Minecraft on Switch. Uh, these guys, of course, in the news recently because you can, <laughs> on the Switch, play Minecraft and uh, earn Xbox achievements now. <laughs> Uh, yep. you, it, it, it's at cross-play, uh, leaving everyone... Well, I, I don't think they're leaving out Sony. It's just Sony doesn't want to play ball. Yeah, Sony doesn't want Sony's to play ball. Sony's just ain't playing ball, yeah. This is so... Yeah, they said so, it's 100% because of money. This is so interesting yeah. to me. Um, and, I mean, this is also being in a lot of, like, this Fort, the Fortnite thing is, is wrapped into this. Do you think they're gonna... Do you think they're gonna cave? Or do you think, like, they're just, like, they're, they don't have to and they're not going to? Mm-hmm. I think at some point they're gonna cave. They have to, um, I mean, like at a certain well, point, it's it's they're going to be losing more money by not having it than gaining by forcing people to play on PlayStation. Yeah. Well, what I, what, like what I had heard them say is that Sony, it's it's not that Sony's not doing this that they mm-hmm. that they're just not going to do it. They've just said, you know, we're interested to see what our fans want. Oh, it's, and obviously they know what their fans want, but yeah, it it, it, it it's bullshit, but. I feel like they're just, I don't know, like they, they know that they're the powerhouse and the longer that they wait, you know, because their numbers are going to go up if PS4 plays ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just the way that I, I feel yeah. uh, it'll go. So, you know, you'll see the inner, like, oh, I can now play with my, you know, my brother who has had an Xbox this whole time. We can mm-hmm. jump in and kind of explore this together. Yeah. That's awesome. I really don't think it's going to make a difference this generation, but I'm afraid that it's going to impact sales for next generation. Like, I think they can ride out this generation and not have to worry about it. I don't think it's really going to affect them that much. But I think mm-hmm. it will mm-hmm. make people, like, kind of question next gen, which console they should buy. Um, especially, like, if they're considering, like, oh, well, like, maybe I want to play with my Switch friends and stuff. Like, maybe I should get an Xbox instead. So I think they should make this switch like right before the end of this generation where it's like it's not really going to – like the PS4s and the Xbox One are kind of irrelevant because they're like on their way out. But you know, yeah. it kind of reassures people for the next gen. It's like, OK, cool. I can still buy a PlayStation like play Minecraft with everyone because hmm. this is not going to sure. end. Like Minecraft I mean, and that- Fortnite are not – like pretty soon it's going to be everything. Yeah. I mean we're not like – the, the problem is is that someone has the advantage over somebody else right mm. right now like someone has more numbers than the other one mm-hmm. and it's always going to keep coming back around so i think yeah the only way to solve that is uh wait until the end of the generation and then mm-hmm. like in, unless you want to be good guy sony you know what i mean yeah which they they don't which <laughs> i i i mean yeah they they don't seem to but i could still see them you know here in a few months going okay that's fine. Yeah, if anything's going to push them over the edge, this Fortnite thing, like, nothing's bigger than Fortnite. So, like, if it's not Fortnite, it's not going to be anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. It, it, well, I, I guess, it, I mean, it's it's a wait-and-see game. It's like the ball is now yeah. just in Sony's Sony's court, yeah. and they know it. So. Um, cool. Cool. Um, and then uh, the next game that we have uh, coming out 
Uh, for the Switch on the 22nd, Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Any, did, have, have any of you guys actually uh, checked this one out? I've never played a Mario nope. Tennis game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I jumped in. They did a uh, they did a tournament, um, okay. and I did not take part in any of the tournament. I just played the tutorial. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's not my jam. I'm not really big into, especially competitive sports games. Yeah. Like, competitive games I can get into, but can competitive sports games i'm just like no i'm good i don't mm-hmm. know any franchise that could get me into playing a tennis game <laughs> like rockstar table what now <laughs> rockstar table tennis rockstar, no not even that man like you could announce you could announce god of war tennis i'd still be like no thank you <laughs> okay hold on hold on let's let's bring not a true fan that Okay, so God of War Tennis. Could you imagine who would the characters be? Like, I know there'd be like some really like oddball, interesting characters. Uh, the Leviathan, <laughs> the uh, statue. What was the the, uh, the, the Titan of uh, the fucking troll uses shit. his pillar as his like racket or whatever. Yeah. That'd be Trolls. Fun. Uh, you'd you'd have, Your to horrible get some, son. have to get some original characters, so, like the original like uh, sextology characters, like. Air the, like, yeah. boat captain that gets eaten by the monster and then you find him in hell yeah, and they yeah. torture his soul. Ares, <laughs> Zeus, um, An- Demos, your brother, uh, yep. Athena. An unlockable, yeah. playable character. Uh, you, you, you can unlock uh, Mimir and play as his floating head. Hey. <laughs> yep, just the head. Nobody knows how he's hitting I the wall. I still want to see um, the entire God of War game just through his eyes. No, yep. no, no. no. Mimir, Mimir is the ball. You play with Mimir's head. Oh, that's oh, really oh, good. No, it's, oh, okay. Well, you can have that, but then you could also have his eye. Yeah. Just his eye. <laughs> that's good. This is coming together real nice, is all I'm saying. Hold on. <laughs> Let me call Sony. <laughs> I figured you were over there taking notes. Yo, Cass? <laughs> is Cass, her eyes still work there? <laughs> Shit. Uh, that's it. All right. You got the next one, man. All right, uh, so also on the 22nd, um, releasing new Gundam Breaker. That's like the uh, sort of all generations of Gundam fighting game. This is not the, uh, I guess this is not the like chibi one that we've also been talking about. I forget what that one is. That's like Super Battle Robots Plus. Yeah. Totally different game. God damn this um, So yeah, this one I believe you're canonically playing as toy Gundams. Um, and, like, occasionally you're, like, in an office, and, like, you're just, like, a little-ass Gundam, so that's very good. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Um, little Gundam in a big world, basically, is what these are. But, uh, like, basically, like, every model of, like, popular model of Gundam is available in here. Um, it looks really good. I mean, I, I like the graphics a lot. I, there's, like, full customization of a lot of them. Uh, it seems pretty cool. I need to see more gameplay. Because um, I'm just not 100% sure of, like, what the moment-to-moment gameplay is. Man. And, I mean, they do show a lot in this trailer. They do. But it just is, I, I need to feel it. I need a demo. The, well, the environment, for one, that, that we see in this trailer is, like, mm. it, it, it's so interesting to see, like, an office building with just, like, a little Gundam. Like, hauling yep. ass around the floor, and you see all, like, the tables. That, that's uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. I hope a like person can walk by and step on you. It looks like it looks like you're playing uh, you're playing a game like on mobile and you have it on your phone and you have the AR mode active. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, kind really of well nice. done. Really uh, well done. Uh, yeah, it, it looks really cool. Um, I'm definitely gonna need a demo though. For sure. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah, I mean, that's something we talked about before. A lot of these games should really yeah. think about doing demos with all of the games that mm-hmm. are coming up. Uh, yeah. And Gundam, particularly, has a track record of having some very shit games. So I, I feel like they kind of need to prove their worth. For sure. <coughs> why aren't uh, why aren't demos a thing anymore? I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it loses you sales. It has to only gain sales, doesn't it? I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean. there there is there is a, a like a downside to it, and I, you know we've talked about it before. Where like sometimes I've played a demo and I've went, you know what? I think I'm good. I don't even need to buy this game. I know what it is, and uh, mm. like even though it's pretty decent. It's not decent enough for me to go, okay, I, I need this. Yeah. Well, my thing is I've never played a demo of a game that I thought I was going to get and then I didn't because of the demo. Okay. Like, I only play demos for something that either I know I'm going to get it in the demo, I mean, like, carry over my demo progress, or I don't know if I want it or not and I want to try it out. Yeah. Like, I've never demoed a game that I then didn't want. Uh, unless, like... I already didn't think I wanted it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A demo's never lost me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. a demo's ever lost me either. Um, and I mean, maybe it's just like extra. I know. I know it's extra work to make a demo, but yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like it's there's so. I many feel like things, it's worth it because it's like like Jump Force is a perfect example of like I need to play that before I buy it because J Stars was awful. Yes. And I'm super in. <laughs> I'm super in on the concept of Jump Force, but I really gotta know how it plays. Yeah. Definitely, so, but it's like um, I'm not. So yeah, in, after that, but I'm not already in. You know what I mean? Like it's like I probably just won't. Right, I exactly. probably just won't get it now. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of, I this is possibly the only thing I thought I was in on, and now I'm not. Um, so on the 26th, uh, I guess this got delayed or something. Uh, maybe this was an original release date and it already came out. I'm not sure, but uh, Brawl Out for the Switch. I feel like we've mentioned it like four weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really 100% sure what's going on with this game. Uh, I know it's been delayed a couple times, so I, I guess this is the final release. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Brawl Out, I was definitely on board until new Super Smash Bros. was coming out at the end of this year. Yeah, okay, uh, so that E3 like, like, Super Smash, Smash stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got some cool stuff. It's got, like, uh, the Hyper Light Drifter in it. It's got the, uh, the dude from Guacamelee. Yeah, yeah cool. one. Um, so there's like some really cool stuff going on in it, but like, I just could characters. not possibly give a shit at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly original characters. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, I don't know. It is just a clone of Super Smash. Right. It's like now that we have Super Smash, it really like squashed the feeling like of not even wanting yeah. to play a Super Smash clone before Super Smash. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Um, so they, they kind of got fucked, I guess. A little um, bit. But, I mean, I guess it was a... I mean, I mean they have to look at it as... Um, like, uh, like, like, a, like if it's a big enough company, you know, a moment of growth, you know. Mm-hmm. We've done this. Yeah. We have the experience. That's great. Um, you know, we probably got some good sales numbers out of it. But, you know, use that knowledge mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah I, yeah, I think it falls under that thing of, like... Everything's in a, like a copy of something else, pretty much. But that's I true. mean, it, when you're on, when you're this on the nose about it, you can look at it and just go, mm-hmm. "That's that's Super Smash." Like if, right. if you just like did a snapshot of it and it was really quick and you weren't paying attention, you could think it was like a Super Smash thing. Like you yeah. could think it, it was a match, and then like once you looked a little bit harder, you would notice, "Wait, that's Juan from Guacamelee. He's not in Super yep. Smash." 
Yeah, uh, I think I think know. it's still fine though because it's like. You know, Tekken doesn't own 3D fighters, you know what I mean? Street Fighter doesn't right. own 2D fighters. Like, it's just a different style of fighting game. And I think it's totally fine to just be a derivative of that. Um, I think it's interesting that, uh, like, I mean, if you're a really, really big fan of Hyperlight Drifter or Guacamelee or whatever, like, it's cool to have that. Where are some of the other Definitely. characters, do you know? Uh, I, oh, the other characters are all the, original. Yeah, they're all original. They have, like, a frog oh. character and, yeah. I like the frog. They have a, an eagle with a... a a red, white, and blue top hat on, I think. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean... It, it's not bad, but it feels like, uh, like, instead of getting Legos, you got Mega Bloks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel like the appeal of those kind of fighting games, for whatever reason, is the crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I was super in on, on, uh, on PlayStation All-Stars, because they're all the characters I love, you know what I mean? Like, I absolutely yeah, would not... Exactly. Played that exactly. game if they were all like characters I didn't know. Like fuck no, why would I want to play mm-hmm. that? So like, exactly. I, right. For all these Smash clones, I kind of feel the same thing. For whatever reason, we associate that style of fighting game with it being a crossover. And if you're not a crossover, I don't really know. I want to play you. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I think that's why they have these two kind of yeah. like character like Guacamelee and Hyperlight Drifter both did good on their own. Yeah, but if. They didn't do well enough that if somebody said, hey, can we like license your character, That they don't really have enough money to say no to that. Right. For sure. Yeah. Right. So they kind of have to. I mean, it was definitely good for them. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for right. sure. I mean, yeah. Helping out. Hopefully somebody will play that character and say, you know what? I love this dude. I- I'm going to go buy Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah. Or, you know, I loved Guacamelee, so I would love to play a game where I just get to whip ass with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I definitely get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it seems like they could have done maybe a couple more characters just to try to drag in a few more people. But I don't, I, you know, I don't know how the budget of this game was. I don't know any of that. So right, for sure. Cool. Uh, up next on the twenty sixth, coming out for PS four, uh, the Lost Child, uh, which is a mm-hmm. game that I have no idea about. Um, but yeah, after a, a... a second of digging, I found out that it's um, you know your standard RPG um, mm-hmm. set in modern Japan where uh, heavenly and demonic forces are kind of like waging war against each other. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it says now you're, you know, you must capture uh, defeated foes and turn them into valuable allies. Um, yeah, very much. That, it reminds me of like a uh, poor man's persona. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, that's how it appears. The levels don't and actually be... look too bad though. Like the, they're, um, Oh yeah. Like it doesn't look terrible. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, like personally, I, it, it's really like hit or miss for me um, on if I'm going to be super into that over the top Japanese art style. Yeah, I think this one's a miss for me. I need the absolute like top notch. I need that Persona team like busting dick for months to get really get me into it because like in general, I've been like completely burned on like weeb culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, like, I'm, like, offended by the existence of Japan at this point. <laughs> so, uh, like, um, what is it? The, the Disgaea games? Hate them. Whoa. Persona? Love it. Interesting. <laughs> it's totally weird. I love um, it's, it's pretty much uh, It's pretty much arbitrary at this point. I'm, I'm, oh, this game for sure has that penguin guy in it, right? That's, like, NIS's, like, logo. No, that's, uh, that's specific to Disgaea games. I'm pretty sure that's their company logo. <laughs> I don't think so. 
I really like their little cinematics that they do here, though. He's like he's those like look the, really good, but then the game doesn't work for me. The, the yeah, penguin yeah. dude's kind of like the cactar. It's like they use Square uses that a lot, but like it's not in any games except Final Fantasy games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm totally like I'm to- think I'm totally not interested in this game at all though, because I'm looking through screenshots <laughs> and I don't see a single one where I get to run around outside of combat. Very fair. Like if I can't run around in a city in a JRPG, like I don't even know why you're making it. Yeah. It's like. I basically, basically, I just play the game so I don't have to go on vacation to Japan. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, that sounds harsh, but, like, for real, like, I, in 2018, like, you can't release a game that's all menus. Like, I have yeah. to be able to run around um, and, like, feel like there's, like, a separation between the combat and, like, the exploration. Like, there needs to be some exploring, you know? It's kind of mm. like Skull and Bones. Like, I was totally not interested until I learned you can run around outside your ship, and I'm like, yes, now I'm... I'm potentially back in. I just I have to have that. For yeah. sure. Yeah, we were we were really excited for that uh for that that point right there. Yeah. Just being mm. like I was like right before the show we were like, you know, like what would you like to see? I'm like I would like to see someone get out of that fucking ship and walk around. I want to see what happens when you're yeah. not yep. like trying not to drown. Uh yep. So that that's super that's um that's super cool. Side thing though, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after that, uh, continuing on the 26th, still got a couple more games. Um, the Lumines remastered. Luminier. Luminous. Lumines. Luminous. Yeah. It's not how you spell that. Uh uh-huh. Remastered. <laughs> Never played the game. Uh, it's coming out for PC, Switch, PS4, X Boner, Sega Genesis. Uh, you know, iPhone 5. Pretty much everything. Apple Watch. Um. So yeah, this is one of the things where it's like, uh, you know, you know if you're a fan already. This is almost like, um, like comparable to Tetris. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been a few of these, um, you know, varying success. They have competitive modes. They have like different gameplay challenges you can do. Um, I know this one's like really music heavy. Um, I like people just listen to the soundtracks. So, um, you know, something definitely something to check out if you're into that. Um, one of the better kind of like puzzle games. So, yeah, I played um, a lot of my Vita because it's a good like pick up and play game. I don't see myself wanting to sit mm-hmm. down and just play this game though. Yeah, I can see it on Switch. I yeah. cannot see it on PS4, or Xbox One. Yeah, so. I can see it on PC. I could have seen this on like um, the like. I feel like I, I have no idea the history of this, but I feel like this was something that hit its stride during like PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it feels very P- like early PS2. It feels very Y2K. Yeah. Um, this kind of reminds me of that one game that my my buddy up here is making. That's going to make it on the Switch. Oh yeah. That's cool. Um, I hear about that. But yeah, so uh, another one after another one from NIS America. Kind of weird they're competing with themselves on a release day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so continuing on the 26th, uh, East Eight, oh. Lacrimosa of Dana. I love the yeast games. I uh, so no, I'm sure that true. means something. I love the concept <laughs> of the yeast games. I have all Correct. of them. I have played none of them. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we have uh, so this one's coming out on the Switch. I don't know if it's already available on other consoles. It is. Yeah, it is. So yeah, it's just now coming okay. out. On the I think it oh, okay. actually came out in like 2016 on the like Vita or something. Brutal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's been out a while. I know Grim, who frequents our podcast, will probably mm. watch this like tomorrow or something i know he yeah. went through and he played the whole thing and beat it um okay. so yeah i remember him talking game. about it yep. yeah um yep. and, i mean and it looked good but it's just uh like 
sinking yourself into hard, a not my thing. Uh, well, sinking yourself into an RPG that's like like this is something mm-hmm. like it. Uh, I don't know. It's like sitting down and trying to do uh, like a fine like playing a Final Fantasy game, but you don't yeah, have it's any like trying to play Persona or like yeah. I mean, like I don't have seven thousand hours to throw at every fucking B tier <laughs> anime game that comes out. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, no doubt. Like I played a cream. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I got a on this one. I, I got burned on a yeast game a long time ago. Uh, um, I've, I've never played one. Yeah, what's the one with the guy with the? Oh, that's a different game. I was gonna say the guy with the red coat. That's a tails game. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. What's the difference? Am I right? Yeah, I got uh, I got one of the yeast games and I didn't like it. I got a Star Ocean game and I didn't like it. I got a fucking Tales game and I didn't like it. I can only do the like Final Fantasies of this style. Like, I, I I haven't played a Star Ocean game. In I absolutely like two cannot generations. go. Yeah, man, I love. I cannot go any lower than the absolute top tier. I love yeah. JRPGs. Like I, I JRPGs is the kind of thing. It's just like I'll, I'll play whatever you want to give me. I'll play as long as I can explore town. I'm in. Damn, what's that dinosaur thing? Hold on, I'm buying the game. This is how this bitch got a dinosaur. This is how they're crossing over into uh, the Fuck. Jurassic World Evolution game. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. Um, Go buy it. Alright. We want to hear yeah, a, a, a full walkthrough next like, week. JRPGs don't come out as much as they used to. Like on the PS2, like every other game was JRPG. Uh, well, they don't get localized as much anymore. Um, and now they're so rare that it's like every time there's a J, even if it's like like not that great, I'm so in because I'm like, oh, yes. More JRPGs. Mm-hmm. We don't get enough of these. Like again, man, as long as I can explore a town, like that's like so crucial. Uh, JRPG towns yeah. are like one of my favorite things in video games. For sure. Well, they definitely do a good job of that, like world building and everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I, I, a quick uh, little squeakerino that I heard. I don't. I don't want to like 100% confirm this, and I guess ultimately in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit coming out on PC, Xbox, PS4 for free from Don't Nod. Originally scheduled for the 26th. I heard it's coming out on the 25th. I heard that too. Oh. So I'll confirm it then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're getting it a day early. So like. Not only are they handing out free candy, but like they'll drive it to your door. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't I even have it. to get in their van, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you can. It's an option, but really soon. Yeah, you know. I wouldn't. Um, and as well, three days. Yeah. Whoa. Three days from recording. And as well, they announced, and I, I'm still like, why? But I mean, I, I have one reason why you know they might have not announced it. Mm. Uh, but Life is Strange Two has been announced. Yep. Uh, first episode is going to be in like late September or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, it left me wondering. I was like, why didn't they announce this during E3? And then it's like, well, maybe they didn't want to compete with this. You know what I mean? No. Right. I think, they want, yeah, people they want everybody to get this first. Yeah. I think Captain Spirit's going to be key. Like, I think, like, I think something's going to happen. Like, the boy's going to, like, die of, like, cancer or something. And then you're going to play as a dad. Like, there's some reason that, or, like, the opposite or some shit. Like, there's some reason you have to play Captain Spirit before you can even know what Life is Strange 2 even is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I actually can't wait to play, uh, I can't wait to play yep. this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get over the hipster indie shit, but this, this whole series definitely still has its claws in me. Well, I mean, this right here is like, and I, and I think I said it before when we were watching originally, I'm like, it is literally what, vi- like, the idea of making video games is when you're a kid. Of mm. using your imagination to like its fullest extent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all mm. it, it's all just like 
like a fantasy when you're like eight years old and you're running around. I mean, that's like, it's what, uh, I mean, it's how we got legend of Zelda. You know, he used to just run around, you know, with like probably a bed sheet on and a garbage can as a shield <laughs> and a stick as a sword, like in the woods. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's what it is. So I think it's really cool. And uh, in, in an interesting way, um, into whatever we're going to be getting here soon. Yeah, so. dude, I'm so mm-hmm. on board for this game. Like, uh, watch that trailer. If this was a movie, it would be like mm-hmm. an, an indie, like an indie darling up for an Oscar. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. like it's Michael Sarah's the kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Sarah. He Michael Sarah would be in it somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm so excited for Captain Spirit, and it's free too. Like, we're all going to play at the same time. Like, you know. Oh, yes. Because I think there's going to be like a cool revelation at the end. Like they said, it's going to be around like two hours. I think like it's going to be mm. like a heart, a heart wrenching two hours. I think the end mm. of this game is going to like really pull on you. And so I'm so glad that everyone's going to experience it at the same time before there's a chance for spoilers to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yep. Cool. Yep. It's looking very good. Um, and the next one, for whatever reason, I don't know why you put uh, a, a Twitter link to uh-huh. it. Uh, I figured we'd have a video of some sort, but nope. June 28th, uh, Inside in Limbo coming to Switch. Um, As you can tell from this beautifully written Fumitsu article, yeah. <laughs> it really puts a lot across. Uh, uh, yeah, just the two screenshots. It, this is like, I mean, these are really good, like, I would say art games. Um, they're very atmospheric, very creepy. Um, you know, Limbo is pretty much black and white, and then uh, Inside has a lot higher fidelity. Um, I honestly could not like recommend these enough. I would potentially consider buying them again, even though I already own both on a console and on PC already. <laughs> um, very good series. All right, and then moving on to the 29th, um, we have uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy also making its way to PC, Switch, and Xbox One. Mm. Um, the cool thing about that is, well, it's already out on PS4. You can get the extra free content same day, which it releases yep. free across the board, uh, Future Tense, which is uh, its second little piece of free DLC for the game. Wait, they, what? There's DLC for this game? What is the DLC? Did they make <laughs> new stuff? Just new levels, yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's Did they make skins? Cool. Um like I like I, I look at this these games and I'm like okay it's just gonna be you know the you know Crash Crash Two um, you know it's just gonna be like all the games that we already know and they're just gonna be redone and it's like no these guys are actually doing stuff with it mm-hmm. and the games are so much harder than I remember. That's the thing, man. This like the Crash this Crash remaster makes me so angry. Like. They mm-hmm. had, I know it sold well for them, but this is my least favorite type of, like, rehash. Like, they, this is a remaster, not a remake. They had a chance to modernize those games and make them, like, because Crash 1's fucking awful. Crash 1's a bad video game. <laughs> and, like, it suffers Brutal. from a lot of symptoms of its era. Like, you could easily fix what is wrong of Crash 1 to make mm-hmm. it a better game without sacrificing, like, the soul of the game. Like, they should have just reimagined Crash 1, 2, and 3 instead of just slapping better graphics on it. Like, well, Resident I, Evil... What? Go ahead. Like, you're excited for Resident Evil 2 Remake because it is a reimagining of what, the, what Resident Evil 2 still is. 
Imagine if like the announcement came out and Resident Evil 2 was like it's the exact same game with the shitty controls and the weird camera, but it just like looks super nice now. Like you'd be pissed because like that's not the point of a remake. The point of a remake is to remake it with modern design like isms. Like Well, yeah, to make it the way that you remember it, not the way that it was. Exactly. And so like yeah. I'm so yeah. mad about this crash remaster because they had such a golden opportunity on their hands and they just kind of threw it away. Uh, the Spyro one makes me less mad because I don't really know how you change Spyro. Spyro one is amazing. Like the Spyro games are like super good. So I actually don't really know what there is to fix. So that one's like less egregious to me. Yeah, but like that, that one's one, already kind of modernized. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't have the same like it's. This is definitely a product of its era. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But so. uh, it, it does make me wonder, um, like, why. Like, uh, you know, aside from, like, monetary, like, mm -hmm. why go back and do these games? I mean, they didn't have to go back and do these. But I it makes me wonder yeah. if they're, like, let's let, let, let's do this and, like, kind of testing the water. Exactly. And also, also pleasing the fans. Exactly. People wanted a new Crash game so bad. Activision owns it. And Activision is so, like, by the, by the book's money. And they're like, look, we don't know if... Because... The vocal minority doesn't necessarily make it worth it to make it the game, you know? And yeah. so hmm. I think they were just like, we need to test the waters. We need to see if there's interest for Crash. What is the least expensive way we can bring this back? Oh, just like don't redo the level design or like anything or controls or like game design. Just literally get some artists in here to redo these graphics. That is the cheapest way we can, we can get a Crash game out and test the waters. And it did really well for them. And so I do believe there's a new Crash game in development at Activision right now. And it yeah. probably won't play yeah. like the old ones. It'll probably p play like a 3D platform is supposed to. But, you know, mm. they just, you know, they wanted like a quick a quick and cheap way to see if there was still a market for it. Yeah. So. And that's why I'm not like, I'm not bitter with it. That's why I'm not like, oh, this is, you know, this is garbage. Because I feel like there's like, like I definitely went out and supported this one day one. This was a pre like a pre order game for me because well not only me but uh, mm -hmm. um, Ashley she's also really really big into this game so yeah um, I, I don't know I I I was cool with yeah. I was cool with it but yeah can you toggle like, the graphics on and off while you're playing I wish that'd be sick <laughs> yeah oh, that's another uh, missed opportunity <clears throat> if you're not going to change anything else why not give me the option to flip the graphics back and forth. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah, Halo, you could do it live, right? Yeah. You could just, like, flicker it if you wanted to. Yeah. That would be so hellish. <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, also coming out on the 29th, uh, The Crew 2 from Ubisoft, coming out PC, PS4, Xboner. Um, the open beta for that is live now. I got an email. Yeah, so, it, it's, um, uh, it's live. You can go grab it, I think, on everything. You can go grab it across the board now. Hmm. Um, interesting concept, but, uh, it, it's basically steep, but with racing. Hmm. It just, it, it, yeah. it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah. But it looks I am, I am very in as a concept. I still haven't played the first one. I still do intend to play the first mm. one. The idea of being able to race from Miami to Los Angeles is so cool to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's super cool. Um, oh, I know you can fly, and, and the, you fly from Miami to Los Angeles. I mean, and the idea of being, like, you can swap, just like you can with Steep, you yeah. can swap from snowboard to skis or yeah. snowboard to wingsuit. You can do the same thing um, yeah. here. 
and uh, yeah, yeah. we're watching like uh, like dirt bikes and stuff. Those actually function really well, but what I'm not a fan of is just the way the cars uh, interact with each other. Like I had said before, um, what do you mean? Like when th- there's no contact, there's no real contact. I mean, you can hit a car, but it doesn't feel like you hit a car. It feels like you hit a piece oh. of geometry. Oh, you just kind of bounced off of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really – it's like, man, you went this far. Why not? Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm not saying we need something like a burnout level, but yeah. something. Yeah, yeah really I, cool. I get that. I absolutely get that. So it, it, it takes me out of the experience altogether. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I, I like the – I do like the concept. I love I love um, how Ubisoft is just willing to do weird things. Yeah, you, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're just like you know, this is a racing game. You know, like that's just like mm. that's. I know they did the Crew One, but like before that, like did Ubisoft ever make a racing game? Like that just like the Crew One felt out left field, and I was like, yeah, cool. Keep doing weird shit, guys. I love it. Like keep exploring new genres. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's like super important for that for that company. Like, mm-hmm. not everyone, I, you know, I don't like that from everyone, but right. for them, man, they have so much stuff under their like umbrella mm-hmm. now. It's so interesting, and I just want them to keep pushing weird stuff, even if I don't like it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like P- Prince of Persia. What? Like, I don't even need you. Like, I feel like <laughs> with EA and stuff. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Prince of Persia two thousand nine two now. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm saying like i don't need it like it'd be dope if we got another one but like if ea i feel like every year for e3 we sit here and we're like oh what what franchises ea bring back oh like command and conquer would be cool if they brought that back because like ea just Wrong. doesn't make enough new franchises we're like we're confident they can make new good ones but if ubisoft mm. it's like every year like this is the first year in a long time where there hasn't been just a weird new ip at the mm. end of their you know their press conference or something and so, like, yeah, like, I'm so confident that, like, Ubisoft just makes new IPs, like, all the time. And so even if we – I know a lot of people want Prince Persia, a lot of people want Splinter Cell. Even if they never brought those back, like, I have no concerns about that uh, – about, you know, Ubisoft games because they're just going to keep making cool new stuff. Yeah. And, right. And, and Ubisoft does definitely have, like, a bar that, like, they usually clear the bar of quality. Yeah. Um. With a few exceptions. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, the biggest complaint you can leverage against Ubisoft, which is very true, is even though their games span multiple genres, there's a definitely a, a Ubisoft type of game. Like, they become, they, they tend to become very, like, uh, very just, like, you know, monotonous at some point. Like, all their games, like, mm-hmm. after you hit the 20-hour mark, just kind of become a grind. Which they've it's, gotten... They're sort of the same game at that yeah, point, too. <laughs> which they've gotten better at. They've gotten way better at, like, diversifying and, like, not letting their games become that. So... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the last game wrapping out our list and the 29th here uh, is Wolfenstein 2 New Colossus coming to the Switch. Which is uh, which is pretty Hell cool. Oh yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, getting all of that uh, uh, support over there on the Switch. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am amazed that they found a way to make that game run on the Switch. Yeah, the, yeah. like the Switch has, like, it, it's, it's a really powerful... Uh, it's a really powerful little system, and mm-hmm. it's it's actually quite comfortable for me. Like I find it quite comfortable to play at, uh, play on for like an extended period of time. Like it's my it it right now. It's not really like my living room system. It's not the system that I like play on my TV, but it's the thing mm-hmm. that I play. Uh, you know, 
while I might not be able to play my PS4 every day, I definitely yeah. before I go to sleep pop in like pop into something on the Switch. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it's it's super cool to see all of these games like to know that I can sit down for a half an hour and play um, Wolfenstein 2. That's awesome. I really wish Nintendo leaned more on puns for Switch marketing. Yep. <laughs> I like that uh, Pete Hines specifically said they wanted to put Wolfenstein 2 on Switch because they wanted to be able to kill Nazis on every platform. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Wonderful, yeah. Um, uh, all right. Cool. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps out our... Uh, Wraps out our games releasing uh, between June 18th and July 1st. If there is something that we missed, please hit us up over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. Um, and let us know. We'll probably pop it into next week's show like we usually do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one uh, one of the major things going on. We don't always have something in the like deals section, but uh, of course the Steam Summer Sale is going hard right into my wallet. Hard and fast. Hard, firm, angry. Uh, it's been really brutal. Do we have anything huge? Um, I, I... Um, yeah, so I did want to... Uh, we kind of linked to this uh, Games Radar article here. Um, Nino Kuni 2 for $35.99 is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest stuff, uh, like Rocket League for 10 bucks, if you somehow didn't get that for free. Uh, the Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, uh, 67% off. Halo Wars Definitive is pretty... Uh, New Vegas is three twenty nine. <laughs> Uh, that's spicy. Um, they also have like Stardew Valley for twelve, Complete Edition Neo for thirty dollars, Prey for fifteen is really good, um, Civ Six for twenty four is really good, Darkest Dungeon Complete Edition for twenty two thirty four, um, Fallout Four Game of the Year for thirty, Witcher Three Game of the Year for twenty. Um, it's pretty good stuff. GTA Five for under twenty, uh, Stardew Valley mm -hmm. for twelve bucks. A yep. lot of good stuff. Um, yep. So yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, basically, just go in and scroll. Like, I got an email that was like, 15 of the games on your wish list are on sale." Yep. I was like, "Fuck!" I got that same email. Bastards. And PlayStation's having a huge flash sale for E3 related stuff mm -hmm. too. So, like, a yep. bunch. A of lot of a lot of people are having E3 yeah. sales still. Uh, Psychonauts is three dollars right now. If you don't own it, go buy it. Yeah, for real. Let me uh, let me grab up a. Like some sort of article about that. There we go. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a lot. I mean, Gog has a sale going on. Humble's got sales going on. Um, it's that time. Speaking of, I, I I think I'll I think I'll forego that and we'll just keep chugging right along. Um, okay. Under our demos and freebies section, if you head over to uh, humblebundle.com, you can pick up a Shadow Run Returns for free. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, that's only for the rest of the day today. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, it's going to wrap out. So, it's going to pretty much wrap out uh, and be done by early, like tomorrow. Um, right. So I guess if you watch this. If you're listening live, you got yeah, it. Yeah, you got it. That's, that's your reward. <laughs> you're, this, is what, this is what you waited. What, what you waited yep. for. Um, yep. And it, I think it is funny because we were talking the other day. It's like, like I was talking to you. You're like, what do you have installed? What games do you have? We were talking about Shadowrun just the other day. And then, well, you know, what do you know? One of the Shadowruns. Uh, kind of pops up yep. for, for for free, yep. so you know, good timing. It's a good grab. Plus, it's the deluxe edition. Yeah, good deal. 
Cool. And All right, so we'll, we'll go ahead and jump right in. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I teased it. Uh, the Westworld mobile game, which uh, I guess the official release was on the 20th, uh, the night of the 20th. Um, they're being sued by Bethesda already. Already? Whoa, really? Uh, nailed it. So this company, I, I believe they're called, uh, is it Behavior? Um, is the uh, developer? Um, yeah, Behavior, Behavior Interactive. Interactive. Yep. Uh, Behavior Interactive did work on Fallout Shelter with Bethesda. And Bethesda said that they believe that this company used code for Fallout Shelter to make Westworld. And part of their proof is that there's a bug in Westworld that was present in early builds of Fallout Shelter. Whoa. Um, so they, you know, Bethesda is a little too happy. I think that's just uh, the parent company, um, you know, ZeniMax Media. I think they're just trying to defend their brand. And, you know, sure. if you right. don't right. defend a brand, then in the future people can say, well, they didn't care about that one, so I should be allowed to do it too. Right, right. That's so, right. I mean, they're really edgy with like the name scrolls. You can't use scrolls in anything. Or that is ridiculous. That's, yeah. Yeah. But they have to, sort of. Um, no. Because then something like this could happen where somebody literally stole code and then, um, you know, like, if you didn't defend your brand before, you can't now. I mean, stealing code is different than someone using a very common name, like a very common word in the English language in the title, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I, um, I, I see where you're coming from, though. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I would be like, flattered that somebody's copying my style it's not like anybody was playing fallout shelter and they're gonna quit and go play right westworld <laughs> and delete fallout shelter i still think fallout shelter is a better game yeah. no i mean this makes um, sense so if there's actually evidence that the same code is used they're absolutely in the rights to um, i mean to even sleep. if it's the same company that's already suspicious enough yeah yeah like i wouldn't be happy for that company making a similar like so if you know if you're working with id uh, if you know if Avalanche and ID work together to make Rage Two, and then the next game Avalanche makes is like Enraged, like I'd be <laughs> I'd be very fucking suspicious. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah. but if it's a first person shooter, like Avalanche is not like Avalanche can never make an open world first person shooter just because they worked with ID. And we'll have to we'll have to see what Bethesda says about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't uh, break away. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like it's weird territory. I think they're going to win this one because of how blatant it is, yeah. but they. They do some lawsuits that they know they're going to lose just yeah. because they, they just want to defend it. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I, the, the, the quote is blatant ripoff of Fallout Shelter. <laughs> that's, right. That's that's a good quote. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't look like the art style is definitely different, but that's not what we're talking about here. So, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one shakes out, what happens. Yeah. Cool. Um, and... Yeah, you can go. Oh, that one's hot, man. That one's all this is extremely new. All right, so go ahead and jump on Steam if you don't have Jurassic World Evolution already. Uh, get it, and then also they just released a free uh, DLC update, um, the Fallen Kingdom uh, dinosaur update. So they actually did a lot. So um, in the game, a dig site could have multiple different types of dinosaurs, fossils, or sometimes just one. Um, so the game adds three new dig sites. Um, which has new database entries and things like that. Um, so you get uh, several new dinosaurs. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Looks like six new dinosaurs. Um, so, you know, they refer, uh, you know, there's a couple, yeah, two new herbivores. 
uh, that each have a different type of environment that they like to live in. Uh, there's three new carnivores. What the fuck's the other one? Um, oh, the Indoraptor from the movie. Um, so they say, like, if you don't already know what that is, you will when you get into it. Um, so they added the three three new dig sites. Uh, they added new character bios that you can unlock that reference characters from the movie. And then um, they, they just have various uh, bug fixes. Um, new things you can put logos on. Helicopters that do pathing better. Things like that. Yeah, it's kind of nice that they're already, like, kicking out some free... Like, they were obviously already working on some other, uh, like, cool characters and dig sites and stuff. Um, mm. like toward the end, so they already had it like planned out. Like, let's just kick right. this stuff out for free. Mm. So that's nice, mm. definitely nice. Uh, speaking about pe- speaking about um, people who don't want to kick things out for free, uh, yep. or at all. Um, Octopath Traveler they went on to say that the game won't receive DLC because it's a fully finished product. Um, Damn, that was like hot shots fired. That is a straight up like mic drop scenario. <laughs> it's like, well, we yeah. don't have to do that because you guys are fucking noobs. Drop, yeah. like, yeah, super cool. Um, For real, and, and uh, I get, I, I get it. Like after playing just even the demo, like mm-hmm. I could see where like how this game will like tie up with all of the characters. Yeah, and then yeah. when it's done, I, I like I, I'm gonna like that feeling of it being done. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, this I think Octopath is shaping up to be really good. Um, I still haven't gotten into the demo yet, but it's definitely it's definitely on my list. Um, so yeah, uh, the uh, we we mentioned this before. Um, the World Health Organization was thinking about making gaming addiction uh, like an official uh, officially listed uh, disorder. Oh yeah. Um, they went ahead and said, okay, yeah, we are going to do that. So um, I think this continues with like. Um, my initial impression was, uh, you know, basically they're, they're kind of talking about what they, what they mean by a disease or a disorder or whatever. Um, I think this is probably a good idea because certainly I think most gamers know a story of someone who got addicted to a game or, you know, people have heard like folk tales of like, you know, the parents in South Korea that let their kid die because they were at the, the you know, internet cafe all day, or the guy that dropped out of college because he, all he could do was play World of Warcraft. Um, or the person who spent, like, uh, like a ton of money on Candy Crush because they couldn't stop playing that. Right. They, like, they were late on their rent because they kept playing Candy Crush. Like, um, you know, the, uh, the, like, gaming industry has been really heavily pushing back on this. And they're like, Dude, it's just a hobby. It's just something you do for fun. It's like, okay, yeah, that's definitely true. Like, games are a form of entertainment. And you don't really hear about people that are addicted to movies. Like, that just doesn't happen. Um, but, like, you can be addicted to, like, eating rocks. You can be, uh, you know, like, it doesn't mean it's evil. Like, it just means, like, certain people need help. Yeah. And I think... I don't know, like, basically all it means for something to be officially recognized by the World Health Organization is that they're going to put out a list of symptoms, and they're going to put out a list of treatments. Yeah. So, if you don't have the systems, you don't need help. If you do, then here's what we can do to fix it. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. The only thing that concerns um, the game me about this... The industry's been really freaked about it. So, the only thing that concerns me about this is I feel like this gives the U.S. government ammo to regulate it. Yeah. 
Like, the U.S. government doesn't really, like, regulate shit compared to what they could. I know, but, like, so they want to. Like, I mean, remember, like, when they were trying to use games as a scape code for school shootings? And Do you guys see that, like, awfully edited video that the official yeah. White House YouTube channel yeah. put out? Yeah. Just was, like, a compilation of murder in video games? Like, I think... The, uh, the, like, airport scene from Call of Duty. Yeah. Like, all... Thanks a lot, guys. Government is still made up of really old motherfuckers. And really old motherfuckers hate video games. And they love Candy Crush. Think of anything else you can be <laughs> play it in their off time. Think of anything else you yeah. can be addicted to: drugs, gambling, like alcohol, all heavily regulated. Mm. Some places you can't even well, do those. That like you can't even do those things. You can't do them after a certain hour. Like I really yeah, don't want to get true. to the point where games are regulated on like when I can buy them or like how long I can play them or like any kind of shit like that. And I could absolutely <laughs> see it happening because old motherfuckers love to scapegoat shit. You know what I mean? I mean, if you look at, I mean, Australia is a good example. Australia is so afraid of drug use, which, by the way, all of your people are drug addicts. It's fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're so afraid of drug use that they, like, they they censor games or they just don't allow games to come out all the time. I mean, there's, like, a ton of yeah. news stories about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, like, I don't see why that Steam has had some major issues with Australia. Yeah, and there's no reason why that couldn't happen here. Like, all the censorship yeah. stuff in Australia, that could easily happen in America. But I think, like, recognizing it as a disease just gives ammo for the people who want to do that shit. So that's the only thing that worries me. Obviously, like, if you need help, like, it's good to, like, have resources so you right. can get help. But I don't know that recognizing a disease is actually going to, like, stop anyone from doing that shit anyway. You know what I mean? Like, right. Oh, no, I, absolutely not. I mean, so I don't think really all it is is that um, a psychologist basically can't... Uh, well, they're they're just less reliable if they say, "Oh, well, you can't be addicted to video games." Right. It, it, they realistically they can't say that because you're allowed to have a difference of opinion. Right. But uh, if they say that, it just sort of means they're wrong. Like yeah. Um, sort of like how uh, like I've been watching on Hulu. They recently added the uh, um, Ellen Page like gay culture show. Uh, it's called Gay Cation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I've been watching the fuck out of that. I'm loving it. And uh, good, it's, yeah. it's, it is really interesting where, like, they'll talk to people sometimes and the person says, well, you know, I don't really have a problem with gay people, but I think it's a mental condition. And it's like, maybe it is, but, like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it's, it, and it's, it's kind of interesting, like, they, like, she'll say, you know, that's really insulting or whatever. And it's like, if I'm doing something weird or, like, uh, I've definitely got some, like, autistic tendencies and if somebody's like, hey, I think you have some kind of disorder that's causing that, I'd be like, dope, what do we do about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't see it as a negative at all. Like, if you use that to hurt people, then it's definitely a negative. Right. Um, you know, if you say like, okay, so it's possible to be addicted to a game, which of course you can be addicted to anything, uh, then therefore games must be dangerous and we're going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. I think that... Anybody who really wants to censor or control video games is not going to be slowed down or sped up by the World Health Organization. Um, like, it does, it, I, I agree that it could potentially add some legitimacy, mm -hmm. but that's to, like, moms against drunk driving. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, like if something is going to be a problem, it's going to be a problem. It doesn't really matter what you call it. And yeah, I suppose. the only thing you can do is like, are we going to do something about it or not? 
And I, realistically, I don't even think this is going to do anything about gaming addiction because games are literally designed to be addictive. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Um, like, every game is just a massive Skinner box. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it is it is one of those things that's like, uh, functionally, they're not doing anything. Like, this news report basically, is, like, they basically released a statement that said, I can breathe. <laughs> like, clearly... Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think this is really going to have any effect whatsoever on anything positive or negative, but it's like, okay, cool. Um, I guess we can maybe do something. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to help or hurt anything. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. interesting development though. It's interesting that, uh, you know, someone spent the yep. time to debate this at the national people in uh, Belgium or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in Denmark was like this, something bad could happen. Right. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> sure cool cool uh rolling right along um the next thing was actually yeah something you threw up there but uh take two uh doesn't think that single players are single player games are oh, yeah. uh going away which um cool. rightfully so says maker of largest video game or entertainment franchise ever <laughs> yeah i mean rightfully so yeah. they have a massive uh single player game dropping october 26th so, mm-hmm. uh, cool. you know, they have Red Dead, so. It's still good for them to say this because I think, like, I kind of had this concern, and I think some other people do too, with the, with the success of Red Dead on, of GTA Online, like, it does kind of raise the question, like, well, is single player still going to be the focus going forward for, uh, for Grand Theft Auto? And I think this is just mm-hmm. them kind of reaffirming that, like, it is still just as important to them as it always was despite the fact that their online component is the most successful part of the game now. Yeah. Right. And it, like, it seems like in the future, if fans wanted an all online GTA, they could just do that. And then if different fans wanted an, a single player GTA, they can just do that too. Yeah, like, that, I mean, um, that's kind of the direction they went with five, like five. If you've played right. the main story of five and you've like played through the whole thing, it is a fucking fantastic single player game. Yeah, but that's the reason it's not Grand Theft Auto Five Online. It's the reason it's Grand Theft Auto Online because I think that game is going to continue to stick around, uh, even you know, of course, after you're done with GTA Five, but even throughout moving into Red Dead Redemption Two, you know, moving yeah. into whatever they have planned after that, I still think GTA Online is going to be there. So you think when GTA yeah, there's a good out, the GTA Online is going to like your progress is going to carry over. I think that's how they're kind of selling. Yeah, it. I, I don't. I think not only is your progress going to carry over, um, like by that time they might have created uh, like a separate thing for people who just mm-hmm. want the online, just to prep them oh, for yeah. all of that. And it could be cheaper. I could see it dropping for like uh, like thirty bucks or you know yeah, forty yeah, bucks like 30 or something bucks like that. If you just want to buy GTA Online. Yeah, yeah, and then sure. when the new game comes out, you can pay an extra like twenty or thirty bucks to get the you know access to that world or whatever. Um, yeah. Or you could just buy the freaking game and just transfer your character from the other one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's a really good um, yeah, there's a really good line in here where they're they're talking about single player games, and the uh, GamesBeat journalist says, you know, with Call of Duty, I was motivated. I was motivated by the campaign. Damn, I'm fucking every word up there. I do that all the time. Motivated by the campaign to go play six months of multiplayer. Whoa. So, like, they play the campaign, and then they play this game with their friends for half a year. You know what I mean? 
And uh, the CEO of uh, Take-Two said, yeah, I think that's what happened with Grand Theft Auto Online. We certainly feel like there's no evidence that people don't want single player because they're s still playing Grand Theft Auto Five. And then they say, uh, GamesBeat says, do you think some other motivation will eventually kick in? Your friends are all playing, so you join in, and then that game just keeps going forever. And he says, for sure, it's a must-have title for a generation if you're a mature player. You get that, you get the machine, and then how can you not have Grand Theft Auto? It's a social phenomenon. So, right. you know, he's kind of saying, like, you know, there is the game by itself. Like, one person goes and plays Grand Theft Auto Five, and they're like, oh, dude, that was really totally cool. I'm going to get my friends into this. Right. And then maybe the friends do play the campaign. Maybe they don't. It, yeah. it doesn't really matter at that point. Like, the point of the campaign has succeeded. And, you know, it's kind of like how um, TV shows really just exist so that you'll watch something that they can feed you a commercial in. Sure. And it's, like, yeah. disgusting to think of it that way, but that's sort of what single-player games are. And that's what I'm here for. Like, I yeah. love TV. I'll go buy the DVD box set so I never have to see a commercial again in my damn life. <laughs> um, like, I'll be that girl outside the church that, like, scoops her eyeballs out. If I have to see another fucking commercial, like <laughs> Hulu is really getting to me. I think I'm going to buy the commercial free pack. Wow. Uh, it's really heavy. Yeah. I hate commercials. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, so see, I'm on the, I'm on the other side. Like I don't mind commercials, uh, like depending on what they are, because some of, them are, some of them are like well-made and they're, they're just like, I don't know. They're, 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 they're interesting. But with that being said, I skip every single one of them until I see something funny. If I ever hear my dad say anything about Jake from State Farm again, I'm going to punch him in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're feeling it, make sure you get that camera up and ready. Yeah, for like, sure. If I feel one coming. Yes. If, he, if anybody says anything about khakis, I'll start filming. Like, like start to set him up. Start filming him and start to set it up. <laughs> and be like, Dad, I, I just bought these two khakis. What do you think? And he's like, khakis? What the fuck are you talking about? And then you could like edit this video up of like fourteen fails, and then you finally succeed and just crack him in the fourteen throat. times. I almost convinced my dad to commit suicide on camera. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. All right, and la well, last but not least, kind of for our uh, weekly news, we have a like an alternate section kind of after this. Um, that's the majority of this section, but. Uh, Today, Pokemon, uh, well, actually, it was yesterday, Pokemon Go released the trading friend code and gifting features for their mobile game, um, hmm. which is pretty cool. I haven't actually worked with trading yet. Um, I've added a few people, and then uh, a few of my friends have already sent me gifts, which is kind of cool. I got uh, one of those 7K yeah. eggs for an, uh, an Alolan Pokemon um, that hmm. I have to set up, but... Uh, I haven't worked on, I haven't done any of the trading yet, so I have no idea what that's about. But it rolled out really yeah. slow. Um, it went from uh, originally had to be like 36 or 38 to 40, and then it just kept working its way down until it got to 30, and then it just stopped. And then mm -hmm. it was probably like 12 or like 15 hours uh, after they're like, okay, from level five till max level, everyone has the ability to add friends and do all that. So, mm -hmm. um, pretty interesting. If you're still playing Pokemon Go and are amped up for Pokemon Let's Go, I guess. Yeah. If not, that's, that's cool, too. 
All right. Let's get to uh, kind of the point of the podcast here. Uh, we have Drake on. He was at uh, E3 2018, walking around the show floor, uh, playing games and checking stuff out. So uh, we're just kind of here to hear the stories and talk about what you saw. So you can go cool. ahead and take it away. Start wherever you want, man. Okay, great. So I'd like to preface this by saying uh, I am not in games media, games journalism per se. Uh, so I did not go with a media badge. I did not go as a reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, thus, I didn't see anything behind closed doors. I didn't get any interviews, no appointments, anything like that. Uh, I got in with an industry badge. Um, I work for a small independent studio uh, uh, in Florida, part-time kind of. Um, so they don't, they don't pay me or anything. I just kind of work there. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I do stuff for them. But it, it gets me an industry badge. And um, uh, it's kind of – so I, I guess I'm kind of uh, a perpetual internship. It's more of just like it's a startup company and like we're all just doing it just to – just to work and make games, and then you know, get uh, get some stuff uh, on our resumes and stuff like that. We actually do, we actually do release games. So you know, we we are an official games company that's incorporated and releases games. So that got me a uh, mm. got me an industry badge. Um, Very nice. That's awesome. I'm going to also say that uh, let me cover this part first because uh, if your viewers from last year remember, I had a major issue with the way the show was run because last year was mm. the first year they let in the public. This year, right. they also let the public in, but the it was much smoother. Like, they definitely got a okay. lot of things fixed. Uh, uh, they did – I don't imagine they specifically watched the podcast I was on where I was talking about this, but they did fix pretty much everything I said they should fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I heard that. That's funny. There are uh, industry hours now. At the, the first two days, the first three hours of the first two days are industry only. So mm-hmm. six – hours of industry hours is great you go in the lines are super short like it's easy to walk through the halls um it's easier to network and stuff like i was in line people was working on spider-man and stuff like that so i could talk to them about like um you know or getting uh you know what it's like to work there and getting their business cards you know potentially like networking so i can find a job or whatever and so uh, it was it was great. It was kind of like you know what E3 used to be like just all the time. Uh, yeah. Then even when they did let the public in, they did a lot of things this year to really help speed up the lines. The booths mm-hmm. are farther apart from each other now. They used more of the floor space, so like it's easier to walk through the halls. Um, they uh, uh, people in general bought brought shorter demos. Uh, that either had like a time limit on them or like a death counter. So uh, usually time limit. Usually they're just like, look, you have 15 minutes of the game, whatever you can do in 15 minutes, like you're good. So like that helped. They People brought more stations, uh, especially if they knew a game was going to be very popular. They made sure that there was like ample stations to get people in and out as quickly as possible. So in nice. general, the show ran way better. That's not to say that there still okay. weren't problems. Um, mm. I heard that there was a major issue with um, regular people, like uh, regular. Uh, I'm going to call, like them, call them blue badges because they're bad gamer pass holders. Badges are blue. There was a really mm. bad bad problem with blue badges going up to the media room, which is on the the media hall, which is on the second floor. If you are not press or an exhibitor. There is no reason to go to the second floor. There is absolutely nothing up there for you. But what a lot of people try to do is they try to like like peek into windows and stuff to watch behind closed door demos and like 
when game developers would come out of these rooms, people would like rush them and like mob them, asking for like uh, autographs and shit. Like Damn. really, really just shithead behavior. Um, right. Wow. And the unfortunate part about this is the way to fix this is just make sure like you have to like check in before you can go to the second floor. Like you're gonna have to show your badge and like see if you have an appointment up there or whatever it is. The problem with that, like, so more security. The problem with that is we had more security this year and it made it a fucking headache for everyone. Like, this is the first year where you can't bring a book bag in. Like, you can bring a bag if it's smaller than, like, 12 inches or whatever. But it's like, last year I packed snacks, I packed water, I packed charging <laughs> cables, I, ch I, I packed resumes, I packed, like, notebooks and stuff so I could take notes about things and stuff. And, like... Technically, I guess I could still do that, but like it just like I have if I can fit it all into a much smaller bag, it just kind of became the point where like I don't even want to like I don't know if this bag is too big or too small. I don't want to have to bring it down to down to the convention center, then they not let me in with it and stuff. And so there was a right. lot more security and just kind of made it a headache for everyone. There were stories about people who weren't explicitly exhibitors, like they didn't have an exhibitor badge, but they were just like indie devs who like wanted to take a laptop in to like show their game off to some people and stuff and they could which in the past years was totally fine like you just brought in a laptop with ability your game and like there either be places where you could set it up or like maybe you had like an unofficial meeting with like a journalist like let's say like mammoth games goes next year and you guys have an interview of session and session doesn't have a booth at e3 but they brought a build of their game for you guys to play at e3 just at the convention hall but like they don't have a booth. If you're not, a, if you don't have a booth, you're not technically an exhibitor. But like, so situations like that arise. But they could literally would not let developers bring laptops in because laptops could not fit in a bag that was small enough to uh, to meet the requirements. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, there are literally what, people like developers trying to demo their game like outside in like the hot LA sun <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Like it, it 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 caused a lot of unnecessary problems for people. But they just have to be way stricter about um, – they just have to be way st more strict about like security and stuff. And so they're just going to have to keep upping security and that's just going to make things harder and harder for people trying to get to their appointments and stuff. So there are still a lot of growing pains and maybe there's a solution to make everyone happy. But like there's a lot of growing pains that go along with this and they're still not totally there. But it was much better this mm -hmm. year. Um, yeah, that's good. Definitely. Before yeah. E3 started, though, I got to talk about EA Play. EA did EA Play again this year, which is technically not part of E3. Technically, mm -hmm. this is a separate event um, uh, that it takes place in Hollywood, not in downtown LA. Uh, it takes place at the Hollywood Palladium uh, for the second year in a row. Uh, it's a big uh, kind of festival for EA games. Um, it wraps up before E3, so it works really nice. Because Microsoft did something similar this year, but they fucked up by making it the same days as E3. And I'll get into mm -hmm. why that didn't exactly work later. But um, this is the three days prior to E3. After their press conference on Saturday, you can go. It's totally free to go in. Uh, this year, you can make appointments to play games uh, so you didn't have to like wait in super mm -hmm. long lines. Like They had a, a regular line for the games, and they had an appointment line. And that helps speed things along, too. But to get into the nice. event, you still have to wait. Pro tip for anyone considering going, you have two options, and there's a pro and con for each option. If you try to go on Saturday, you're probably going to wait about three hours to get into the event. Uh, that's just how many people go on Saturday. Everyone tries to go on Saturday. 
If you go on Sunday or Monday, there's almost no one there. So you can literally just walk in and like the lines to play <laughs> games are way shorter too. But on Monday, this is the second year in a row where they've had a surprise musical act. So mm. last year, uh, hip hop legend Nas came to perform. This year, it was even crazier. And I didn't get to see this live because I didn't go on Monday because I had an appointment on Saturday. And I thought like, I'll just go Saturday. There'll be less people. Because I checked their, I checked their app, I checked the itinerary, and there were some musical guests booked, but I didn't know any of them. This year, though, their surprise musical guest that came on Saturday was Migos. Migos, one of the biggest hip hop acts in the world right now, did a free show at EA Play. Like they didn't phone it in either. It's not like they got up there, did three songs, and left. They did a full forty-minute set. Crazy! I'm so mad that I missed a free Migos show, um, and like they did it around like s- they did it around like eight o'clock, and no one knew they were coming. So actually, most people had left by then. If I had known Migos was showing up, I probably still could have gone like right before the show and gotten in without waiting too too long. But because most people had left, and no one, they didn't say Migos was gonna be performing. They performed for a crowd of like six hundred people. <laughs> like, that's that's like a small... private show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. basically man. You could have been like right up in front there. That's so insane to me that I guess they didn't advertise it because I guess they didn't want people coming just for Migos. Right, right. But that's definitely what happened, yeah. If you advertise there's a free Migos show in downtown Hollywood, like you're getting riots, you know what I mean? Like there would be a riot in the street for people trying to get in to see that show. So I guess they just didn't want like a stampede. So I guess that's why. But like no in the future – this is the second year in the row they've done this. I think this is just going to be a thing, and the musical artist has gotten bigger every year. So I think next year, mm. count on it, Saturday night, there's going to be another huge guest. Count on it. But you're going to have to wait a lot longer nice. to get in line. Easy. So, um, the event... What would you do if it was Kanye? What now? What would you do if it was Kanye? If I miss Kanye or if it's Kanye next year? Either. Um, I, I mean, cry first, uh, and then... Either way, uh, yeah. whether you made it or not. Either way, I'm crying. Uh, but, uh, I'm a huge Kanye West fan. Yeah. Like if it's Kanye next year, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go crazy. Uh, if I miss Kanye, I'm just, you know, you're never going to hear from me again. I'm just gonna be too sad. I'm going to take a vow of silence and move to Tibet. Um, but, you're off the podcast. <laughs> what, no? I'm not, I'm not doing it. Cut his mic. Go on. <laughs> I come on the podcast, but I don't say anything. Yeah. 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 Correct. <laughs> um, you're just like but, typing, can't you hear me? And you're just sitting over there just. Can you hear me? Not saying anything. Can you hear? Yeah. So, um, but the show itself was cool. I went with a couple friends. Uh, It was even bigger this year. Uh, They had like more space for people to walk around and stuff. Um, They brought to the show. They brought uh, Battlefront Two. They brought with the new Han Solo DLC. They brought Battlefield Five. They brought Unravel Two. there's a couple other like smaller mobile game things, but I'm just gonna like name their like big their big tentpole stuff. Obviously, all their sports yeah. things. Um, Anthem was not playable; it was a theater demo, which really made me That's mad fucked. because when I signed up for the demo, I thought I was gonna be playing it, and I walk into a theater being like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. you motherfuckers!" Um, so uh, and then um, uh, Command and Conquer, the mobile game, which is actually like, <clears throat> I, I I hate to say this, it's pretty fun. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I looked me at s- it. I, I could see how it would be fun. Yeah. I pain, like, it pains me to say it, but it was pretty fun. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, so I played Battlefield Five, which I'm not really big into Battlefield, so I don't know if I'm the best mm-hmm. metric for this, but uh, it, I had a good time with it. Uh, Battlefield isn't really my type of game. Um, I'm not a big multiplayer guy in general, but I if I am going to play a multiplayer thing, I usually prefer like the more fast-paced style of like something like a Call of Duty as opposed to something like Battlefield. But I do think that they're making an effort to try and speed up the gameplay this time around. Um, okay. it, 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 uh, one thing that's a really nice addition is uh, they really emphasize squad spawning, mm-hmm. which really does speed up the amount of time it takes to get back into the game. Um, and uh, sure. I got to play their uh, Grand Operations. Uh, it's a pretty cool idea. It's very similar to Call of Duty's War Mode, with, if anyone's been familiar with that. It's uh, kind of like kind of trying to like simulate a real battle like instead of just doing rounds of like a team deathmatch or something there's actually like there's an objective and it's not just like an objective like capture the flag like the objective is very much related to the battle that you're doing so and the objective changes depending on what section of the mat like section of the match you're in so this one starts off the british parachute down uh from planes and they're trying to destroy uh aa guns um and then which makes sense like the British are flying in planes and parachuting down, and like realistically, you would want to eliminate the AA guns in order to, um, in order to uh, make it easier to fly in troops. So sure. you have a uh, the way this is done is uh, the British win if they destroy all the AA guns, and the Germans win if they get enough kills to push to the next day. So the British start off; they can have like six, like. There's 64 players, so there might be 120 deaths. Once the Germans hit 120 kills, it moves on to the next day. So depending on how many AA guns, or if the British take out all the AA guns, they move to the next day. So depending on how many AA guns the British can take out determines how many death tickets they get for the next day. And so in the next day, like if you did well, you can have, you have like more deaths that you can account for if you did if you didn't do as well, then like it's going to be harder for you because the next objective is uh, – so now the way this is going is now that the AA guns are down and you can move troops in, the next objective would logically be to take the major points of the city because you're trying to take back the city from the Germans. So as the British, you're trying to capture these points and as the Germans, you're trying to defend the points. And actually, it's a pretty good system that works pretty well. Um, it makes for, I think, more interesting multiplayer matches than just like, just like a team deathmatch. Um, war was definitely the best mode in the newest Call of Duty, and I think this is kind of their answer to war. I know they had operations in the previous Battlefield, and so Grand Operations is kind of just like bumping it up to like be more like multi-tiered and stuff like that. So, uh, if you're into Battlefield, I think this is definitely a, a, like a step up from Battlefield 1. If you're not mm. super into Battlefield, again, it's, I don't really know if this is going to change your mind. But it's definitely, I think, a step in the right direction for them. Uh, I mean, they also, I think it looks really fun, though. Like, yeah. like just like it definitely, you know, it, it's awesome that, uh, yeah. that you got to check it all out and everything, yeah. and like hearing the firsthand experience about like what it's yeah. all about. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I really wasn't into one, so I, you know, I do question that. Like, you know, even though I really wasn't into one, this does look cool. But yeah, and, I didn't is like it going to be like long? Either. Is it going to be longevity? Like, I prefer actually the um, Battlefield over uh, Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't really like Battlefield 1 either. Um, I didn't play any of the other ones. Uh, I definitely think this is better than 1, though. So, I mean, you, you might keep a close eye on this for sure. The other thing that they added um, is the ability to build stuff. So you can, like, press down the D-pad or up on the D-pad, I don't remember, pull out a hammer, and then there's certain sections that you can, like, build up sandbags and stuff. Um, it's not like, like Fortnite where you can build oh. anywhere. Like, there's definitely spe very specific things that you can only build in certain areas. Uh, it's useful to a moderate degree. Um, I think I'd like to see how they push this. I think it's, uh, it's, it's... It's definitely like you can see where it might be useful, but sometimes it's just not worth the time it takes to build stuff. So I think they could probably do better by like speeding up how quickly it takes to build things because um, it can take a little bit for a while. So if you're trying – if you're Germans, you're trying to like really bunker down in your like – in the like spots that you know the, the British have to take over, I think it definitely could help out. But if you're in the heat of battle, like you do not have time to sit there and build something. So, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, so I can't... that's cool. I didn't even know that feature existed. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, so, I don't think they even highlight that at all in any of the stuff that we've seen. Yeah, they definitely should have made a bigger deal about it because it is definitely the biggest addition, I think, to like changing the way the gameplay works in, in Battlefield. So, like, what's the, like, different... Like, you, you said sandbags. I mean, can you, like... Um, like put up like boards over like windows or doors yeah. or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So when you when That's you when you take the hammer out when you when you pull up the hammer, uh, things all everything you can build will be silhouetted. So you know exactly what you're going to build before you build it. And you go up to it. You can build sandbags. You can board up windows. Uh, you can build turrets. Some places you can build turrets. Other places oh, wow. you can build barbed wire. And then you can also build up tank blockers. So you can like build giant like stone blocks that will like block tank routes and stuff and tank uh, blockers this is actually, that's, cool. that's huge wow. yeah that yeah. one's probably the biggest like tactical advantage like like being able to if you can plan out like where you want because it's double it's it's a double-edged sword like if you if you put up a tank blocker that also means you can't get your tank through there either and both sides have tanks so sure. figuring out what parts that you want to block off and what parts you want to leave open is definitely a strategy uh, it definitely encourages more like teamwork and stuff. Um, but uh, it, the other nice thing is everything you build can be blown up. So if uh, if you build up, you know, those tank blockers, but someone has like an RPG and they fire it, well, like now that tank blocker is destroyed again, you can just move the tank through. But you can always rebuild it too. So it's not like once you build it, it blows up, it's gone. You can keep rebuilding it. So um, I, and then I it's, guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was gonna. I was. I was actually just gonna ask, like, how does uh, destruction feel? I know destruction is, um, but like, it, it it was always a thing that was yeah. like really loved from previous battlefields, and then it kind of wasn't as big of a thing. But now so, it looks like you get a lot of building destruction. So that's okay. So um, right before I, I talk about that, I'll wrap up the building thing. The only other thing you can build that I saw that is also kind of cool is you can dig ditches. So uh, you oh. can like dig, you can dig your own trenches, which is really cool. And like it wasn't super capitalized on the map I played, but I could definitely see it being a really cool thing if there was a map built around like the idea of you making your own trenches. Um, as far as the destruction goes, uh, I think it's better and better in this one than it's ever been before. Like they just keep upping it. It's a little weird because the centers of buildings still can't be destroyed. So, like, you can't, like, totally level a building. Like, the core of the building, the very center of it, like, is always going to remain. 
And it's mm -hmm. kind of frustrating because if you're driving a tank through the very center of a house, like you're going to get blocked. Like you're going to hit like uh, an impossible You're going to hit that wall. foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. Um, that, that, that's I, too bad. I, I mean, previously, like I've known yeah. that, you know, you've been able to just fully destroy yeah. uh, buildings and, and it's nothing. An, you know, it's an early build of the game that might change over time. But, um, you know, it's, uh, that, that did seem to, to kind of, to, to be a little bit of an issue. Um, but the destruction besides that looks super great. Pretty much every building structure can be leveled, not leveled, but, you know, taken down to its foundation. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, there you're given, um, you know, different classes, different things. Some people have dynamite, some people have like rocket launchers and stuff. Um, so uh so yeah i think the destruction is great uh if you are a fan of that i think this is the best it's ever been so all right for sure cool that's pretty much it for battlefield unless you had any other questions that's, that's pretty much a summary of like where the game's at right now i didn't get to see any of the single player obviously like it was just focused on multiplayer so and it was just this one map right. too um no, i mean this I, I, this no, okay I was just going to say, this map is going to have a third day. Uh, there's a third part to the Grand Operations, but I don't know what it is. Like, it wasn't part of this demo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really long time since I've played a, uh, like, a competitive shooter. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm really getting, I'm, I'm kind of getting that itch. It, like, okay. I skipped over uh, Battlefield 1. I, of course, haven't played, like, Call of Duty since, like, Black Ops 1. Like, right. It's it's been quite some time. Yeah. So I mean, for me, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this this could be the could be the right time. Um, okay. You know, maybe if they put out a, like a like a beta opportunity or something. Yeah, I I, I think this game would definitely benefit from a beta because there's some cool new ideas in play here. But I think a lot of people is just like, yeah, building sounds cool, but I don't really know if I'm gonna like it until I try it. And so I think, and also like the grand operations thing, it's a uh, it's best experienced, and you know, I think the biggest complaint you can leverage against Battlefield in the past is at least in Battlefield One, it was a really slow-paced game, and so I think, I think this game does a lot to address past criticisms, but I think it's definitely something people need to try out first. So I really do hope there's a beta, but we will see. Definitely. Um, then, um, I yeah, I was gonna ask about uh, like, you know, moving right along to the next little topic that you mm -hmm. had. Um, how was the theater viewing of Anthem? I know you kind of skimmed over it. Right. Um, I, that's exactly what I was going to get to next. So, uh, yeah. I had an appointment and I thought I was going to be able to play it. And I really, I don't understand why I wasn't allowed to play it. Uh, it's, it was playable. Someone played it in front of me and journalists that had appointments could play it. Um, I think it's one of those things where they're afraid since they don't want you going off the beaten path, but I think you could easily just like put in some like some temp borders, you know, like you wander outside where they want you to go, like too far out into the open world and they just like, you know, return to, you know, gameplay zone or you die five, four, three, two, one kind of thing. Yeah. There's definitely a way you could have made this demo playable and like it still worked. Um, but they didn't for whatever reason. I played through it. Uh, sorry, I saw it being played through. I saw 20 minutes of it. Uh, they basically did the, um, they did the mission from the E3 demo, but just like the full thing. Uh, man, it looks like Destiny. It looks exactly like Destiny. Like, I, hmm. I'm, I'm so, I'm super checked out. Like, I am very, very not interested in the game at all anymore. Um, it, uh, like, it's, it's just a third, it's just a third person shooter. 
It's just a third-person shooter of art, light RPG mechanics from the looks of it. Like, you're flying around, like, you, you know, you're, it's, it, it plays entirely like a third-person shooter. Flying around does legitimately seem cool, but, like, I, one of the, like, as soon as I saw one of the enemies was called Elite Enforcer, I was so out. I was like, this is the most generic, like, mm-hmm. looking level design. I, I expect more out of Bioware, man. Like, everything about it just feels so generic. Like, the like going down to, like, the fact that they called it an Elite Enforcer, like, that tells me nothing. You can't think of a more interesting name. And like all yeah, of but if you look to his left, you'll see basic enforcer. Right, <laughs> and like the enemy <laughs> designs, they're just like there are some cool monsters mm. out in the world, but like they didn't fight any of those in the demo. Like everything they fought just kind of felt like basic grunts that you would see in any kind of sci-fi third-person shooter game. Like yeah. everything about it just felt like it was going to be super grindy. Um, like it just it, it really feels like the main loop of this game is going to be doing raids and strikes and all sorts of other things that don't actually mean anything. Like, like there was a point in the Ubisoft press conference where they're like, and in the Division 2, you're going to have raids. What the fuck does that mean, I'm going to have raids? Like, there are going to be dungeons that I repeat over and over that are very difficult. Like, just saying mm-hmm. raids and strikes and shit like that are not actually things that mean anything. Like, you have yeah. to define what these things are going to be more because if you don't, I'm going to assume that they're dungeons that i go through that i'm meant to grind over and over again and even if this particular mission can't be done multiple times over like even if this mission is done once you beat it and you can't replay it, it i just got the feeling from the way they were talking that like these types of missions are going to be so plentiful that every single encounter is going to end up feeling the same because like it literally looked like a destiny cave like the second half of this, yeah. like when you were like in a, you were in a cave the whole time, and it literally just could have been a level from the moon of Destiny, and I would have, I would have believed you. Like, it mm. looks exactly the same, and that's such a bummer coming from Bioware. And mm. this game might not be that at all, but this demo did a very bad job of convincing me of anything otherwise. And then the last thing that really just like made me checked out is I hate so much when video games want to assign me homework, like. I should be able to understand the lore of your world by playing through it organically. Don't dump giant text documents on me to get like to for, so that I understand like because and maybe you don't. Maybe you do learn about the world as you play, but especially for a sci-fi game that's so important. Because, but I don't think you are. I think you have to read into all the lore of this game because they made a specific <laughs> point to say as you as they were going through there was like a like a uh, a uh, a um a runic symbol like on the wall and they said and for all of you people who like to know more about the stories of your games we're happy to let you know that you can analyze these runic symbols to learn more about the lore and so he like clicked down on the d-pad and like the symbol disappeared he's like when we get back to our main base we can read all about what happened in this cave and it's like, no, dude, don't do that. Don't make me read about it after the mission's over. Just tell me. Just have a cutscene. Have an NPC of some dialogue. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, I don't think there's anything in the world except combat. I don't think there's any NPCs out there. I don't think there's any towns out there. If there are, they didn't talk about it at all. All they talked about was, like, the main city that you go back to. Like, you're the main, like, basically it sounded like the tower from Destiny. Like the tower, like, yeah. Like, there's nothing out in the world. And that's my biggest thing that I hate about Destiny is, like, there is nothing out in the world worth exploring because it's all combat. 
It's all enemies. It's all strike zones. There's maybe some chests, but like there's not going to be an NPC wandering out there. There's not going to be a town to stumble across. There's not going to be like anything like that. And so again, like I'm extrapolating a lot of stuff here, but it, this was their chance to convince me that this wasn't destiny and everything they showed me just reinforced this seems a lot like destiny and they didn't do anything to highlight that that would be any different you know what i mean so Damn. a lot of the stuff i'm saying maybe there are towns out there but like this was your chance to talk about it because the game is coming out very soon there's a lot of people who are afraid it's just going to be destiny and this was your chance to like convince me otherwise and they didn't do it so i'm super That's too bad. Out. yeah that yeah that's um, too bad um like See, I, I'm I'm really on the fence, um, and this is another game, uh, like like as I, I guess as I've gotten older with games, I can look mm -hmm. at a game and go, "This is a game that who I play this with will make the game." Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is this is that kind of game for me. It's the same with the division. A lot of people hated yeah. the division. I liked the division up until a certain point. I liked it so much I platinumed yeah. it. Up to Whoa, you know, like, like I, I, I didn't like. Uh, I actually hated the dark zone, and I yeah. very much <laughs> disliked the like the raids, the uh, incursions that they mm -hmm. sent you on. Um, mm -hmm. But up until that point, I had a lot of fun with that game, um, yeah. and it was just because of who I played it with and how I played it. And I really mm -hmm. feel like this game could do something similar. So it yeah. really depends on who around me says, "Yeah, I'm gonna pick that up." And yeah, and that's my and I'm not saying this game's not gonna be fun. I'm not saying this game isn't gonna be good for what it's it's going for, but just mm -hmm. it feels like for what it's going for is not for me. I know what kind of games I like, I know what kinds of games I don't like. I fucking hate Destiny. Like, you know, it's just not for me. And it's just it kind of sucks because up until this point, Bioware games had been for me. They'd been like our hardcore RPGs, and this really doesn't feel like the type of thing I'd expect from them, and I think that's why I'm so bitter. Hmm. So, also, I mean, you're a huge Bioware fan. How do what, or what? What's your what's your temperature on this game? Um, yeah, it's definitely something that I was like really hesitant going into. Um, I definitely still want to see more. I want to get in on, uh, you know, alpha or beta mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, but the more I hear about people that have been hands on with it, the better I feel about it. Okay. Right. Um, a lot of I mean, I've actually heard it said that this is like. The best Iron Man suit simulator. Yeah, that's true too. Which, like, there is that a, alone's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah no, that's a game where cool. you can just fly around, and that is super cool. Yeah, I just feel like that um, is being wasted on what's otherwise going to be, for me personally, yeah. a very boring game. So yeah, this is something that like there's certain games that I'll only play multiplayer mm -hmm. because just for the game for what it is is just not enough to play on its own. Yeah, um, I think this might end up being one of those. Yeah. Uh, Bioware has actually said that the game's going to be incredibly difficult to play single player. Yes, I. They, um, they said it's doable. Yeah, that's what they said but, about Destiny. And Destiny, I think Destiny is fucking unplayable single player. Like they they said the same I, thing. I They're like, you can play it single player. It'll just be much harder. No, it's like basically unplayable. Or at least I'm not um, good enough to do it by myself. And like, yeah, this uh, apparently Anthem's being designed for. A the game, the core game, they're going to try to do scaling and things, but yeah. the core game is designed for a team of three that are not talking to each other. Okay, all right. So three people who are not coordinated should, that that's what the game is on normal. Okay, I see what you're So yeah. they said two people that are talking should be fine, a party of four that's talking should feel like badasses, and a single person 
should feel like a major challenge. Right. Okay. Uh, and I don't really like that because I play these by myself. Yeah. Same. <clears throat> yeah. So. I mean, it, it really depends. Like, I know, I mean, you're a key factor on if I get this game because you're the, mm -hmm. like, you're the Bioware guy. Like, for me. Yeah. Like, I like Bioware, but I know I don't like it anywhere as near, you know, near as much as you do. Uh, so, I mean, that it, you know, it, if you're like, yeah, I'm definitely, like, all in with this. Like, I could probably get a few other people on board and yeah. create that, you know, that four-player experience. And what, what really concerns me about this, though, is because they said, like, when you go back to the town, it's all single-player, and you're talking to people, and you're making decisions and stuff. But those two worlds don't marry each other very well. Like, if you're in a party of four people, and you just get back from a raid, it's like, all right, guys. Three have to literally just dick around while you're doing that. Yeah, it's like, all yeah. right, guys, well, like, yeah. I need to go turn this quest back in, and then you're in dialogue for 40 minutes. It's like your friends are going to be mm -hmm. here, like, Come on, dude, hurry the fuck up. Like, we want to get back to, like, the raids and shit. Like, come on, man, what's taking right. so long? It's like, I'm sorry, buddy, I'm trying over here making big decisions and stuff. Like, I'm trying to find out who I'm going to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, it just, it feels like those two ideas are, like, in two separate audiences, two separate games. Like, it feels like a bad idea to try and mar marry them. But, I mean, who knows? Like, it could come out and be great. But ever since Mass Effect 2, they've been moving in this direction of we make third-person shooters with light RPG mechanics mm -hmm. anyway. So... Mm -hmm. Like, the thing that worries me the most about it is the areas that we're seeing. I, I don't feel like there's going to be... I feel like this is going to be very... And that's where I think Destiny comes into play, like, huge. Is I think the worlds are exactly like Destiny. Yeah. And I, I fucking hate that. I Like, I hate... Yeah. Like, I like seeing what I... What, you know, what there is. But when you get into Destiny, if you go... You know you have to go through an area. There's one entrance and then one exit. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's super boring. And there's no, yeah. like, diverging from that path. If they're going to make, like, it's not an open world, but, like, like they make it seem. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's yeah. That, that's weak. Well, also, I, I did just see today, too, um, a couple of the people working on the game have been doing, like, sort of open uh, question and answer on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, uh, the game does not look like it's procedurally generated. And he said, yeah, we do not do procedural generation. So that means everything is handcrafted. Yeah, I don't doubt so that. So that, that means there's no the way it can be as big as we might hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt it's handcrafted, but all of it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Like, he uh, was just... The second half of this demo, he was running down a hallway the whole time. Like, that cave is just... It's literally like Destiny, like, it's a hallway. It's, it's a hallway with with branches, like, foliage sticking out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but... Well, I don't know, man. We'll see. That's just what I got from watching the demo. Um, okay. And then... I also played uh, Unravel 2 for a little bit, which I'm not going to spend too much time talking about because people can go out and download that right now. Uh, but okay. um, it was fun. I played a co-op with my friend. Uh, we had a good time. The platforming feels real tight. Like, you, there's no slippage at all. You land exactly where you think you're going to land every time. It feels real good cool. to jump in that game. That's cool. That's, that's really good. Nice. Um, okay. And well... Then, um, well, yeah, okay. why don't we shift into uh, the things that you – we'll save demos for last. We'll stick to okay. uh, the show floor, what you know, okay. what booths you saw, um, and if demos kind of cross into it, you know, that's yeah. fine. Okay, cool, yeah. So, I mean, that does it for EA Play anyway. Um, the rest of my time I spent at, uh, at E3 proper. Uh, the show floor this year did not disappoint. Um, the uh, Square Enix – technically the Square Enix booth was the biggest booth there. Because they also had all their EDOS stuff and like Crystal Dynamics stuff and all that. So 
they had a huge thing for Tomb Raider. Uh, they basically like built like Mayan temples, like Mayan ruins with like grass and like vines and everything everywhere. It was super mm-hmm. cool. Uh, then they had um, they had a big station for Kingdom Hearts three, which I got to play. But I will get to the demos at the end. Um, they had, a, but Kingdom Hearts three booth itself was kind of whatever. It was basically just a bunch of monitors. Like there wasn't anything special there. You get a picture of the Keyblade if you want to. The Final Fantasy fourteen booth was dope. They had like this cherry blossom tree and it, like looked like this kind of like classical like Japan setting and stuff. It looked really nice. Dragon Quest eleven, they kind of like set up like um, uh, it was a little bit. It was light, but they had like some stuff that made you kind of feel like you're in a grassy field. Um, That's cool. They had a they had a panel where like people would come up and talk about um, uh, Just Cause four, um, but it wasn't. I don't think it was playable on the show floor. Um, Capcom had an incredible booth. I think Capcom and Bethesda were fighting for best booth this year. Uh, Capcom's booth was they built the Raccoon City Police Department. Um, and yeah, that's this really was cool. One of the longest lines at E3, but it was super cool. They only let like three people in at a time because the first part of it was a haunted house. You, <laughs> they gave you a, they gave you a flashlight, and you walk through a, like a haunted hallways of the Raccoon City Police Department. And people would like jump out at you and stuff. It was super cool. Then uh, that was really short. Um, but after you got done with it, then they sat you down in what looked like one of like the it, the room was styled to look like like an office in the Raccoon City Police Department. And they sat you down. and You got to play the game. Um, so yeah, I got to play some. Yeah, that's what? amazing. That, I was I just going to say that that's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I guess I personally haven't had too many exper- like video game like demo experiences like E three yeah. style experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had like it, I've had like one miniature one that happened at full yeah. sale that was really good. Um, <laughs> so trip, you know, man. just seeing it, it, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's a trip, man. It's really cool. It feels cool to get your hands on like a brand new like unlike release game, and also like E three really does feel like Universal Studios or Disneyland. Like, they do such a good job of... Some of these places do such a good job of setting the scene and setting the vibes before you play. Yeah. Um, Capcom's booth was also dope because they had a they had a, a, a cop car. They brought on a cop car you could take a picture with and it was all, like, mm. windows smashed in and blood all over and it said RPD on the side. Then cool. uh, they had a huge thing for Mega Man, too. So they had, like, a bunch of, like, blocks that looked like they were floating because they were held up by, like, clear string. And <laughs> they... Um, they had, like, a... Uh, the, the, like the dog that you could take a picture with and like a, a hand blast you could put over your hand to take, uh, to, uh, to take pictures with and stuff. And then, um, you could, uh, that you could actually, you could play the game there. Uh, they had one of the bosses, like a statue in one of the bosses. It was really cool setup. Uh, they had a small thing for Monster Hunter Generations and then they had like a little interview booth where, um, uh, they had like different people come up and do interviews and stuff. Yoshio and Ono signed autographs at one point. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, right next to them was the Fortnite booth, which was elaborate. Uh, they had the battle bus. They had like, they had AstroTurf, like instead of carpet, like it looked like grass. They had built like a couple of like the buildings and stuff from Fortnite too, as they're kind of like their merch store and stuff. Um, they were the only booth that was giving out free drinks and like free water and free popcorn and free ice cream and stuff. Just like handing stuff out. Yeah, uh, well, some... I mean, go, like, going back to that experience that, I, yeah. like I said, I'd only had that one real experience like that. Yeah. And it was Fortnite. Um, oh, really? It was, okay. it was, yeah, 
yeah, at full sale, uh, before, well before the game came out. Um, they had a huge experience where like chicks on roller skates came out and they took your order, like, and they were dressed cool. with Durr burger outfits, like from in That's like cool. the <laughs> restaurant in the game. Um, and I, I know I had a ton of hamburgers that night because they just kept bringing them out for free. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's crazy, man. Yeah, and then, and then and then we entered a, a room and they had like a it almost looked like it was like a Fortnite constructed you know like slapped together wood um, so like cool. computer station stuff like that. Yeah, it was really good. So the amount uh, of money Epic has is just unmatched. Like Fortnite is printing <laughs> the money. Um, like because at like GDC this year they were giving out free beer, like free <laughs> yeah. beer at the, at the Epic booth uh, at GDC. But they're like, yeah, we bought an IPA. Anybody want some shit? <laughs> well, the, the thing that the dude kept telling me uh, at the Fortnite uh, thing, he was just like, um, yeah, you're, you know, it, it, every time you see one of those girls, just flag them down um, yeah. and, and, and tell them to bring you something because like we've already yeah. paid for the caterer. So, yeah. I mean, this isn't you're not costing us any more money. Just right. get the most. Yeah. Out of it. So I was like, shit, um, you don't have to tell me twice. I'm not making dinner tonight. <laughs> That's all I know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Can I get a to-go um, box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and like the popcorn was clutched too. Like it was so good to like just. I was so hungry throughout the day, and I was like, I'm going back to the Fortnite booth get more popcorn, so I don't have to buy lunch. Um, <laughs> for sure. And then they had some green screen stuff where you could like take pictures and like it would like edit you like next to characters and things like that. Um, and then uh, Bethesda once again fucking crushing it with their booth. So their thing was really cool. They had, um, they had, they had a, they had some stuff from Rage. Uh, they had one of like this, uh, like this old beat up van where like these like weirdos of like people like crazy hair were like hanging out and stuff like posted up at their van. Mm-hmm. They had uh, one of those carnival things where you could test your strength and like that's the thing too. Everyone at Bethesda's booth, all the actors they had playing characters from like the games and stuff, committed hard to their roles. And so, like, there was this one guy nice. trying to get people to step up and, like, test their strength and, and stuff like that on, like, that carnival. Like, you know, <laughs> you hit the thing and try to hit the bell. Yeah. Then uh, they had, like, this cool, like, shrine set up for Elder Scrolls Blades. So, like, this was, like, the, like, looked like a, kind of like a medieval gazebo that they had. And you could go in, you could play Elder Scrolls Blades with everyone. Uh, they had uh, a giant statue for Doom Eternal. And then... Mm-hmm. Probably the coolest thing they had was for Fallout 76, which is not playable at the show floor, but this, since it is their big game for this year, what they did is they still wanted to like have a presence on the show floor. So they set up a thing like where you went through Reclamation Day. Like you went through, they gave you a party hat, they gave you a Nuka-Cola, they gave you like a, a noisemaker. Um, you came, you went to, you ended up with like a group of five people and you went inside and they had like they built the vault like they built a vault on the show floor that you went inside and it had like maybe three different rooms and so the first room you go into and you're in a group of five they sit down and they're like all right well before you go out into the wasteland we need to uh see uh test your uh powers of charisma so um you know and they did like a little theatrical performance like there would be a couple of them and they had like like the vault technicians who had like uh, you know banter back and forth and stuff, and then they'd go down. They'd ask us questions about like our charisma, and they'd be like, "All right, so say you're stranded in the desert, and someone comes along with a jeep. We have to know you're trustworthy enough to let, to let for us to let you use the jeep. 
what do you tell us <laughs> to convince us that you're trustworthy? And they went through person by person. No matter what you said, they'd find a way to be like, no, that's wrong. You all are – the running joke through the whole <laughs> thing is like, you're all going to die as soon as you get out there. All of you are incredibly unqualified to leave this vault. And um, so after the – I'm the, the one who created the Jeep. But good luck. <laughs> and so that's uh, – that was the charisma check. And then the next one they did was the intelligence check. And, uh, like uh, you had to like, uh, like solve like little, like, uh, puzzles and stuff. Like there'd be like a, a word search on the wall and one person would have to find a word and then act out, do charades to act out like the word that they found. Oh, that's um, cool. And then they had another one where they had, uh, we, they gave us a, a ring of keys and we had to use the keys to open the lock on the toolbox and take out the stuff from the toolbox and like set it up to match up with like the silhouettes that were taped down. But what they did to fuck with you was like some of the silhouettes were like not in the way you would expect. So like let's say one of them was a hammer. You'd be looking for something that was the shape of a hammer. But what you're actually supposed to do is there was like a small circle that was taped off. And you're just supposed to like put the hammer like the base of the hammer like on the circle. And it's like that's where oh. the hammer goes, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, how can you not match this up? It's like but that's not any – you would never think that's to funny. like match a hammer up that way. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Uh, so like the whole thing was like, you know, it's like, well, you guys are clearly all idiots, but maybe some of the stuff we didn't have time to test will be what gets you, what survives you in the wasteland. Then they move you along, uh, to, uh, a room where they take a picture of you, uh, and then you, you leave the vault. Super fucking cool. Um. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really immersive. That's awesome. It was super immersive. And like I said, all the actors committed hard to their roles. At one point, how much can I pay to just like live that instead of fall out something sexy? And then like, oh, because like sometimes like you have to wait a little bit in between each room as they like shuffle people in and out. And so like mm-hmm. while you're waiting, like I'm taking out my phone, I'm taking some pictures, I'm like scrolling through like my newsfeed or whatever. And like one of the ladies came up and she was like, what, what is that? I'm like, you mean my cell phone? She was like, is that like a form of pit boy? Like, what is that? Like she was grilling me on my phone, asking mm-hmm. me like how I got it. Where, like, did I make it myself? Like, where I got it from? She called over other people, and they were, like, all... Th- I had, like, three That's people so all, like, nonstop asking me questions about the cell phone. It was super fucking cool. I yeah, I've seen, I've seen some good video, like, because, like, I was excited that you had that experience. Because I had yeah. seen some other people's experiences, and, uh, like, just talking to some of the people, like, what are you going to do when you get out of the vault? Oh, I'm going to wait for Peggy Sue. We've been going steady for, like three months straight and like there's like this whole thing uh that very that, archy that, yeah that they really set up to make you feel like you were you know stuck in the uh like yeah. uh, 40s and 50s or whatever um yeah. Sick. yeah and and even the camera because they were recording it he's like that thing's not irradiated is it and like oh no we've had it down here with us the whole time it's like oh okay that's weird i've just never seen it before yeah yeah <laughs> like really so. really smart i'm glad like, I don't know, I guess to you, I mean, asking you, between the two, I mean, who who takes the best booth? Ooh, that's or so hard, Or is there hard, another man. candidate that, uh... That's so hard. There's one other that I would consider close, and that's the Jurassic Park booth. Um, nice. But that one, I didn't get to go inside, just because I wasn't super interested in playing a game that's already out. Um, mm-hmm. Like, but it was super that's cool. Fair. It looked like Universal Studios. Like, if you've ever been to Jurassic Park and, like, Islands of Adventure in, in, in Florida, they had a giant compound, and I mean a compound, mm. in the middle of the show floor with barbed wire, wow. electric fence, dinosaurs, 
the the Jeep, like Shit. it had they had the arch that you go through. So welcome to Jurassic uh-huh. World with like the torches on the side. They weren't real torches, but you know. And like you go like I peeked inside, like I peeked to see what it looks like inside, and even on the inside, like it looks like the inside of like a Jurassic Park like bunker. It was That's sick. Amazing. I actually found I actually found a bit of video showing off the compound. So people yeah. watching it live are of course getting to see exactly what yeah. you're talking about, the big archway, it's a Jurassic World above it. <clears throat> the torn up fence with uh uh like raptors and stuff right inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really um, cool. I I uh you know, I think my heart wants to give it to Resident Evil. But I think uh, overall, between the Rage stuff and the Elder Scrolls thing and the, the commitment mm-hmm. to the Fallout booth, for a game that wasn't even playable, nothing about yeah. this directly sold me on a game. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. It's just cool shit. They just want to have a cool thing. And like the commitment of the actors and stuff, I think I have to give best booth to Bethesda. But yeah, the Resident Evil one was also just trippy. Like that to build a haunted house that some people go through. And then, like, have you sit down and, like, play the game afterwards is a really good one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Other special shout-outs go to uh, Sony had a dope booth. They committed hard to Spider-Man, so they built, like, a New York City block. Uh, That's cool. Like, a street in New York. Spider-Man was, like, <laughs> perched up on one of the buildings. Um, yeah. I got to play Spider-Man. I'll talk about that at the end. Um, they also, Too bad you didn't get to go in the, uh, the Last of Us church, huh? No, 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 no. So that was set up at a different te- – that was a temp location yeah. that they had specifically for people attending the press conference live. Yeah. Um, they did not have it. The, Spider-Man was the only game with a presence at the Sony booth. Uh, they did have some stuff okay. for Destiny and some stuff for Call of Duty because they have close like marketing deals with those. But um, mm-hmm. they're kind of off to the side. Uh, another cool thing that Sony did though was they had these giant murals of all their big games coming out right now. And they mm-hmm. had it next to, like, the space theme is still, like, their theme right now. So, like, and they had, like, these mirrors on the back of them. So, like, there was this really cool kind of, like, it, when you looked at it at the right angle, it almost felt like you were floating through space just kind of seeing, like, these giant, mm-hmm. like, murals of, like, all these really cool games coming out. And they were lit in really nice ways. Um, and then they had a giant video wall that um, they were thro- show- throwing up trailers and stuff. And they did, like, the PlayStation Live interviews, like... Like PlayStation Live broadcasts all day and they do interviews and gameplay walkthroughs and stuff. And so this mm-hmm. giant area, like this giant floor space where people could go sit down and like literally lay down and just watch these interviews happening like feet, like a couple feet in front of them. Mm-hmm. So like you would get huge, you know, Justin Roiland, fucking um, uh, Hideo sick. Kojima, like, you know, uh, yeah. um, uh, Frodo from Lord of the Rings. I don't remember his name right now. <laughs> Elijah Wood. Elijah Please. Wood. The Wood, Mr. Elijah Wood. We call him the Wood around here. The Wood, yeah. Coming out, talking about their games, watching their watching their uh, gameplay walkthroughs on like just the biggest screen you've ever seen. Um, So that was pretty cool. Nintendo's booth was Smash Brothers focused this time. They had a little bit for Mm -hmm. uh, Let's Go Pokemon. Let's go, uh, yeah, Let's Go Pokemon. Uh, They had an Eevee and a and a Pikachu walking around. Um, most of their booth was Smash Brothers though, so it wasn't a specifically strong theming, but what they did that was really cool is they had replicas of a lot of the, the iconic weapons, like, in these giant glass cases. So, mm-hmm. like, you could see, like, DDD's hammer, and, like, Shulk's, nice. like, blade, and, like, uh, Donkey Kong's tie, and, uh, Cappy was there, Bayonetta guns, um, Star mm-hmm. Fox guns, right. like, 
It was pretty cool. Some of them awesome. better made than others. Some of them look really cheap, yeah. but the <laughs> ones that were nice were super nice. So, um, cool. Hell yeah. then I Good think, stuff. uh, another shout out to an uh, unexpected shout out, uh, Ninjala, which I also got to play. We had a pretty mm-hmm. big booth for like a small, like, you know, game coming out on the switch. Like they had like the city and they had a stage and they would have performances where they, would have ninjas come out and fight, like a choreographed fight between like three ninjas on this stage. Um, wow. And it went on for like 15 minutes. I didn't stay to watch the whole thing. It was like a long demonstration. It was super cool. Uh, so shout out to Ninjala for having a dope booth. Um, and then I think that's it for all like the really cool booths. There's way more booths there. And I mean, we would be here until like for another three hours <laughs> if I talked about every single booth. So I'm really just trying to talk about the ones that really made a big impact on me. Shout yeah. out to the T-Mobile booth for having phone chargers. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. There yeah. was, um, you know, uh, uh, there there was a lot of uh, a lot of smaller booths that were just like, you know, it's cool. If you ever get the chance to go to E3, definitely take time to explore the back alleys. There's not much for me to report on now that's like interesting for a podcast. But like there are some cool hidden gem stuff back mm-hmm. there if you explore in the back alleys of E3. So, um, like, so check that stuff out. Um, uh, the Warner Brothers booth was pretty simple this year. They didn't really have any big games coming out, so like there wasn't a whole lot mm-hmm. for them to show. Most of it was just uh, media stuff. Uh, Activision's booth's always pretty normal. Uh, it's just kind of they got the demo stations up, but like it's there's no frills. Same thing for Ubisoft, like. Ubisoft did a little better this year, but like they definitely could go harder into like theming their booth around stuff. They did have a little vignette for like each of their major things. So like there was a small like pirate's wheel with like a pirate backdrop that you could go take a picture at, and then they had a, a motorcycle with a like a fusions backdrop that you could go take a picture at. Then they had the president they had the, the president's desk, like a small section of the Oval Office for the Vision 2. And they had like um like an Asian themed vignette that you could go and like hold the weapon from For Honor that they got coming for the DLC. Um, <laughs> but outside those like small like little vignettes that you take pictures at, there wasn't anything big. Uh, they did a Just Dance performances up on their stage. Like they bring up people from the crowd to like do big Just Dance performances, which is fun. Um, but yeah, no like super strong theming. Same for Bando Na- Bando Namkai Namkai mm-hmm. Ben. Yep. Uh-huh. God damn it. Everybody gets everyone. All year for me. Bamkai Namco is what I call it. That's it. <laughs> Bandai Namco, yeah. Bamcom Namado. <laughs> Bandai Namado. Nothing really strong theming, yep. but uh, I did get to play uh, Code Vein at their booth. And so I guess I'll go ahead and pivot to what I played. Um, sure. Uh, well, oh, uh, right before you start that, yep. uh, I got to cut out. But okay. you guys definitely keep going. Okay. And I will be happy to catch up on this in uh, the editing process. Cool. Awesome. Uh, thanks for stopping in, Austin. Yeah. Thanks again for having me up here. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Yep. Bye. All right. See you two later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess before you jump right into demos, um, okay. you did mention you went to the Devolver Picnic. Yes. What what the hell is like? I need more info about that because Devolver, um, while it definitely isn't the wasn't the number one thing that I watched, it was up mm-hmm. there. I love the Devolver yeah. Digital Show. It's so fun, man. I really appreciate like they're just like their commitment to like weird humor. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, the Devolver Picnic's kind of whatever, though. It's it's not actually as crazy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, so it's it's outside the convention center. It's in the parking lot across from the convention center. Mm-hmm. Free to go in. Industry only, by the way. So they really cut – it's a small area, so they kind of just cut down on the people going by making it industry only. That's, um, cool. That's interesting. Yeah. You go in and it's just kind of cozy vibes. They got a couple food trucks. They got like this weird like cabin that they built that's like <laughs> – it's a facade. Like the porch is there, but then when you open the door, like – there's like half of a room and then it's just like open air. So it, it literally looks like a facade from a film set. But you can go there. You can chill cool. on the porch. You can sit in the rocking chair. It's really chilled out vibes. Like you just go there to kind of hang out. They got some picnic tables. They got free beer. Um, Damn. And uh, yeah, there wasn't really much there to play. There was one game that you could play. They had a big couch. Uh, and then you could sit on the couch and they had this giant like L- LCD screen that you could play on. Um, was it one of the games that they talked about at their show? No, uh, I don't know okay. what this game was called, and I can't even really describe it. it I was it def- really hoping it was my friend Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it wasn't. I wish it was too. It was this weird top-down thing where you're like busting through doors and you play as like a yellow guy and like or a gr- I it I can't even describe it. It was such it was so esoteric. I can't even describe what I was looking at. I honestly don't even know how it. If you asked me to describe how it's played, I couldn't describe it. Interesting. <laughs> I really don't even know how to, don't it's, know how to talk it's about it. It's a you it. had to be there kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure okay. it's like if you look up like what developers got coming through the pipeline, since it was the only thing there playable, I'm sure it's coming soon. So okay. um, it looked cool though. Uh, but it was mostly just hangout vibes. I chilled there for maybe like 30 minutes at the end of like the second day. So mm-hmm. uh, nice. yeah, just kind of hung out. But that, that's about it for that. Uh, Sony on the outside, uh, they have – they brought back their uh, their merch store. They have a giant merch store in the parking lot right outside the uh, convention center. And another cool thing they have, they also have this at PSX, is they build a bar around MLB The Show. So you can go, you can hang out and sit at a bar and play MLB The Show while they serve you beer. The beer there is not free, though. <laughs> Those yeah. beers are way overpriced. So... <laughs> Um, but it's a cool place and it's opened a little bit after the convention center closed. So if you got the convention center, you're not ready to go home and you want to just hang out for a minute, just, you know, chill at the, uh, at the MLB, the show booth for a little bit or the devolver picnic. Um, then, uh, I should also mention Xbox was not on the show floor. Instead, their part they're where their part of the show floor would have been. They put a enormous mixer booth. They're really going in on mixer. They had a giant thing yeah. for yeah, a giant thing for mixer, like a giant like blue and white X, like almost went up to the ceiling, like it was it was massive, and like they had like they for Forza, Forza to promote Forza, they had like a uh, like a beautiful car that they was just like spinning in place. Uh, I think it was spinning. I actually don't remember. I think I'm pretty sure it was spinning though. Um, they had like Xbox games you could play there and stuff. They invited streamers to come in. They had like little booths where you could stream on Mixer and stuff. So um, Mixer, the concept of Mixer sounds really cool to me, uh, but it's the kind of thing that, like, I don't know if they got, like, it patented or whatever, but, like, Twitch is absolutely Mm -hmm. just going to have a Mixer update one day. Like, not specifically a Mixer update, but, like, the cool thing about Mixer is you can have multiple streams running on the same stream. That's really important, yeah. That's actually something that we had struggled with um, – like myself and other people who stream um, for MGI, I was like, it would be yeah. cool 
because because how MGI started was myself and another friend. Uh, mm-hmm. We were playing Bloodborne, actually. Okay. And he had his stream going, and I had my stream going. And people who would join my stream, I'd be like, you can also open up his stream. And you can see mm. it from, like, th- like our game together from his point of view. Right. And right. it it kind of became this, like, cool thing that we were doing. Um, so, yeah. you know, later when we were like, how do we That's get that cool. into... Yeah, it was like, later, how do we yeah. get that into, uh, like, one stream? And we looked up a bunch of yeah. ways, and none of them worked. Yeah. So that's what that's the point of Mixer, is to do that, to have, like, multi-people multi people streaming to one stream. Right. And then I think you can even, like, like you can have, like, all of the streams take up the same amount of screen real estate on your, on your computer at home. Or you can, like, choose to, like, have one big and another one, like, small mm-hmm. in the corner and stuff. And you can flip back and forth between them really easily. It's a, definitely a cool idea for a, the next level, like the next step in uh, like video game streaming. Um, but like, I mean, once this gets popular, I assume Twitch is just going to patch that functionality into their yeah, service as I well. Imagine. So, cool. um, so, but definitely cool, definitely a cool idea. Uh, and then, so, but Microsoft did have a presence. They were at the Microsoft Theater, which is very close to the LA Convention Center. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a block away. Uh, but every day when I was going to E3, I didn't want to miss out on my industry hours. So I didn't – even though it was literally on the way, I walked past it from the metro station to the LA Convention Center. I didn't want to take time to stop inside because I'd be burning right, up my industry right. hours. Like for something that – you know, there's no benefit to that. Like there's no industry hours for the Xbox thing. It's a fan fest. Any, that's another thing about Xbox. It's like EA Play. Free to anyone. Anyone could go to this. I don't think you have to have an E3 bag. Oh. I think just anyone can go. I guess that's the perk and, of doing it before. Um, I guess I don't know. Well, no, for Microsoft, they did a, it ran in tandem of E3. Right. Then. Well, so EA's happens the weekend before. Oh, did it? Okay, so we must have, like when they showed it live because for yeah. Yeah, well EA happens on Saturday and then but the E3 doesn't open till Tuesday. So EA's thing is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Then E3 starts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Tuesday, I guess Thursday. I'm talking conference wise because the conference for theirs, you know, oh, yeah. happened on what was it Saturday, and then Xbox was Sunday with yeah. um, Bethesda. So I, I, right. I guess it's yeah. um, it, it's oh, different yeah. from being there to you know just watching the shows. Right. All the press conferences happen before the show floor opens because the show floor will inevitably spoil right, right. things in the press conference. So, um, so uh, I think Microsoft's thing was just the first two days of E3, though. It was just Tuesday and Wednesday. And Monday, I was there the whole time. Tuesday, I left a little early and I stopped at the Devolver thing and I was also going to stop at the Microsoft, at the Xbox thing mm-hmm. just to check it out. But they closed earlier than the show floor did. Like so, they closed earlier than E3 did. So even though I left E3 early, I still was too late to go to the Microsoft thing. And then I was like, okay, well Thursday doesn't have any industry hours, so I'll just go there on my way to the show floor. But they weren't open on Thursday at all. It was only Tuesday and ah. Wednesday. So I never got to go to the Xbox thing, even though I tried to go twice. Um, which I'm not like a huge Xbox fan, so I didn't really super care. But like. That's just kind of bad. If you are the kind of person who definitely wants to hit that up too, it's yeah, kind so of running tandem, like like that, either that's be not good. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, okay. so um, and I mean, if you're a big Xbox fan, you're just gonna like cut out halfway through the day and just go to the Xbox for your second half of the day. But you know, 
I didn't want to have to like get out, like leave the convention center, wait in line to go to Xbox, leave Xbox, wait in line again to get back into E3. Definitely. So it makes sense. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't check it out, but, um, uh, I hear it's pretty cool for people to dig out. Um, so that's about it for all the booths and everything. If uh, I mean, if you have any more questions about like E3, the show itself, uh, please let me know. If not, I guess uh, yeah. Why don't we go demos. ahead and jump into the demos? Um, I mean, we'd heard a decent amount about the show floor. Um, we have already kind of okay. covered a few of these. Uh, like the two at the bottom of the list that I sent you. Uh, you talked about Ninjala uh, Unraveled two pretty early on. Um, so yeah, just jump okay. in wherever you feel like. Um, and I have, I think, videos set up for everything else, demo-wise, that you said you played. Okay, cool. So, um, uh, let me let me get the small guys out of the way. Uh, the two smallest games I played were probably uh, Ninjala and okay. uh, Code Vein. So, I'll just go ahead and knock those out, because they'll be quick. Uh, Ninjala is... So, the reason I played this one is because, like, pretty much everything you play gives you something. You get, like, merch at the end. And the Ninjala's merch was this giant inflatable bat. It's like a four-foot-long giant inflatable bat. I wanted this bat the whole show. I never knew where people were getting it from. Then when I found out, it was only like a 30-minute wait to play Ninjala. I was like, fuck right. yeah, I want that bat. So you had to win your match. It's a multiplayer game where you, you had to, it's three-player free-for-all. And you have to blow bubble gum and then reach into your bubble gum to pull out <laughs> a bat. And the longer you blow... the the bigger you blow your bubble for the bubble gum, the stronger the bat will be when you pull it out. But the more you blow it up, the harder it is to see enemies around you. And so uh, you get points by whacking people, uh, mm -hmm. like by hitting them with your bat, and you get points by picking up these Chinese lanterns that are also littered around the map. And uh, you're, you play a ninja that blows bubble gum, and you're, you're, trying, you're going through, you're trying to like get your hits in and stuff, since you're a ninja, you can also like run up walls and stuff. But for my particular demo, ever we just all stayed in like this one small square because like we're trying to rack up points as quickly as we can. And if we spend time running away, like it seemed more advantageous to stay in the thick of it and like try and dodge and like hit get the bad attacks than did to like run up the wall and like try and get like a sure. strategic advantage. Like it felt like that was just like a bad strategy. So we never ran up. Not a single one of us ran up a wall. We just stayed in the same square. Also. There was a lot of Chinese lanterns that were spawning where we're at. So, like, that's an easy way to get points. So, um, it felt a little basic. Uh, I played it's on It's on the Switch. Uh, I played it on a, with a Pro Controller. Um, it felt pretty basic. I think there's maybe some cool ideas in here, but, like, there's a lot of things they got to iron out. They got to they gotta make it, like, it kind of, you know... One person would focus on chasing one person, then the other person would just like mm -hmm. sneak up and smack them. I don't know if in the end there'll be bigger matches than three on three than like three player free for all. There definitely needs to be because this with three players, like there just wasn't enough to distract you from what was going on. Um, I ended up winning my match, but I kind of yeah. feel like it was all luck. Okay. So, um, but uh, so I mean, there there might be some cool ideas there, but they definitely I think need to. They have a lot of stuff to iron out. They need to give more advantages to exploring more parts of the map. Um, they need to vary up the way combat works. I think um, having more players in the map, and, stuff, would, uh, and especially if you cause, yeah. like, I don't know where you guys spawned, but I guess you know. Yeah, we all. Yeah, spawned I mean, in that if, if, if they kind of branch so. you out, you know, spawn you as far away from yeah. it, like 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, programming wise, they can program. You know, like you're this far from every other player. Um, yeah. Right. Hell yeah! But I got is my it bat, the red, so white, and blue one, cool. or um, um, like what does it look like? The bat, I guess. Uh, it's all red. It's got Ninjala along the side, and then like the the hilt kind of looks like it you would be like wrapped up with like it looks like a samurai sword hilt, but you know oh, it's just plastic. It's, okay. It's we, I was just bat. seeing a few in the um, trailer or whatever, and I was like, oh, I wonder if it was one of the ones you oh, know, okay. just straight up from the game or something. Uh, no, it doesn't look exactly like any of the ones in the game because this one says Ninjala on the side, which like I don't think any of them in the game say the name of the game. Yeah, I don't it. think they do. Um, but you know, this bat's all supposed to be promotional material, and if you don't know the name yeah, of the game, sure. it kind of fails on that. So no, it's just it's just all red with white Ninjala on the side, and it's got Gun Ho <laughs> like symbol on it. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, it was fun too because I got a bag from Atlas, so like, I have a I had a Persona bag. And I had the bat sticking out of the bag, and I was wearing the bag on my back. And when I got to the Fallout booth, they commented that I was uh, it was good that I had already gotten the weapon because I'm <laughs> going to need one when the vault opens. That's smart, so, yeah. So, um, so that was that. The other small uh, small boy I played was Code Vein. Um, this is the anime game that a lot of people thought mm-hmm. was going to be like Dark Souls. It plays nothing like Dark Souls. That's interesting. Zero. Combat is done with square and trying. Combat's done of square and triangle. You have an AI partner. Uh, it doesn't. You can do combos with it. Like there's a light attack and a heavy attack, and mm-hmm. they can combo between them. Uh, nothing about this feels like Dark Souls. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That being said, this was a bad demo. Um, my AI partner did too much work. Like I almost didn't even fight anything because my AI partner just like was oh, so, so they just kind of OP'd enemies. that AI partner, then, so people had a good ex- a good experience. Like I'm quoting, yeah. you know, like. Like good experience, right? Yeah. So you felt you felt powerful and cool. But then when I did get to harder enemies and I tried to rush in before my uh, my uh, my AI partner got like did all the did all the work, I tried to rush in and kill him before my AI partner. I just got I just got like I got destroyed. So it's a weird thing where it's like the enemies you kind of want to hang back and like figure out like their attack patterns and like their attack animations and like how to dodge them. But if you wait too long, your AI partner is just going to have all the fun. Interesting. So, like, um, I hope in the, I hope that was just something for the demo. Cause they only give you five oh, wow. minutes of this game. Yeah. That's another thing. So That's, that was an example of that. Yeah, demo was too um, short. I, I guess the biggest question is combat wise. Um, does it play like, it looks like it would play like, like a souls game, like just the way that you, uh, maybe not the way that you you know the buttons you press, but in the in the manner of mm-hmm. like attack you know dodge the enemies hit hard. You already mentioned that they uh um that you can yeah um like n- yeah I think I think it's a good mix. It, it definitely does feel mm-hmm. like that a little bit because you do kind of want to hang back because the enemies do hit hard. You do lose a lot of health when you get hit. Uh, so you do kind of want to hang back. There is a parry mechanic like you can press a button and like completely okay. parry their attacks and stuff. So there's a couple different styles you can play. You can focus on dodging and getting your hits in when you can and, like, doing some combos. You can, like, be more aggressive and, like, go for the hits. And then, like, if you're really good at that parry, just always, like, mm-hmm. deflect and stuff like that. Um, so I think I think it's a good mix between a traditional character action game, so something like a Devil May Cry, and a, and a Souls game. It kind of is trying to marry those two playing styles together to kind of give you a compromise in the middle. And I actually think it, I think it could work. I didn't have enough time with the game to get used to it, but I do, I believe in code vein can be fun. 
But like, I also can't sit here and be like, Code Vein's going to be great. It yeah. also could be trash. But at least I have a better idea of like what Code Vein is trying to Definitely. do. Definitely, yeah. It, so five minutes is not enough time to figure out um, a game like this, especially like yeah. I couldn't imagine having five minutes to figure out Dark Souls. You know, it just that that's not yeah. enough. That's not enough time to even figure out like like an, an enemy. Yeah. Like, what is the enemy doing? Um, but right yeah i mean this i mean to me it looks cool and i'm i'm definitely interested in it um but i guess it really depends i mean the weapon looks cool um the idea of vampires kind of making a comeback with things like vampire and code vein that's kind of cool because they're coming yeah. back in a different way they were kind of like i think we mentioned before yeah, sure. um on the podcast i think it was uh filter who brought it up and he was like like they got a like vampires got a real shit deal when Twilight came out. So um, I mean that, yeah. that, that, that that's a good point, <laughs> sure. and it's been a while, so people got that like bad taste out of their mouth. And the game looks cool, so right. yeah, I'm interested in seeing more. Yeah. Uh, the, then um, I'm gonna kind of like I'm gonna order this in my order yeah. of like interest. So uh, the next one I want to talk about is Firewall Zero Hour. Uh, you had uh, no, I, I might have seen it in passing. But okay, so this is a PlayStation VR exclusive game. Um, it is uh, um, being developed by a company called First Contact. I'm not super familiar with them. I think they're pretty new. Um, and it's a it's a multiplayer. It's a multiplayer first person shooter. That's cool for okay. VR. So for VR is is the hook. Like, and I think this is actually like potential to be really cool. Uh, it's a military shooter. It's very much like kind of like a Call of Duty or a SOCOM. Actually, gave me a lot of SOCOM vibes. But it's um, the the concept is uh, you are uh, you have to gain access to like like uh, opponents' intel. Like you're you're it's kind of like capture the flag, but you're like capturing intel like from mm -hmm. off these laptops and stuff. And so you have to get the code to the firewall of the laptop, and they take the like then like use that to like hack into the laptop and like get the um, to get the information to win the game, at least is what is I, what I got. <laughs> I just focused on killing dudes, so I didn't uh, I didn't ever like hack into anything. So that's not exactly how it works. I apologize, but um, it's it's it does feel cool, man. It's I love VR. Like I'm a sucker for VR, and there isn't anything like this that I've played like a, like a multiplayer first person shooter in VR. Like I haven't played that. Yeah, that, it like sounds that really this. good. And um, so the look. For, for me, it looks like so um, it, um, uh, Siege, um, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Yes, it does kind of Rainbow Rainbow Six. Siege vibes too. It looks very good for a VR game. Definitely. It looks very impressive for VR, uh, especially PSVR, the, mo the least powerful of all the VR systems right now. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's cool. Like it, I had that one thing where I was like, I was walking around and I kept pulling the button because they also they let me play for the PlayStation Aim controller, which mm -hmm. is like their gun controller. And I kept hitting what like is the equivalent of the L two on that to pull up like aim down sights, and it wasn't working. And I was like, wait, what? And then it clicked. I was like, oh, because I, I, I'm in VR. Like I literally just yeah. pulled the gun up to my face, and that's, that's aiming. Yeah, down that's the really sights. that's an interesting so, concept. Uh, I feel like to get around. That's that's cool. Yeah. So I did uh, so I played that. Uh, my only complaint is it is way too slow. You move at a snail's pace. 
like this sprinting in that game feels I, like what walking. I, I was be. looking at this and I was wondering, um, like we were watching this uh, gameplay demo, and I was wondering why it seemed like the character was just moving so slow. And I was like, maybe he's wounded yeah. or like what's I, I couldn't figure it out. So no, that's interesting. This, yeah. They said it's to reduce motion sickness. I say <laughs> I call bullshit. There's other ways to do that without like slowing the game down that flow. It just it feels annoying to get anywhere. Like it feels like the dude is like an old man. He's just like <laughs> on his walker. Like I'll get there eventually. Nice. Like it's it's uh, it really zaps a lot of the fun out of it. Honestly. Okay. Um, other problem I had was it's permadeath. So like once you die, like you're dead for the round, which I very much hope is a mode in the game. Uh, I think they said that's like their core <laughs> mode because they really want to like push like like they really want people to play carefully and kind of like you know like push kind of like teamwork and you know the seriousness of like your mission and stuff. But like, there's got to be a regular free for all deathmatch. Yeah, yeah. There. You know what I mean? Like that can't be the only mode. It's so it's an interesting thing, and I'm sometimes I like playing hardcore mm-hmm. mode like that, but like. Typically, I'm just not the kind of player that like wants to. I'm not because I'm not very good at first-person shooters, and so for me, it's just so not worth it to get in, die in five minutes, and then be like, "All right, well now I got to wait for the game to be over or find another match and like queue up for that." It's like the amount of the ratio of time I spend playing to waiting is just way too speed yeah, at that definitely. point. You know what I mean? So I mean so, when. When you got in, did did they just give you a character? Um, Because from what I saw, just from quickly looking, it's like there are 12 experienced mercenaries um, that you can, like, choose from to play as. So that's just your skin. So I don't know if there's going to be any character customization or anything, but uh, for this demo, you just chose, I think, between 12 Mm -hmm. preset, like, character models. And then from there, you choose your uh, loadout. So there's like an assault loadout that's got like an assault rifle. There's like a uh, defender loadout that's got like a shotgun, and then there's another one that's got like more of like a uh, like a different type of assault gun, and like they all have like different types of grenades and stuff like that. So I don't know. Obviously, for the demo, there wasn't any kind of customization mm-hmm. for loadouts and stuff. I don't know how much they're gonna have in the final game, but uh, I was pretty happy with. Uh, I found a character model I liked. I. I do hope you can customize them. I, I do like that, like switching out like your helmet and your yeah, ammo and shit. Um, so I hope that's in there. Uh, and I hope you can customize your loadout for uh, to some extent. But even if you can't, like even if like that's a balancing thing, like they want very specific loadouts for this, um, I had a lot of fun with every loadout I tried and I cool. got to try all three. So, All right, let's go. Um, so for Dragon Quest Eleven is the next one I played. Um, actually, this is the first game I played at E3. But I played it because they were giving out a cool shirt, and uh, the line was really short. Dragon Quest isn't typically the kind of thing I'd want to play in like a 15-minute chunk, um, but I can talk about it. Uh, I don't know your experience with the Dragon Quest franchise, but um, I really love the Dragon Quest world. They're they're hard games, but uh, they're just they're, they're worlds I want to be in, and I think Dragon Quest Eight is the same type of thing. It's they look so it looks so good, and it's so jolly, and it's like running through the fields feels like good like it just it's one of those games where you just like you put on like it feels like you're putting on a warm blanket and you're just like laying down uh <laughs> those are the vibes i get every time i play dragon quest and this one's like no exception yeah um, I, I i definitely um while we were playing i think it was before the ubisoft uh ed's x-wing popped up and he's like what did you guys think of you know seeing that game and we didn't really have like 
you know, a thought here or there, but um, mm-hmm. he, he did say that it was his favorite series. So I, I thought that was crazy, uh, crazy interesting. I never really um, thought about, like, I, I, I assume people did like the game, but um, I guess going mm-hmm. as far as favorite series was uh, a little surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks jolly what's and so fun, special, for sure. Yeah, what's so special about this one is the first like true sequel that, to Dragon Quest Eight that we've gotten. Like nine was a DS game, ten was an MMO. Like there has not been a true like successor to Dragon Quest Eight in like since Dragon Quest Eight in like two thousand five or whenever that came out. So it's been a long time coming. I think a lot of people for Dragon Quest, I think they're scared because like it is a tough game. It is there can be a lot of grinding uh, and and stuff in general, but like they do a lot of things in this game to kind of alleviate that. So there's no random encounters. All the enemies are on the field. So if you want to just skip enemies, you can. You can just explore. There's a sprint button. If you hop on your horse, you just run right through enemies and you knock them out of the way. You don't have to fight them. That's a cool. Thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> the all the enemies are super awesome though. Like there was this one called like the cruel cumber and he's like a giant cucumber with like a big stick and a big smile. He's just kind of wiggling back and forth. Like there's a lot of charm to be had in dragon quest. And I think the story is probably going to be great, but I can't really speak on that from the demo I played, but you can move around combat. There's no tactical advantage, but you can like, you can reposition, just like run around the battlefield and stuff. It just kind of gives you something to do while you're like waiting for the enemies to attack you and stuff. Uh, cool. You can get a better look at the environment, better look at the character models, like when you're in this mode. Um, you can take as long as you want. There's no rush. Like you can sit there and plan out your your attacks, and that's another thing that turns people off is a turn-based combat. But just you know, think of this game as just like it's it's a very strategical game. Like the turn-based combat is there to give you time to really think about what you want to do and plan out your attacks. And there's so few turn-based combat games out there right now that I think this is kind of refreshing in the fact that it is turn-based. Um, so if anyone out there is like afraid about the turn-based combat, just give it a shot. Yeah. Like I think, well, you, I think most people like turn-based combat more than they think they do. So, uh, also the last thing I want to say about the game is I really like the way it implements, uh, just varies up the quests. So not every quest is about going out and killing enemies and stuff like sometimes they're just like simple like little character moments there's this one where uh this little girl like lost her cat and he's, he's on top of a roof mm-hmm. and you can jump in this game so you can jump your way up to the rooftops to get the cat and bring him back down and like that's the whole quest and it's just like it's a cool little moment where like you're taking a break from the combat you're just you're doing something nice for this little girl like it's just it's it's nice that not everything is related to like go to this dungeon, defeat this boss, and bring back X number of something. You know, like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it's varying up what you do and kind of giving you more things to do in the towns, because there's a lot of towns to discover and like a lot of NPCs to interact with for the towns. And that's the thing I love the most about RPGs, is like settling into some towns. Definitely. So Definitely. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. Um, um like all of the characters, like I I really like his art. It hasn't changed in a long time. It hasn't like gone. Like I don't yeah. feel like it's really like expanded. But um, yeah, you know, if it's not broke, you really don't have to fix it. You know, that's the thing, man. It's a, it's a Kira Toriyama's art style. Like if um, if you ever want to just run through a Dragon Ball Z like open world like game, this is as close as you're gonna get to yeah, it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that was Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, next, we're moving on to the big three. 
We got Resident. I'll talk about these in the order that I played them. Fair enough. So we're going to start with Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, this was the longest demo at the show floor that I played. It was thirty minutes. Oh, I wow. played through Olympus and I played through the I played through the Olympus portion with the boss fight, uh, the giant rock giant, mm-hmm. um, and I played through the Toy Story section where you start in Andy's room, you go out into the yard, and then you end with a battle in the toy store. Uh, this game feels good. It this game feels really good to play. Um, all the controls are just they're very like they, everything flows together very very well. Like it feels smooth. I think in a lot of Kingdom Hearts games, like the 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 complaint people leverage is well, I'm just p- tapping X the whole time. Mm-hmm. And while that's still true, that is like the only attack you have. They do a lot to vary that up. So triangle uses your keyblade special abilities and the keyblade special abilities could be an attack or could be a transformation and when the transformation happens it really changes like the way the keyblade feels like it'll change into like a hammer or like a saw blade or something and combat is still always pressing x but like if you just sit there and you just tap x like you're gonna you're gonna die you have to like balance that with like each weapon has a different way so like when Sora starts to attack, like sometimes enemies will jump in the air and float, and Sora will kind of float and follow them too. And every Keyblade has a little bit different weight to it and a different pattern. And so, like figuring out like how quickly to tap the attack button and like when to ease off for a little bit and when to dodge out of the way and when to like switch to your magic and stuff, like it's all part of it. And so, while on the surface it feels like they didn't do much to change it, in practice it actually really goes a long way for making fights far more engaging than just tapping the X button. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, like it also, it looks, I was going to say like Andy <clears throat> seeing the Andy's room stuff when we, you know, saw that, mm-hmm. um, that was awesome during almost every show. This game was present during like every like showcase almost. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hit the three P but the final, the, like the final time that I saw it, I was just as excited for it as, yeah. like, the first time I saw it. So, like, when they showed us, uh, like, the final time that we saw it was on um, Sony's stage. And they showed off the Black mm-hmm. Pearl and they showed off the Pirates of the Caribbean set. Mm-hmm. That was a that was huge. Like, just seeing the way that the characters yeah. look in, in, yeah. in this world. Because it's not, a, you know, a Pixar animated film where they can blend mm-hmm. their... Um, you know their, their their style into it. It's it's like realism. So seeing Sora as yeah. realistic as he was was that was a whole different, uh, whole different experience. I think that's going to surprise some people. For sure, man. They do a really good job of trying to adapt because they did this a little bit in the other games, but they didn't do it for every world. It really feels like this time they were trying to do something to change up and adapt Sora to the world he's going into. So like when you go into the pirate's world, you're rendered in realism. When you go into the Monsters Inc. world, you're a monster. When you go into the Toy Story world, you're a toy. Right. And that uh like I said, like this game just looks incredible and it they do a such a good job of matching like the Pixar style and matching all these other styles too that like nothing ever feels out of place. And this kind of leads into my other, my big concern about it was the voice acting because especially with these Pixar movies, uh, they typically Pixar gets like really big actors to do the voices, mm-hmm. 
And they can't, like, get all these actors. These actors are just too big. Like, their entire budget would go into voice acting if they tried to get the original cast back for every single yeah. thing. So it's it's not Tom Hanks. It's not Tim the Toolman Taylor reprising their voices. Uh, but I think these actors do a really good job of getting very, very close. Um, when you first hear their voices, you definitely know it's not Tom Hanks. But after like a minute of him talking, it just kind of it fades away. And he just kind of becomes Woody. Yeah, you're you just kind of I mean? used to it. So yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I, I always wondered how they kind of tackled that. Um, yeah, like if they wondered like, okay, how can we kind of shape the story that we're trying to tell with this game around what is already kind of been recorded, possibly for the movie? If they can use any of that, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they don't do any of that. They, it is all original VO, but the, like I said, I think the actors do a, a pretty good job approximating the voices. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, are, are you a big fan of Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, or are you looking yeah, forward I'm to this I'm a really game? big fan. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. this one's on like, uh, that's game, why I'm, the, I'm not sure what the last game you're talking about, but in yeah. these three, like the this one and the other one is coming out really really close to one another and i'm like what am i even gonna do like i don't even know how i'm gonna play this game's gonna be massive and then oh man of course the other game is like it's a pretty big game like i I would like to say i could run through it but i don't think i could you have a week between Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts 3. If you try, I'm sure you can be Resident Evil 2 in a week. But yeah, I definitely see you like, just not wanting to go through Yeah, that that's fast. why when I said in um, February we have uh, like a, a collection of games coming out on the 22nd, mm-hmm. like, I might skip yeah. all of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Kingdom playing 3. Kingdom yeah, Hearts absolutely. and... Uh, yeah. Resident, Resident Evil. Evil, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another cool thing about this game that they added is it kind of seems like you can run up any wall. Huh. So okay. during the uh, during the uh, Olympus section, the Hercules mm-hmm. one, where I was doing the boss fight, you have to run up these giant stone walls, and like once you're all you do, you literally just run towards the wall, and you'll start running up it, um, and then you can kind of like you can run sideways and stuff, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, cool. So this is going to be like a couple of the walls here and there. But then when I got to the Toy Story world, I could just run up the sides of the wall, the walls on Indy's room. So I kind of think any flat wall you can just run directly up, which is really cool. And I think that's going to lend itself to like a lot of cool like secrets that you get to from platforming. Because mm-hmm. the Kingdom Hearts games always kind of had like the platforming, you know, as a core part of it too. Because you could get the jump, you get the double jump, then you get the glide and stuff. Right. And so I could definitely see there being like a lot of hidden chests and secrets, but you like running up a specific wall and then jumping and then gliding from that wall. And then you, that's how you get to certain platforms and stuff. So I'm also really excited for the platforming in this game too. Uh, and all of these worlds just seem huge. So I think there's going to be a lot to explore in these, which is nice because like all the other kingdom hearts just limited by their hardware. Like there was only so much you could explore. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm super stoked for this one for sure. Um, it, it it's really cool. It sounds like uh, like basically what you're saying is is exactly what I wanted to hear from yeah. it. Yeah. So. Is there any other specific questions you have about Kingdom Hearts, uh, or should we move on to Resident Evil? 2? Yeah, let's move on to Resident Evil. I think uh, I, I think a lot of my questions were yeah. uh, answered just with your explanation. Okay. So. 
So Resident Evil 2 uh, was was pretty dope. Uh, they gave me 15 minutes to play through. Just however far I got is how far I got. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays – it's a cool mix of everything Resident Evil. Every Resident Evil era is in some way represented in this game. Obviously, it's a remake of 2. And so like you definitely get – like if you're a fan of 2 – you see like all these scenes recreated and detailed out. And this is the kind of remake I like, man, where they added stuff. Like they add – they I think they've tweaked dialogue. They've added things. They have like changed the layout of rooms in order to like be like better level design. They've made rooms bigger. Um, they've added mechanics that I'll get into in a minute. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it also like – it pulls from the Resident Evil 4, 5, 6 era with the combat and controls and like – it looks and plays a lot like Resident Evil 4. And then from the Resident Evil 7 era, they have like their inventory is almost exactly the way it worked in Resident Evil 7. And like they have like the yellow tape that you have to get the knife to like cut open and stuff. And so there's almost like kind of like a Metroidvania-esque thing going on too. Cause you're like, even in the small demo that I played, like I had walked past some walls and stuff that like, like I like I'll, I'll, they were like electric electronic locks and I had to like cut the breaker in order to like get the electronic locks open but the breaker box was all taped up and so I had to go out and I had to find a knife and then I had to take the knife and go back to that door and then I had to like cut down the tape in order to like flip the breaker so now I can go through the electronically locked door so there's there's that's very Resident Evil 7 that's very Resident Evil 7 right so no matter what fan what era of resident evil you're a fan of i think there's something in this game for you if you like resident evil if you've liked any resident evil game that's ever come out like since the genesis of the franchise there's something in resident evil 2 for you if you are a fan of horror games resident evil 2 is for you if you're a fan of like third person shooter games resident evil 7 is for you like i mean so resident evil 2 is for you like everything resident evil 2 i think is just it's everything they're just doing everything right that's um um the puzzles are back in full force. Like there are so many puzzles just even in the small section that I played where like you have to like go and you have to get this notebook and then you have to like change dials on the wall and stuff like that. And then like a lot of the clues are just like in this notebook that you found and like there's like a crudely drawn map in the notebook and like you have to kind of reference the map in order to figure out how to get out of this area. <laughs> so – there's there's great the voice acting is incredible. It's a scary game. I was in a room full of people and I was scared. Like the lighting in this game is incredible. The blacks are so black that you need your flashlight or you need to find the light switch to turn on the lights in the room. Like it is you if like you're constantly just like flicking that flashlight around to make sure that like there's no there's no zombies around you. You're doing that like the quick turn back to like check behind you. Because they do the same thing with the audio design that they did in Resident Evil 7 where um, like there's always noises. It's never quiet. There's always groans and clanking and clattering somewhere around you. And so you never really know if you're safe. Like the whole time I was so afraid a zombie was just going to – like because the camera's so close to your back. Mm -hmm. So the whole time I was so afraid a zombie was just going to grab my shoulder. So I was constantly checking all around me. Uh, and I never really felt safe. And that's the, what they said. They said, we want to make a game where you're never truly safe unless you get to obviously the safe rooms. Right. Which in Resident Evil 7 were just like, you know, like like I love those safe rooms. Yeah. <laughs> like they just like – they were the one area in the game where I could just like 
put the controller down and just like take a breath for a minute. And this game is exactly the same. Yeah, way. that's um, um, like like Re- Resident Evil is one of those games for me that like really early on I was. Um, like, like I, I was super into. Like, Resident Evil One was super, yeah. uh, like, super big for me, and the same with Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, but then two, two became like it. it I, I, I didn't want to say that it was, but be- at the time, I wouldn't have said that it was better than one. But after, after, mm-hmm. like, looking back, this game was definitely, uh, it's definitely up there. It's probably my favorite Resident Evil game. That came out three. I don't know. Yeah. Three is really close too, but I love the two characters okay. from here. Leon's my favorite character. Claire is way up there mm-hmm. because of her interaction in this game with Leon. Um, yeah, and yeah, just seeing the grime. And there were things that I saw during the demo. Uh, there, there was like a twenty-five minute gameplay demo. I imagine it's what all what you could have yeah. played in the time if you did everything right. fast and right. Um, yeah, like. Yeah. Like shooting at someone's arm and then watching it kind of dangle on by like a couple of tendons, and as the zombie like shuffles, the thing just finally snaps mm-hmm. off, and you know hits the floor. That's yeah, mind blowing. Yeah. And not only that, the yeah. shotgun blast that I saw to the head, it just removed the skin and hair yeah. entirely. It's a yeah. Whoa. It's moment. it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool, and um. Leon too, like I didn't get to play as any Claire in this demo, but mm-hmm. Leon like feels like a younger character. This is Leon's, you know, for those who don't know, like this game starts and it's Leon's first day at the RPG. Yeah. His like, iconic, he is a his iconic sentence of, yeah. hey, and it's my first day on the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, and you feel it too. Like you, if you're familiar with Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Six, like you know Leon is, like, a cool badass who, like, isn't afraid of nothing and, like, mm-hmm. runs into dangerous situations. This is not the Leon we get right now. This is brand new Leon. He's never seen this. He doesn't know zombies exist at this <laughs> point. He is just, like, he is scared. He talks to himself. He just, like, sometimes will just be walking through and he almost narrates what's in your head. He's just like, I can do this. All right, just just open the door just all it takes is to open the door you can do this like constantly having to reassure himself that like everything's gonna be okay yeah, th- this is the and, reason that the president hired to uh escort his daughter uh in four yeah like yeah because he yeah so that's, like that's super cool uh, I'm, I'm very happy the growth, with that. yeah the growth of this character is gonna be really interesting to watch throughout the course of this game mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, with all the facial animations we have now and like the voice acting and all that stuff, like being able to see and hear, like, that's why I'm so excited for man, because facial uh, capture has gotten so good. I can't wait for like in the beginning of the game where you can see the fear on Leon's eyes. And then by at the end of the game, when he's probably like more confident and like more like sure of himself and stuff to seeing the way his facial expressions change throughout the game. Um, yeah, I, I'm. Really excited for that. There's, there's one scene that I am very curious on, like, how they're going to handle I'm curious on – I know that they're changing okay. things on what, the way uh, yeah. Leon and Claire interact. But there's just that one part mm-hmm. where uh, Claire is running through – I think it was a diner. And she goes to go out the back door because she's being chased by a zombie. And she just opens the door and Leon's standing there pointing a gun like right at her. And he's like, get down. She <laughs> shot the zombie behind her. I'm curious on if we're going to yeah. get that kind of – if they're going to reprise some of those iconic scenes like that. Or if they're 
I think so, man. So I think all the major plot points that you know are in there. Like, I don't think they're rewriting the the book. They're just, you know, they're just modernizing all the elements of it. So I think all the major plot beats are still going to be there. I think largely this is the same game. Just the, the like the layout of the rooms and the layout of like the level itself has been improved. Uh, I think they're adding stuff, adding extra scenes, adding extra VO, stuff like that. But I think all those major beats you want in there, I think, are still going to be yeah, there. Um, I think now this is a positive change. I'm, I, this is how I understand the game works. There is still a Leon campaign and a Claire campaign, but there is not an A and B scenario. It's just the canon scenarios. So you know how in Resident Evil Two, like there was a, a, Leon, had, there was Leon A and Leon B and Claire A, Claire and uh, Claire mm-hmm. B, but only like it was like what, like Leon's B and Claire's A are technically the canon. The canon way to play. Um, they've just removed the extra scenarios. There's his campaign and her campaign, and it's just the canon version of the Resident Evil Two stuff. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, yeah that's cool. So, that which I think of, is the right way to yeah. do it. I think the other way is too confusing. For sure. What? Uh, no, I was just saying. Yeah, I think okay. that's uh, that's probably a, <clears throat> a good way to go about it. I mean, it's less confusing. Um, especially yeah. when, you know, way back then we had, um, multiple discs or, um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So, um, this is kind of like, it's almost like getting a definitive edition that looks, that looks just amazing. Right. Yeah. And there's new mechanics too. So, I mean, besides the fact that they completely changed the way the gunplay works and stuff, like you'll find boards, like, cause your ammo is super limited too. So you'll just, you'll pick up boards and you can go and you can board up windows and like that will help stop zombies from coming in or slow zombies down from coming in from outside yeah. and stuff. But like you have a limited number of boards, so like picking and choosing which windows to board up and if it's even important for you to keep boards in your inventory or whether you have, rather have that for like herbs or yeah, I, I, ammo I, I or heard about that. And they're like you kind of yeah. want to do that because if you don't board up some of these mm-hmm. windows, that could really come back to screw you later. Right? Yeah. 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 Cool. So. Um, yeah, uh, so I'm I'm so stoked on it. Uh, the only weird thing, the camera felt a little loosey loosey goosey for some reason. I was playing, I was actually played on an Xbox One. I didn't get a choice of what console I played on. They just put you on the next available station. And I'm not, I haven't played Xbox One a lot, so I'm not super familiar with the controller. So I don't know if it was just like the tightness of the analog sticks was just different from what I'm used to, or if it was the like sensitivity. I tried fucking around with the sensitivity, but I didn't want to spend too much time with it because I only had 15 minutes. Um, I didn't want to spend five of those like fucking camera sensitivity, but like the camera and the aiming, like the right stick just felt like really like loose for some reason. So that was the only thing that was weird to me. But besides that, like flawless game. Um, um, I mean, did you see anything, uh, like story wise that just blew you away? I know right now he's walking down this alley or down this hallway, um, after he's cut the tape on the, um, on that door. Um, and I know in this hallway was the first place that you saw the creature they call the liquor. So they removed the liquor from the E3 demo because they want everyone to experience the liquor ah, for the first time okay. in the game. Actually, okay. <laughs> I really, I was hoping you had like, yeah, that's that's what got me. Like out of the out of the game, that's you know that's what I got to the I got to that part, and then that's where I, I died, and that's kind of what I wanted oh. to hear, but. Um, <laughs> That's cool too. I, I it it gives everyone a chance to check out that uh uh that right. I, that definitely uh, iconic intro to a character. Yeah. 
No, I didn't die. I just ran out of time because, like, after thirty minutes, like after fifteen minutes, the, the demo just ends. Oh, okay. So, um, no matter where you are, after fifteen minutes, it ends. So, um, <laughs> no, I didn't get too much story stuff. Uh, the cop that you you uh you know the one cop who's in the trailer, he's like, you do not hesitate. Yes. Yeah. That guy. Um, there was a lot of dialogue between him and Leon, um, but like uh, that was really the only story beat I got. Which is good for a demo. You don't want to spend all your time in cutscenes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you but definitely don't want to waste. I've actually, I've actually never played all the way through Resident Evil Two, so like I'm super excited for this game. Oh, cool! Is this one of those things that's like I didn't play it when it came out, and I can't go back now? Like the controls are. Oh too yeah, okay. yeah. It's the controls are completely broken. Uh, moving from yeah. what you'd expect, like especially after you played the demo of having like control of the camera mm -hmm. to the camera being fixed yeah. to the wall, it would drive you insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so, but it'll be cool. Like right. maybe excited. after the game comes out, I know we uh we don't get you on the show too too often. You joined us for mm -hmm. uh um some D and D stuff for a while. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'll be playing this for sure. I'm not sure if it'll be interesting to hear if Filter picks this up because he's a big okay. baby when it comes to horror games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if he does, that'll okay. be fun. Maybe we can get you back on the show and we can have a, a chat about this game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always down to hop on the show and talk about anything, but I don't like, uh, I don't like asking to be on the show because like, I don't like, like being like, Hey, invite me back. I want to talk about stuff. <laughs> so like, but whenever you guys want me on the show, like, please reach out. I will always make time to talk back on. And I'd, I'd love to talk about Resident Evil 2 after, after it comes out because, uh, I'm, I'm in an interesting position because I love Resident Evil but I've only actually played four, five, six, seven. Like I tried playing one, two, and three, but like I just can't. Like they're just they're they're even Resident Evil uh, remake, uh, the original mm -hmm. one. I just like I can't get around the controls, man. Um, Which is a, and, it, it, uh, that's totally fair. Like yeah. yeah, and so I've never played Code Veronica, but like I'm super aware of of Resident <laughs> Evil. Like I've watched countless videos recounting the timeline and stuff and like summaries and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I know the entire plot of the whole franchise, but yeah, my experience with Resident Evil starts from four on, but I mean, I love it. I absolutely love Resident Evil. That's why I'm so excited about this remake. Cause I'll finally get to experience what a lot of people say is the best Resident Evil game. You yeah. know, like you're not alone in that. A lot of people's favorite Resident Evil is too. Yeah. So. It, it, I think it's because it's raw. And the biggest thing why people love this mm -hmm. game is it takes place during a time period in a place that everyone loves. Everyone knows like Raccoon City is like, it's almost like a household name of a, of a fictional right, place, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. And this is, this is the time yeah. that everyone recalls from Raccoon City. It's not mm -hmm. like three kind of takes mm -hmm. place on the similar timeline. So that one's why I'm like, that one's yeah. up there. Um, and as amazing mm -hmm. as seven was, uh, it, 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 it lacks nostalgia, of course. <laughs> So, okay. I mean, this right. one getting the, the, you know, the works done to it and uh, coming back mm -hmm. with this new, uh, well, same story and kind of a new light with some new stuff. Um, it, it's going to be amazing, I, I think. I, I'm very, very excited for this one for sure. Awesome, man. Awesome. Cool. Um, any, other, any other questions or are we ready to talk about our final game? Let's talk game? about the final game. All right, so the final game was Spider-Man. Uh, this was similar to Resident Evil. It was a 15-minute demo. However, if you get to the boss fight, they gives you three lives. 
Oh, okay. So the way the demo works is you're it's open world. You have access to like a portion of the city, and it's the kind of thing that if you go too far out, they'll just like auto swing you back around. Oh. Um, and you there's a variety of side missions and like little like extra challenges to do in the city. So you can spend your whole 15 minutes just like running around the city doing, doing stuff. Or if you want, it'll direct you to uh, the shocker is robbing a bank, and it'll direct you to uh, go stop the shocker. Okay. If you go stop the shocker, the timer, the 15-minute timer goes away, and you um, have uh, three lives to beat the shocker. If you die three times, the demo ends. If you beat him, the demo ends. That's cool. So that, That's a cool way to do your demo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very nice way to do the demo, and I spent uh, probably about 10 minutes just swinging around the city, um, and then I went to fight the shocker. Uh, so I'll talk about both. Swinging around the city feels so good, dude. It feels so good. Because, like, the physics of the web slinging is very good, actually. So, like, if you're just, like, running around on the street and you jump up and you do this web sling, you'll be at a leisurely swing. You'll just be going through at a pretty leisurely pace. The way you speed up is you, at the apex of your swing, you let go, and then he'll start to nosedive, and he'll build up speed as he's diving, and then you web sling right before you hit the ground, and then you carry that momentum into your swing, and so now you're just flying. You're just, like, swinging super hold, fast. Hold on. One, one, and then, uh, I, we were just watching this demo, yeah. and he landed down yeah. on the street, and did I see a squirrel go by? I think I saw a squirrel um, go by. I don't know if you had any experiences with squirrels in Manhattan. But holy No, I didn't shit. notice. It wouldn't surprise me, though. That was cool. It wouldn't surprise me. Carry on. Um, yeah, the, the, that's another thing. The city is really densely populated. Like, there's a lot of people walking around the streets. There's, like, a lot. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, dogs running around, squirrels going around places. Like, I'm sure there's a lot. Like, the world feels lived in. Um there's like little shop fronts and stuff that you can go up to. There's like there's random crimes that happen. So like they'll be like kind of like a, you know in Red Dead or GTA or uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Like there'll be like a little exclamation point or a little blue dot saying like there's a like a live event happening that you can go stop. Mm -hmm. um, same thing. Like they'll just be like uh, you'll see like a little icon like pop up onto the screen. And it'll be like there's a robbery in progress. You can stop it if you want to or not. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but if you want to stop it, you know. Uh, like you can stop, like they're, they're breaking into the stores. So you run to the store, you beat up some dudes and then, you know, you'll get either like, I don't know specifically what you get in this game, whether it's experience or money or like how exactly the systems work. The systems weren't really implemented for this demo, but I assume there's some benefit to stopping crime other than just being a, a good Spider-Man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there's just like, there's just tons to do around the world. Like you could honestly, I could have spent the full 15 minutes just swinging and I would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, but there's also different things you can go and, um, and do. So I did one, uh, I did one where I, uh, um, the water, the, uh, there was a problem with the water main. So I went and I investigated it and then it started causing all these water towers to spring leaks. Someone was fucking with the water pressure trying to like disrupt like the water flow for like the poor side of town or some mm -hmm. shit like that. And so you go through and you're just like slinging your webs to like plug these holes in the watering thing. And then you go down to the waterfront and you see that someone had barricaded off like one of the water mains. So you like you clear that up and like that scene on the demo and stuff. 
Okay. And this was a fun little activity, you know, it didn't involve combat, you're just going around plugging up holes and stuff. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man's job isn't always fighting crime. But what's cool about this is how Joe Jameson reacted to this. Because this is 2018. The, mm-hmm. the Daily Bugle isn't just a newspaper. It's also like a radio show. Like they have a podcast. Oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? So like they kind of them. modernized the Daily Bugle. Uh-huh. And Joe Jameson really is like the um, – he feels like the Alex Jones of this universe. <laughs> <laughs> like you do this thing and then he gets on the radio and he talks – he finds a way to talk shit about Spider-Man. He's like, did you see that Spider-Man was plugging all the uh, the, the the watering uh, holes? But I bet what you didn't know is that Spider-Man was the one who sabotaged the waters to begin with. That's right, folks. <laughs> You all think that he's just there out helping you, but he's causing the problems that he then turns around to solve. Wake up, people. <laughs> Spider-Man's bad news. That's great. Like, <laughs> the podcast so is a really cool. nice touch, too. That it, like, like, yeah. they've, it's not, like, they didn't stick with their, you know, the times. That it, it's, it's grown. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> so. Because I'm sure it is a newspaper still. Like I'm sure their Daily Bugle still puts out newspapers, but they are more than that too. They are a news corporation, um, and uh, and so then um, p- combat feels really good. That's the other thing. The thing I was most worried about this game is that I thought it was just going to be Arkham Combat, and I actually really don't like Arkham Combat. Um, I used to say Arkham Combat, but I mean this was early Assassin's Creed Combat. This was Shadow of Mordor Combat. Like a lot of games use that thing where you have an attack button and a counter button. And basically if you get good at hitting that counter button, you can just like walk through those games. Like you just got to get good at hitting the counter at the right time. And I actually really hate that combat. I think it gets really boring. I think it was cool when it first started, but just so many games have done that combat that it's just gotten really old for me. So I was really afraid this was going to play exactly like that. And it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts 3. Where hmm. on the very surface level, it is that simple. However, in practice, it doesn't actually work out that way. It's way more interesting in practice than it sounds because um, there are so many other things that mix up the combat. So your web slinging ability is like a lot. You have like different like web shots you can do to like web people's guns or like web people's fists together or like jump in the air and then like web sling them and slam them back onto the ground. And you know, you can just like, you're, you're taking too much heat. You just run off, you web sling around the building, confuse the enemies a little bit, come back into combat. You can web sling, uh, like different, uh, things on the ground, like uh, manhole covers and stuff. And I like use those to like throw them into enemies and things like that. And so there is a lot in the game that varies up the combat so that you um, you don't ever feel like it's just sitting there hitting square and triangle. Okay. Um, nice. So combat feels really good. Combat's also hard. It's challenging. These enemies are really aggressive. They react to you in very interesting ways. And so it really does force you to use all of your spider powers in like interesting ways. Um, so it's it's not it's not a breezy game. Like you uh, you can you can definitely fail if you're not like on top of your shit. Uh- Okay. So yeah, that's that's cool to hear uh, because I mean this one, um, this one's one of those games that's up there. Like it's, I mean, th- there's different levels of things that happen at E3, and this is one that I know that we're gonna get really soon. So yeah, I mean it, it's there's excitement for things that we see like Cyberpunk and Starfield, um, mm-hmm. 
but then there's a whole different level of excitement for things that we know we're going to get within, you know, like eight months. And this one's right. well yeah. sooner than that. So, um, you know, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, yep, September yeah. 4th. Um, any more questions about the city itself or the web sling or anything before I go into the shocker fight? No. Uh, I, I think uh, I think I've, okay. I know I've seen enough. I know other people, um, you know, definitely go check out yeah. uh, some of these gameplays. Like right now we're watching on the live stream 22 minutes of free roam. Um, so you can yeah. go check that out and see what that's all about. Um, yeah. Go into that shocker fight then. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of footage out there if people want to go see more. Uh, the shocker fight was pretty cool. So you go to the bank. There's some good witty dialogue between shocker and Spider-Man. Of course. This Spider-Man does a really good job of voicing him and like really adding like the humor and like the the subtlety and sarcasm that Spider-Man has when he's talking to people is conveyed really well in this. And... Then the fight starts and it really – what this does really well and it, it, it speaks to me personally. Maybe some people don't like these kind of boss fights but I, personally I love them. Uh, is it harkens back to kind of the old pattern-based pattern boss fights of like old 3D platformers. Okay. So it's the kind of thing where it's like you're in a big circular room that's the bank and you just – you're dodging shocker attacks like – He's got an invincibility shield up uh, and he's just dodging attacks but then he gets tired after a little while and then that's when you go in, you take one of the pillars and you swing it around you hit him to break his shield and then you go in and you get some punches in. Then he like pushes you back, he like puts the shield back up and then the boss fight has a couple different stages. So after you do that a couple times, he changes it up and now like the whole – he sends out shock waves on the floor. So you can't stay on the floor. You have to keep web slinging around this room and not touch the floor because he's constantly sending out these like these earthquakes. Um, and then like after he gets tired again, like he lets down his guard. You just hit him with something else and you go in and you get more, a few more punches in. And then eventually you just bring the whole chandelier down on top of him. And so I love that kind of stuff. I love those old pattern-based boss fights where it's like kind of playing keep away for a little right. bit. Then they get tired and then you go and you get some attacks. So um, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, those are- uh, I don't know. Are you a fan of those kind of fights? Like does this get you excited or is that get you kind yeah, of – Yeah, yeah. No, I'm um, I'm a big fan of like the ultimate Spider-Man and they had uh, a decent amount of mm-hmm. um, gameplay in that like uh, just like you're uh, describing in that game. So like I'm – uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly excited for uh, those kind of like scripted moments that you have to make happen to like that. That's yeah. the boss fight. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. I definitely think there's uh, room for that in like modern gaming. So. Yeah. So. Uh, so that's I mean, so that's Spider-Man It's coming out pretty soon. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about Spider-Man is at the booth itself. They had this really cool thing. They had newspaper stands mm-hmm. And you could open them up and you could take a newspaper. They printed a full like four page – I mean not full newspaper but like a four page newspaper, fake newspaper <laughs> that is supposedly like uh, – is it the Daily Bugle? Hold on. Let me grab one. Um, I have them right here. Uh, so yeah, the Daily Bugle newspaper. Um, and like it's like the front cover is jailbreak. Uh, uh, Riff Raff leaks out into the streets like because uh, – um, you know, the, the E3 demo, like, is about the right. jailbreak. So, like, there's a whole page on that. That's their cover story. And then if you go <laughs> into the newspaper, there's, like, other smaller stories. They do, like, little little uh, pieces on each one of who escaped. And um, 
They do want, there's something about Fisk here. Fisk, New York City. I'm the uh, one who kept order. And like, there's an ad for Oscorp and blindsided by legal trouble. Uh, Nelson and Murdoch. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. The, know, yeah. 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 So. That, that, that's really good. Um, I, I love little things like that. And when I saw that they set up like that city, um, that like Manhattan city, like skyline with the billboard and everything, I was like, man, uh, and like envious because that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it sounds like E3 so. was, uh, a great time this year. Uh, a lot more. You said they solved a lot of the problems that you had from last yes. year. Um, and it sounds like you played a lot of the big titles. So, um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I played everything I planned on playing. There was nothing that I didn't get to play, except Jump Force. Jump Force is the only one that's like, ah, I wish I got to play yeah. that. The rest of them was like, I wasn't really planning on playing at E3 anyway. So, sure. yeah, cool. man. Um, uh, it's been a great E3. Definitely, you and Austin like look into getting media badges next year. Yeah, um, that so. was I was hoping he would have been on. There's a few things that I needed to run by him anyway, but I'll just chat with him, um, chat with him okay. later. Um, cool. But yeah, man, uh, we'll look into that. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about getting you on the show a bit more uh, because it's always okay. it's always great cool. to have um, you know those other perspectives. Uh, I was just talking with someone yeah. else about um, our dynamic. And uh, what 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 FilterCord brings to the show is a lot of like story based uh, like he he brings a lot of things that I wouldn't normally be interested in, but because he's interested in it, kind of gets me interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I do that with okay. him as well. So bringing more people into that fold, yeah. I think, is like a really good uh, really good thing. Like he would have never have played Killing Floor two if I wasn't like, hey, you should come play Killing Floor two with like me and like five other people because he doesn't like multiplayer yeah. games. <laughs> So, right, but, yeah, but he yeah. did, and then now, like, it was a couple weeks ago, he's like, man, they're having a summer thing for Killing Floor. We should, you know, load that up and get some people to play. So, you know. Yeah. Um, definitely, yeah, we'll talk about getting you on the show a bit more. Cool. And, uh, awesome, yeah, it, it was great having um, you uh, chat with us today about your E3 uh, 2018 experience. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. I apologize to your viewers for this one going so long. This was like a four-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, we but, uh, usually, <laughs> like, at, it was about the three-hour mark. I was like, man, we, this really should have been two. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was very confused why we were doing other segments before, like, E3 Talk. Like, I thought this was just going to be E3 Talk, because I knew it was going to take yeah, a while. Yeah, he, he, so. I had no idea. He, he uh, Felter Cord was like, hey, do you want to have Drake on? And I was like, yeah. And then that was the end of our talk, and then you jumped on the stream, and I was like, well, I guess that's how that goes. <laughs> um, that's so but yeah, funny. yeah. no matter what, it's, it was awesome talking with you. Uh, to everyone out there yeah. that's watching, head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. to check all the top news and video game stuff over there. We appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares. Uh, and then follow us here on Twitter at uh, – follow us on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live and do stuff just like this, the podcast – happens every Friday here on twitch.tv backslash Mammoth Games Inc. You can join in, chat with us about the topics that are usually at hand. Um, this week was a little bit different because we had the E3 conversation. Um, but next week we'll be back to our, of course, probably regularly scheduled program. Um, and then that podcast that we record on Friday gets uploaded every Monday to iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and now Stitcher. Um, so you can check us out on all of those things. So thank you guys for hanging out for filter cord. I am night swarm. And again, thank you for hanging out Drake. Um, yep. And we will see you guys next time.